Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add-ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Unitanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. This week's Sunday session is brought to you by homebrewing source of awesomeness online. More beer at morebeer.com. I poured it in my mouth and it just wasn't going down. My first beer was an IPA, the best IPA I've ever drank. Mostly because I brewed it. If you have a scale that is good for measuring cocaine, you're probably good for measuring hops on cocaine. You're scaring me. <laughs> I think the information is awesome and the audio sucks. There's some sugary water, throw it, some yeast in there. And you're going to drink good beer. Yeah, it's, it's going to be good. good. It's fine. Studios in Northern California. This is the radio program for home brewers, craft brewers, beer lovers, and beer geeks. It's your only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers together with well, expert drinkers. This is the radio program with a head on it. This is the session. Welcome back to the program, everybody. A couple weeks off there and back in the studio now on a wonderful tax day. It's tax day. It feels like we never left. You're listening live, yeah. It does feel like that, doesn't it? Yeah. There's nothing wonderful about tax day. No. Unless unless uh, my tax day was uh, like a month or two ago, so... Uh, you know, I already did it. I got that bullshit over with early. Well, because you have like a team of Indians helping you do it, right? It's true. Yeah, I outsource all that shit. I, I'm outsourcing everything. I didn't even have to jerk myself off today. <laughs> um, well, a lot of people have been doing that for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, tax time. Uh, a lot going on in the world today. Bombings and uh, gnarly stuff happening out there. Yeah. Out there in Boston. Trying to keep focus on my boring life with all of this stuff going on. Yeah, well, I don't have television anymore, as you guys know. Oh, so that's right. Yeah. I only knew about it because I went, I walked down to get a sandwich, and they had the TVs on in there, and I went. I didn't know about it till two o'clock today. Yeah, I didn't know about shit. it. It was at least yeah. two before I. I was doing stuff. I hadn't checked my email. I turned on the TV. Whoa. Yeah. Well, it only happened a few hours before you guys found out, right? Oh, it was? I, yeah. I mean, a lot of times today. these things happen like early in the morning, so I never know. And then I, th- I thought maybe it had been going on for eight hours by the time I saw something. Well, even if that's yeah. true, I mean, it's that is that is instant information. No, not anymore. No, instant information is, you know, you open up your Facebook and someone's telling you what's happening in the world right there. Well, that's, that's pretty instant. much the way it was this or, morning. Or I mean, I know, I'm sure I saw it on Facebook minutes after it happened. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, no. I mean, not pictures in it, but something bleeding. was going on. Right? Yeah. It is. It's gnarly out there. Yeah, sorry to hear it. 
Hey, speaking of gnarly, is it me or has homebrewing gotten expensive since the last time I did it? Holy shit! What are you paying yourself now or something? What's it? Well, listen, I uh, you know I uh, uh, I did the uh, evil twin clone. We're going to talk oh, yeah. about that. We're going to give you an update on that later that, in the that's show. That's a today. big beer too. So, well, that one. Well, this is how. I, see, uh, I'm like the golden child. I don't have to pay for this stuff. I I went to uh, you know I went to Heretic and got those ingredients. Okay, but I kind of got the brewing bug, and I'm going to the SoCal Homebrew Fest that's right, yeah. in a couple of weeks, and I wanted to bring I want to bring more beer down there. For the last couple of years, I haven't had beer, and I feel like my peeps, I owe them. I owe my peeps down there some beer. I, I, the Mexicans are going to be there, yeah. and uh, just people I've seen there over the years, and, and Tasty's not going, so someone's got to pick up his slack. <laughs> it's a lot of work. So <laughs> so I go into more beer uh, yesterday, and you know, God bless more, nothing to get, you know, they're our wonderful sponsor, they've been with us for years, they bring you this session every other session, but... Um, a little sticker shock? Well, I had to pay for my ingredients, and I, I bring it all up to the, the counter, and I add a couple of six-packs in there. You know, it's a long brew day. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. And holy shit! That's exciting. <laughs> since when does a, uh, a batch of uh, all grain beer over $100? For is one it? batch? Well, you're doing a big beer. A big beer and a big batch. It's not like five gallons of a, right. of a real light beer. Right. I mean, do you think they charged me wrong or something? I I about Probably, choked. I well, know. did you, you buy like extras? Any consumables? Like a you know thing? To well, I did bring a, or something. No, uh, uh, some salts, some brewing okay, salts. Well, that's I added a few salts. I you know hops and grains and uh, a couple of six packs of Cantillon. They were high end. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, um, but well, it's I not just, unusual for like a five gallon batch to be thirty five to forty five dollars, right? right? Yep. Well, that's about what it used to yeah. be. I just thought maybe things went. Maybe some, I better look at my receipt. <laughs> I think something went wrong. Well, if you look at uh, one line in the uh, uh, the brewing software, yeah, it it'll tell, tell you. It tells you. Well, it is, and I just thought. I mean, let's be honest. It's been a while since I, I've, been, I've been brewing on the regular, and and the past several times I've brewed, I've I've um, like uh, gotten the ingredients from a sponsor or from a brewery or whatever. Like uh, like the Pale Thirty One that we did for the DVD, Matt brought all the ingredients up. You know. Oh. Um, the evil twin, uh, Jamil, gives me all the ingredients. This is the first time in a long time I had to go buy my stuff, and I'm thinking, you people are crazy. <laughs> yeah, and right. not, you homebrewers, that's what, not, not more beer. I'm talking about you people. Oh, yeah. You guys are nuts spending that kind of money on homebrew every week. Hey. Oh, and brewing yeah. a couple times a week. It's not well, unusual to spend several thousand dollars in more beer. And you don't even, yeah. on ingredients. You don't even really pay for the beer you drink. Do no, you? I don't. And I'm just thinking... No wonder our sponsors love us so much. We got you crazy people buying ingredients all the time. It makes me think we should up the minimum donation from $2 to $20. (laughs) It's crazy. I just thought, well, and I want to brew again for SoCal. I want to try to get in one more brew this week. And I don't know. I'm going to have to subsidize it somehow. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So here's what I want to know, guys, uh, because I do want to I want to try to have three beers that I can bring to SoCal. But it needs to be I can't brew again until Thursday. Which means I need it to be done in 10 days. All right. And apparently I need all the ingredients to be available at Heretic <laughs> Brewing Company, so I don't have to go buy it at Morbier. Now, that, I won't give you that copy. Well, uh, you can do that. But. Uh, so what, what kind of beers can I brew to turn around quickly in 10 days? Well, you want to think of something that's not real hoppy. Okay. Or something you got to you know, dry hop, something like that. Uh, lower gravity. Okay. Uh, something like that. So, so some, nothing I can dry hop, obviously, uh, uh, and that's fine. You could, but yeah, if it's small enough, you can get into dry hopping, you know, pretty <laughs> quick. Okay. How many days you can? How many you want to have? Well, it? I want to brew Thursday. Okay. Well, wait a minute. You got time to 
Let's see. Let me look at the calendar here. You got over two weeks to make a beer if it's Thursday. Doc, what about this mile we got in front of us? Is this a quick quick turnaround yeah. beer? Yeah, yeah it tr- is, right? You turn this one around pretty quick. Yeah, well, describe that one. This is a great beer. It's a low-gravity beer. It's probably started at 1040, 1041. Uh, got down about 1008. Uh, it's got a lot, a lot of hop character to it. It's got some malt backbone. It, it rolls pretty quick. Yeah, it's this great. One's good. Yeah, why not try this one? I could try this. I, so, listen, I'm going to brew on Thursday, which is the 18th. I want to keg it on uh, May 1st because I'm leaving on the 2nd. So, that's oh, yeah. 12 days. I have 12 that's days. Right. Uh, this one you you think I could do in 12 yeah. days easily. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, you're going to make a lot of friends with this beer. Well, and the, the beer I <clears> brewed <throat> on Sunday, I brewed yesterday. And I brewed Doc's uh, Northern English Brown, like a Newcastle type yeah. of clone. Oh, yeah. And. Um, uh, I don't think I fucked it up, but... Um, but you said you came up a little short in the OG. But not that much. It's a 1048 beer. You came up at 1044. 1044, yeah. It, it's it's going to make it a little hoppier, probably. Okay. That's about it. You know, I, there, there's something something wrong with me, is what it's going to come down to. But this will come up with it when we talk about the Evil Twin clone, too. I have, like, three hydrometers. And I have three fucking refractometers. And not one of them... Will allow me to uh, to accurately read the pre-boil and post-boil gravity of my beers. It's all over the place. So I'm doing my pre-boil gravity right to to make sure I'm uh-huh. dialed in. I'm looking for it to be right about 10:39, mm-hmm. so that I can finish at like 10:48, right? Right. And my things telling me I'm there. I'm I'm Are rock there? I'm rock solid. I'm there. Yeah. I tried it on. Two different hydrometers. They're giving me different readings. So I take like 10 readings so that I average out to, I'm there. <laughs> okay, I average out to 10 bricks. So some are actually higher. Plato, yeah. 10 Plato. So 10 bad readings they, they, equals one good one? <laughs> exactly. They're all wrong. How can they all be wrong? But they're all wrong in exactly the wrong number. They're, they were all kind of given. Okay, let me ask you this. Here's my question. Here's my first question. When you put regular tap water on the thing, does it read zero or a couple of points above zero? Uh, if the temperature's good, yeah, it should be zero. If it, Maybe you know, you want to use distilled water. Yeah, distilled water's better. So I wasn't, and they were all reading like three points above zero, right? So like three Plato with some water. So I thought, okay, no, three Plato or, or point three Plato. No, three. There's three notches up from zero. Point three whole, a whole three Plato. Oh, is that like, three bricks like then? Well, depends. Yeah, bricks. They say bricks. That's three yeah, bricks. Yeah. Okay. So is the fact wow. that he was using non-distilled water that's what that uh, is from? I don't think it can make that much difference. I don't no. think it so that what, much difference. But so all of my hydrometers are three bricks Hydrometer, off. Hydrometers right. or, your, or your refractometers. Refractometers. Sorry. Did, did, all of my oh, refractometers are three bricks off. Did Chad use any of these? Yes. Okay. <laughs> was he was he confused? <laughs> no, he used to dip it straight into the boiling stuff. Right, he's hard on him. Uh, oh, no, one of them was brand new. One was brand new. I oh, tell you, I got a million of these things okay. from like the TV shows and stuff. So I'm just trying. Uh, uh, another thing about Bear Smith, it t- it shows you how to calibrate it, and it calibrates it. Oh, it does? Yeah. Oh, how does it calibrate? I just put it on top of my laptop, and it calibrates it for me. Yeah, right. Uh, he, no, no, you're Brad still... hasn't figured that out yet. Get no, one of your Indian you guys. Punch it, you punch in the numbers. Yeah. And yeah, it like, tells how about the guy does the hand jobs? Where you get him to do? It. Uh, Raheel only does hand jobs. He doesn't do. Uh, he only does hand jobs and taxes. He doesn't do uh, <laughs> specialized labor. <laughs> you need to calibrate one of each. Okay. All right. And stay with those two. Don't bounce around. <gasps> all right. So anyway, so I thought I was doing that, and and at the end, anyway, you know, like I said, uh, take a bunch of readings. I go. All right. This is ten. Okay. It's ten. 
it's goddamn 10. It was a couple points above 10, really. But I thought, well, it was a couple points above zero with water, so we're good here. Well, then I get to post-boil. I do a 90-minute boil, just like I'm supposed to, and, and my gravity's low. Low. It's yeah. low. Yeah. And, it, you know... Because you didn't have the... Your, your, your software isn't set up for that system. Right. So, and I don't know so how to boil, do that. That's boil, too much for me. Because your boil-off is not set to what it is. So it says, mm. if you boil for an hour and a half, this system boils off two and a half gallons. Well, yours doesn't. So it comes out less concentrated you know i gotta i gotta invite brad from beersmith up to the show yep. so he can calibrate my system for i've me. got a few things i want him to add to i don't well, you know can how do to your, do that i don't you can do it yourself because you you can measure how much volume you had before your boil i can measure well i don't know yeah i guess you're right yeah I every one of your your kettles you should have like a gallons per inch uh, number okay so you can just stick a metal ruler in your in your liquid and you can see how much is in there Okay. Yeah. All right, I'll do that. I can manage that. Yeah, I think we've gone over this before. Well, <laughs> I think it was a long time. Well, you, you, you start and stop brewing so often, it's like you have to be retrained every three months. And I, I'm, retra- I'm restarting. I'm right. redoing everything. You and can do it with just water. Just, just Yeah, just fill it, measure it with my measure bucket. It all yeah, the way put water. a bucket in. Let it boil for exactly an hour, remeasure it again, and then you'll know what your boil off you per go. hour is, and then you can plug it in. Oh, I can do that. Then that dials in your system and matches to your uh, I'll do that system. tonight after the show. I will do it all night long. I'm doing it tonight. I'm boiling water when I get home. You can do it for 30 minutes as long as you then multiply by three. You'll by three? Oh, yeah, because I'm doing 90 minutes. Yeah. See, I gotta take, I, let me write that well, down for 90 minutes. Another thing people what? don't realize is you can do it while you're brewing, right? You can measure what your drop is in the first 30 minutes. And you go, oh, I thought it's not, it's not 15%. That's what I got in Beersmith. Oh, then maybe I'll, that's what I'll then do you if can, I brew you this You go into Beersmith and then you say, oh, I got to boil like 110 minutes. Well, then that's what you do. You just wait to, to do the 60-minute addition another 10 minutes. Okay. Because so, you've already, you know, done the, you, know, you projected the straight line to what you're going to be in 90 minutes. So you're po- right now your pre-boil and your post-boil are all off. Yeah. Exactly. So you're just shooting in the dark. I'm shooting in the dark. And yeah, I'm getting, I'll be honest with you, in. I'm getting closer than I ever have before because I'm within like four points instead of within ten points. But I was off on the Evil Twin and I'm off on the Northern English Brown. And I'm less annoyed than I used to be because I'm having fun doing all the rest of the stuff. Good. And it's going well. I, my starters are going really well. Uh, I use the uh, Northern English Brown yeast. Uh, London. The London Ale yeast, thank you, uh, from White Labs for this particular brew. It's a bit of a slow starter, huh? Yeah, it is. Okay. Because not only did my starter not go right away, you know, it, it, that took a little time, but I pitched uh, last night, and it still wasn't going as of about noon today. So, But I figured since my starter also went slow, it's probably going to go a little slow in you there, oxygenate. too. I, I didn't have time. I ran it. I oxygenated last night, okay. of course. But I was I was going to do it again today because I know you always say if you go out the next morning and you don't see fermentation, I'll, you don't mind doing it again. I'll do it again. I didn't have time, but if it's not going when I get home tonight, I am going to do it again. It'll be going when you get home tonight. You think so? Yeah. Okay. Uh, everything else going good. You know, uh, uh, more beer updated my conical for me, which is really Jamil's conical. Uh, it's another thing that I've just been bequeathed and... Um, they turned it into like the new ultimate. They did everything. The only thing that still exists that belonged to Jamil is the actual metal conical itself. All the electronics and insulation so. and the stand, they, they did everything. That thing is badass. For one, it's easy to use. But two, uh, I remember the older conicals, you, you might have been able to cool like a degree an hour, which was great, you know. But this thing goes faster than that. I'm pretty sure I'm getting... Almost three degrees an hour cooling out of this bad boy. It's got nice. bigger fans and heat sinks. And you know who's a genius is that Darren. 
over there at more beer. Darren's a mad scientist. He's like an engineer. You look at him, you don't know. You're like, I don't know if he's a genius. <laughs> you know, I'm not sure about this guy. Yeah. But then you use his stuff, that man knows what he's doing. I got skateboard wheels on my new car. Or like, like, they're, like, <laughs> they're like rollerblade wheels on my conical. I could, ride, I could ride it down my street if I wanted to. So you can move it around now. I used to have, every time I brewed, you know, like that couple of times, I'd be like, Chad, <laughs> I need you to move the conical over there. Because you couldn't move the thing. It's heavy. Now I just, I rollerblade it. Nice. Give it a push wherever it goes. Get over there. Yeah. The ball bearings. Oh, that new conical is badass. Go check out More Beer right now and, and look at their stuff. and Their new sparge arm. Doc, you might want to look into this. Yeah. I, I know your system's all dialed in, but the new sparge arm that they have is way better than the old one and easier to use and everything. You use that, Tasty? Have you seen that thing yet? I haven't seen the new one, no. Have a look at it. I'll check it out. Are you using the copper tube with the holes in it, the old one? There are no holes. I just have a little four-port copper manifold that are like just half inch out. Got it. I sparge under the surface. I mean, I basically just add liquid to the top of the mesh. You could do that with this thing, too, because it's fully adjustable. Great. And, you know, yeah, it's a really, it's a it's a basic design. You look at it and you go, oh, well, that's that's brilliant. It's one of those simple designs that you go, well, that just makes sense. It doesn't have to be all that complicated. Yeah, it doesn't have to have all these gadgets. It just needs to be adjustable and squirt water out. Right. And it works Way better than my old one. Works awesome. Cool. So I had to upgrade some electronics on the on the fifteen fifty. That fit, you know my the the brewing network more beer sculpture has been like uh, it's been like everybody's bitch for the last uh, <laughs> like four years. Like oh Chad, you want to use it? I use it. Terrence uses. Like yeah. everybody's bitch. Everybody used that tippy dump. Oh, she comes back to me. She's a mess. Got grain all over the place. You know, the wires are fuck? are sticking out all over, and I'm just going, oh boy. Well, now you can you can buy those components at More Beer too. I go to Darren and I'm thinking, Darren, I'm sorry to do this to you, but you're going to have to overhaul my whole thing. I, this is out, and that. he's like, No, no, we have those components now. So I can I swap out. You know where you plug in the uh, like the temperature probes yeah. and the float switches. Uh, well, over the years, those plastic um, fittings they just you know they get, get dry and rotted, and they're hot and cold. And hot. Yeah, swap them right out. Swapped yeah, it all out. I got to do that. That baby is purring like a kitten, Doc. You see it. Mm, oh, she's sexy. I'm going to send mm, pictures. Mm, hitting all your numbers? Uh, well. <laughs> <laughs> well listen. He's missing all his numbers. <laughs> but I look good doing it. The equipment. Well, at, least we know, at least we know it's not the equipment. Yeah, fault. it's not the equipment. I'll tell you that right now. My equipment is as Oh, gee. I mean, homebrewers out there are looking at pictures of my equipment on, on Facebook and stuff, and they're going, you are, and they're right, you are an idiot if you cannot brew a good beer with all that stuff. I mean... Between more beer and heretic, the deck is so stacked in my favor to brew a quality beer. Yeah. It's going to be amazing when you taste it and it's shit. <laughs> no one's going to understand what's happening. We're going to find, find some excuse. Right. Everything else has been eliminated. We've got to find some new reason. Well, it's Justin. There's your excuse. Yeah. That's a catch No, no. You're trying to deflect that. So, I mean, come on. <laughs> right. We want to get you a new rep. Listen, I think 2013 might be the year of Justin as a home brewer. I think I'm going to take this whole... So you're going to get the bug? I'm going to take this BN competition like by you did golf, Like you did golf? I'm going to start by taking down JP in the in the evil twin red ale clone whoa, thing. Whoa, whoa, that's big talk. Next, I'm coming for you, Tasty. Whoa! So are we playing... Is this round robin? <laughs> uh, no, it's, no it, it, isn't, it isn't winner goes on to the next. It'll okay. be two other randoms. But yeah, there will be a winner's round. So like, let's say, for example, and I don't know what it's going to be. Let's say we pit Doc against oh, Tasty. Right. The winner of the of the red the might dances. have to might have to do that one. Yeah, we'll have a winner's bracket and a loser's bracket, 
And let me tell you something. I'm not going to be in that loser's bracket. Yeah, Justin brewed one batch, and he's <laughs> coming for everybody. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's the year of Justin. So you're, com- you. you're coming out. Yep. You'll see. I'm yeah. having fun. That's going to be interesting. I like this brewing stuff. Uh, check out this uh, 3.9%, uh, se- I call it a session pale ale that, that I made. It's made with a uh, new uh, hop called from Hopsteiner. It's an experimental hop called 6300. Oh, that's a good beer. They should yeah. name it something good like... It's only 3.9%. It now, this beer, the way I make it, uh, it'd be, it, it would be hard to, firm, to finish in nine days. If you made it... 12. Or 12. Well, 12, well you can do it in 12 days, yeah. Because what oh, I do with this beer is I uh, I mash actually mash high uh, to get to get a lot of body in the beer. Like what one fifty six? Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna have to go one fifty eight. I think it's still, oh. still not quite enough body. It's definitely this starts at uh, ten uh, forty eight and goes down to ten twelve. Uh, oh. I like it to finish more like ten fourteen or fifteen, so it has more like residual sweetness. I can the hop it higher. And it's just one hop all the way through. Uh, it's just good. It's got magnum at sixty. I just want to do that neutral bittering. I don't. Want, I don't like single hop beers. Okay. But I want the hat, that single hop or the hop to be in, all in the finish. Yeah. So you can kind of get the effect. It's got fairly good aroma. It's uh, some people say it's. Uh, I like this beer. Apple. Not. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I like I green apple, beer. red apple. Can, yeah. It's more fruity than citrusy or kind of thing. It's not really citrusy. Yeah. It's more fruity. I don't get a. I don't get a ton of hop flavor at all. It's almost the the bitterness is there, but there's not the, uh, that well, West Coast hop flavor you well, would think Tasty would manufacture. <laughs> it's that new hop, though. You're I just can not only, used to it. Well, that and I'm, this beer is for I'm 41 IBUs by formula, uh, and it's only 3.9 percent beer. I can only hop it so high before it gets like yeah. In fact, when it uh, first came out of when first you know started tasting it, uh, it was so young that it it was definitely a roller hop forward. So I'm kind of I'm kind of glad to see the hops are kind of dropping out a little bit. What other kind of beer do you think those hops would work well in? Uh, well, definitely like uh, any sort of uh, American wheat beer would be excellent because of the fruitiness of the, of yeah. the American wheat itself. Hmm. Uh, even some Belgian beers, I think that beer. Uh, oh, I could see that. Or yeah. an amber, you know, yeah. with a nice fruity yeah. backbone. No, that'd be so. great. Anything that you can get a fruit, ca- uh, some lagers, uh, like that Dortmunder we made, would be a yeah. candidate for that because it has a fruity character to it. Well, I could brew either one of these then. No, on, you on can't Thursday. do that. This one would be too hot, too bitter. It wouldn't drop out enough by that, by that. time. You okay. Have a, you have well, the, the, this, this is basically the recipe that uh, the Frenchies are, are brewing. Oh, it is? Yeah, this is the beer, basically. What are they, Outland Brewing, I think? Outland Brewing Company. Yeah, my good friend Yan. Yeah. You you gave him the recipe for this bad boy, huh? Yeah. Oh, the French people are going to like he, this. He's not using these hops, but he, amazingly, he got like Centennial and Chinook or cascade i don't they have great hops yeah you get some good hops yeah you're gonna be big in france taste <laughs> yeah, before right. you know it yeah, that's right all right well doc i guess i so now i'm bringing two beers from you down to socal if i brew your you're not sending me with the same beers that i of, of your versions are you because that's going to make me look bad <laughs> do you have different a different scotty to send with me yeah i'll send something are you sending me with any beer tasty since I'm you're trying since you're bailing on all your socal buddies i'm trying okay cool Cool. No promises, but I am definitely trying. Well, I Maybe. talked to Nathan Smith today. He's going with us, and he's got uh, beer in the conical right now. On uh, his more beer conical, ready for uh, SoCal also. So we'll have some beer from Nathan. He's coming with us. We'll have my beer, a uh, little beer from Doc. Uh, we'll have, I think, uh, a Scotty coming from JP of the Evil Twin. Or oh, his isn't an Evil Twin clone, but of his American Red. Uh, so we'll have a good amount of beer at the booth there. And if any of you SoCal homies want to pour beer at the Brewing Network booth, it's your club too. So you're welcome to come on over and we'll put your beer on tap also. 
Um, we'll do all that. All right, let me get through a, a couple of announcements. We got a, a wouldn't you know it, a lot of beer to talk about in this show. Great guest today. Uh, how do you pronounce that? Is it Magliaro? Magliaro. Magliaro. Uh, Gabriel Magliaro, Half Acre Beer Company in Chicago, Illinois, is with us today. I guess uh, Illinois. Don't pronounce the S, you dummy. Uh, I guess you got a lot of emails to have him on the show. Yeah, he's he's been requested quite a bit. He's been around uh, pretty much as long as the Brewing Network. Okay. Very nice. So we'll be talking to Gabriel uh, about the scene out there in Chicago and Half Acre Beer Company. We're going to be doing an update, like I said, on uh, the American Red Ale, which uh, we're doing the taste-off on uh, April 29th. That's mon- It's a Monday show, April 29th, and it'll be the first taste-off in the Brewcaster Challenge. I'm going to invite Jamel out, see if we can get him down mm-hmm. here, and uh, we'll get some, some proper judging done. And uh, see if it's me or JP in the first round of the Brewcaster Challenge. You could probably have another one down in SoCal. Um, with the you got a couple of Scotties of that. You could have the tasters. You know. Oh yeah, that's what I'm thinking. That's why he's bringing. I'm going to bring a five gallons of mine, and then Jip's uh, going to give me a Scotty of his. So we'll do the taste off at the booth. Yeah, too. you have a time to everybody come out. Throw them out. Should there. we make the SoCal Fest like a like a third vote? You know, like oh, yeah. we'll, like we'll let as a whole whatever they vote for, we'll put them in as an official. So maybe maybe if it's a tie or something, yeah. SoCal could be the tiebreaker. We'll have to talk about that. We'll see what we can do. Uh, also, don't forget, you know, you that we still haven't. Did we officially bet on JP or I? I haven't seen the line. All right, we'll do oh, that. No, we're yeah, we, figure no, that we out. Remember, we're supposed week. to have a bookie talk about the odds. We, yeah. we have one. We, we need to get it, the details hammered out. But we this week it's going to happen this week. Well, then here's what I want to do when we when we talk about it with JP today. Without the bookie, I still want us to to put our uh, put our money down on either me or JP today on today's show. I don't want to wait another week on that. So the bookie can just tell us how much you win, right? So, um, yeah, well, we'll figure it out. But I want to know today. Whose money is on who? Well, I'm thinking there's going to be some long odds here. So yeah, there's got to be odds. If they're like 5-2 jipper, I might just take a chance on you. boy. Yeah. Well, well like we that. might have to make up our own odds then, because I want some All betting right. to go down tonight. I want, well, let's because, do a jipper thing. You guys decide amongst yourselves. Because here's why. We're going to give you an update of how, of where, how the brew day went, where the beers are. You're going to have oh. a lot of information uh, tonight. I see. And we're going to let you listen to that information before you place your bets. But then I want bets afterward. Well, let's let the chat maybe come up with the line. There we go. Do it. Susie, let the chat come up with tonight's line. Well, they got to listen to all the information JP. first. Yeah. Like, no, they're, they're going to take them a long time to, to do it. Yeah, but they're going to be just going off because, you yeah. know. No, let's or... have them do the line without the information. And then you guys can take the line plus the info we give you and make your educated decision on me winning. I just like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Speaking of me, speaking of winning, <laughs> speaking of me winning, I did want to thank everybody who voted for me. I uh, once again. Um, oh, did you win? How I, many thousands did you win by? Uh, did they ever tell you the vote count? I saw the vote count. It was a large margin. <laughs> it was a, there was a good margin, and I want to I thank. I want to thank uh, everyone for voting for me on the AHA governing committee. I really do appreciate it. I happily accept your uh, second nomination, uh, and uh, I'll be serving another three years for you on the governing committee panel. So will I'd like to congratulate uh, the other incumbent, Fred Bonjour. Uh, it was an incumbent-dominated uh, race this year, and let me point out. Um, you know, it's different how many seats are open on the governing committee each year. And there were only two this year. And that just happens because sometimes people's terms get extended if they become uh, a chair. And there's all these bylaws that I'm supposed to know and I don't. But 
I'm just explaining that that's why sometimes there are more seats open than others. So next year, for example, there will actually be eight seats open. So each of the candidates this year, uh, I know that uh, the president of the governing committee, uh, Mr. Jake Keeler, a good friend of mine and a good dude, uh, he called each of the um, nominees and thanked them for their participation and told them the results. And you know what? All of them were really cool. And they all said, you know, we knew that this was a tough year. We knew that that they said beating Justin with the advantage I have on the BN is is difficult. And they also said that Fred, you know, is, is popular and does so much. They were all so gracious and said, I think most of them are going to run again next year. And we explained to them that there are eight seats. So if you want to get involved, next year's a good year to run. Also, you don't have to be on the governing committee to be on one of the subcommittees. There's a club committee and a competition committee and uh, uh, several other committees that I'm supposed to know. Um, And you could be involved in those whether you're elected or not. You could actually just contact the AHA governing committee and ask. Tell them you want to be involved in any of those things. And you can do that uh, without being elected. Anyhow, can they match my my salary here? I, I'm pretty sure they can. You know, I'll talk to them. Okay, I'll put in a good word yeah, for you. I'm I, looking for. I'm not up. working for any less. Right. I was thinking ten percent more. So. <laughs> you think so? I think I can get that. Well, I'll ask. I, I think revenues are up, so uh, it might be able to do something for you. Um, but again, thank you, everybody who voted for me. I'm happy to represent you once again on the governing committee. All right, a few other updates. Uh, The Bay Area Craft Beer Festival right here in uh, downtown Martinez is coming up Saturday. Uh, In just a few days, it's this coming Saturday. You can go to bayareacraftbeerfestival.com and buy your tickets now. We will be there. I'm going to set up a booth, and uh, I think we're actually going to be pouring beer from our booth, too. I've requested that we pour our good friend Fal Allen's beer from Anderson Valley Brewing Company. Hell yeah. I've requested that. Uh, So uh, I think they're going to get that for us. So we're going to be there uh, with our merch and T-shirts and also pouring Anderson Valley beer. So come join us, bayareacraftbeerfestival.com for your tickets. Um, Also, uh, speaking of tickets, BNA8 went on sale last weekend. VIP tickets sold out in two days. We sold over 200 tickets in 10 minutes. Whoa. As of uh, a few hours ago, here, I can give you the update right now. Let's see where we're at. Um, There are still 275 tickets remaining, Um, Mm. but I would buy them because they will go. Out of how many? Uh, I think there was, if you include VIP, uh, something like 750 tickets were available, uh, which is about what we do. We do over, we do between eight and 900 before we get to our guest list in all of the years past. So this was really? somewhat more limited this year. And I'm going to tell you right now, tickets will sell out. So uh, I've been telling you this. Uh, if you didn't get your email with it for advance notice, it's in your spam box. I guarantee you. We got several emails of people leading up to it. I, I haven't gotten them for months. Check your spam box. Oh, there it is. Everybody. So... Uh, check your spam box. Uh, you won't get the VIP tickets now, but you'll still get in general admission, which is going to be just a, a fantastic time. The Trophy Fire is playing. Um, the band from, you know that movie School of Rock? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's based on a true, a real thing. That's uh, It's based on a real rock school for kids in Philadelphia. Those kids are playing the party. The same kid from the movie. They got to be like twenty one now. <laughs> well, whatever they're, they they kids I, to me. Come on, it, it's an ongoing thing. And whoever their premier group is, like the good kids, whatever the good uh, current kids oh, it's are from that school. It's from that school. I see. And whoever they're like touring good kids are, like not the retards, but the good ones. I thought schools aren't allowed to judge who's good and who isn't. <laughs> no, no, this is a private school. They can private. do that. Oh, oh. Yeah. they're playing. The school of rock kids are playing our party. 
so that'll be a good time. They're going to do ACDC? And, uh, pro- they're doing classic rock. Don't. So, <laughs> Did you request it, or is that what they do? No, that's what they do. Yeah. Plus, let's, you only got to know four chords to do it. Come on. Yeah. That's what they always no, do. Now I got to get Jack Black. Plus, the party is a bunch of old white dudes. What else are you going to play that everybody gets, right? You got to play classic rock. <laughs> so... Uh, anyway, go to the Brewing Network Philly.eventbrite.com right now. The Brewing Network Philly.eventbrite.com. You can get your tickets and get them while they're still available or don't bitch at me. Shuttle will be going from the hotel conference all night. It's just going to loop so you can come and go as you please. You can hang out. Uh, it's a, it's an upscale place. It's a classy joint. It's at the, uh, World Cafe Live. There you go. World Cafe Live, which was built as a music venue, as a high-quality, high-class music venue, uh, I think NPR does weekly concerts out yeah, of there. Yeah, they got radio <laughs> studios there, too, don't they? Yep. Yeah, but we're not doing anything with those. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, that would be work. Uh, so it's really, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a great time. Um, all right. Here's another update for you that I think you might like. In all the hoopla about us not doing anything around here and the schedule changing and nobody knows or whatever, I promised you that I would get a show schedule up on the homepage, and that has happened. If you go to the homepage right now and you scroll down, there used to be a beer events feed, and it now says show schedule. And I've only put a couple shows on there, but Moscow's going to get to it this week, and it will have a full show schedule. You'll see all the upcoming shows. You'll know whether it's a Sunday or a Monday or if it starts at 5 or if it starts at 6, and you'll know who the guest is so you can send in questions and you'll know if it's an off week and you'll know all the things that you want to know uh, that I told you we'd take care of. Uh, it's right there on the homepage. Just scroll down. It's next to Beer News. It says Show Schedule in big black letters and uh, it'll be populated fully uh, in the next uh, couple of days. So, so basically you finally out. came through. <clears throat> yeah, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, Good. but once that happens, I'll start getting emails from people. Why are you telling me so much? I like spontaneity <laughs> with my talk radio. I don't want to know don't every little detail. Well, they'll complain about the lineup, like, oh, there's nothing good coming up. Fuck you. I'm not tuning in. Which is the real reason we haven't posted anything in the month. (laughs) Uh, So anyhow, we're trying to take care of some of the little things that that I owned up to uh, that need to be on there. And and there you go. There's your first one. Uh, Okay. Uh, Some new stuff in the store. We have hop grenade warheads now. We've dubbed them what are warheads. Those? They're uh, <laughs> those look like a nuclear device, <laughs> doesn't it? They're stainless. They're double walled. Don't, don't drop that thing. Stainless steel yeah. growlers. I think they're sixty four ounce growlers. They're badass. I put beer in one and left it on my count. I, I only filled it half full. I left it on my kitchen counter overnight. It was still fifty degrees twenty four hours later. Huh? I mean, they're they're just great. And uh, they're, who are they made by? Look at the back thing. People seem to know the name. I didn't know the name. Uh, I just, place in Portland. Hydro Flask. It, they're made by Hydro Flask. They make other products, too, so you might already own some of their stuff. It's it's high quality, and it's available in the store now. Get your BN Army Warhead. It's got the logo on it, the BN Army logo. You'll be the coolest-looking dude at your uh, at your homebrew club, I guarantee. That's what I was saying. I know why you gave it to me. Yeah, because you're going to bring me beer. I brought you a beer at least two, three times already. Oh, that's I? right. You brought me beer the other night, too. Yeah. The cool thing about it is that you don't need a cooler. That's what I like. Yeah, it's ready to go. You know, because I know oh, no. Tasty like travels with a cooler all the time. And yeah, you have ice and shit. Yeah. Now you just fill it up. Yeah, even even my other growlers, I got to put it in something with ice in it. This thing, fill yeah. it up, cap it. I'm I'm gone. It's red. I love them. I have two of them. I have the sample that we bought, and then I stole one of my own uh, with the with the grenade on it. Now, so yeah, the only thing I, I don't them. like about it is that I only have one. Ah, <laughs> we'll have to get you more. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to get you all filled up. That's it. The truth is, that's the only reason I'm brewing is because I want to fill that thing up with some beer. <laughs> there you go. Uh, that's what got me ex- in, into it again. Well, Tasty's already talking about modifying it so he can put a tap on it. Oh, that's true. <laughs> oh, that would be badass. It would be rad. Car- or you want a carbonator cap. Oh, you wanted the carbonator. Yeah. I, 
you know, I had a dream uh, that I was in Doc's garage using his carbonator caps yesterday, and his wife came out and yelled at me for being there. Are you sure it was a dream? Just so you know. <laughs> yeah. Not, you, Could be a flashback for the other time she did that. That's true. I just remembered that for some reason. She yell at you, you for being there. She yells at me for you being there. Well, in the dream, she yelled at me. And, and you had an external garage, and I was... Uh, parking a Volkswagen in there so that you and I could work on it, and and she wasn't going to be happy about that. Oh either. no! no. <laughs> anyway, the carbonator cap reminded me of that weird dream. Uh, okay, uh, the Pale Ale DVD with Matt Brunelson from Firestone Walker. He teaches us how to brew the perfect American Pale Ale. That's available in the store. Go check it out now. Uh, you can support us also by doing your Amazon shopping through us. Just click the Amazon link right there on our homepage and then shop as normal, and uh, we get a little cut of that. And a lot of you have been doing it, and I really appreciate it. I do. I, it. <clears throat> I phone. Oh, you do? That's oh yeah. Cool. You know, I was going to do. I uh, I went to look. Um, I went to shop the other day, and uh, Kate the Great was like, "Hey, you know, click your link." And it's a good thing I checked. It's not legal for me to click my own link. We could have gotten we could have gotten really? eliminated if they had seen. I, I mean, I wasn't doing it to to try to skirt the system. I wanted to know. I had to go read through the contract. Uh, we I could have gotten us canceled, Moscow. That would have been terrible. But I can't click the link. You guys can. You don't own it, but I own the link. Hmm. So I can't do my Amazon shopping to you pay myself. You can't buy yourself. I can't buy myself shit. I guess it's a nice <laughs> discount for yourself. But I am glad I read it because I, I think we got into trouble with Google when we got canceled by uh, Google AdWords a long time ago. I think it was for hmm. things like that. They thought I was clicking shit. I don't know. But even if you were, why is that a bad thing for them? They're doing the revenue that the program is designed to get them. I don't know. You're just not allowed to pay yourself. You well, just, you're paying them. And then they're giving but then you a they're cut. Giving me by, yeah, there's just, it just doesn't work. They're hmm. just not allowed. It's right there in the guidelines. Anyway, the rest of you I'm can sure do it. I'm sure they're still making money. And, uh, and no, the re- I'm sure they are too, but... The rest of you have been doing it. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. iPhone and Android apps are available so you can listen on the go. Just search BN Mobile in your favorite store and you'll find it. It's free. Watch this live on justin.tv slash brewing network. It's only on when we're live, so if you don't see anything there, it's because we're not here. Um, subscribe and join the BN Army. Uh, it gets you that special email to uh, VIP events. Uh, it gives you first dibs on uh, different products that we get in. We had sent out an email about the Warhead before anybody else got it also. Um, and also, it interests you to win uh, 100 bucks to More Beer in the More Beer monthly donation giveaway. Corporal Mark Davis was our March winner. Thanks for supporting us, uh, Mark. Him. And uh, More Beer will be sending you over 100 bucks to spend with them. All right, get this and more on Twitter and Facebook, and uh, send your show ideas over to Scott the Jew at scott at thebrewingnetwork.com. Send feedback to feedback at thebrewingnetwork.com. Uh, I wanted to mention, you know, I was talking about the governing committee situation. Um, I did want to mention, you know, if you're not a member of the AHA, you should be. The American Homebrewers Association does a lot of things for you. I think in the news tonight, we're going to be talking about Alabama. Uh, legalizing home brewing. They're the last ones? And they're not the last holdout yet. No. Uh, there's still another state to go. And, you know, the the American Homebrewers Association has a lot to do with that kind of legislation. Now, I know what you're thinking. I'm not from Alabama, so who gives a shit? Well, this could happen anywhere, and there's all sorts of legislation that comes up. For example, in uh, Oregon not too long ago, uh, there was a, a, a little trouble over whether or not you could bring your homebrew out of the house. Yeah. And different... It- to even going to contest or exactly. homebrew club meetings, there's a, there's a weird law. They stopped. It, a lot of homebrew clubs stopped bringing beer to meetings for a period of time because there was this scare going around about the interpretation of the law. And the the AHA is your only uh, governing body who jumps in and and deals with those sorts of things on your behalf. And and believe me, they're involved in all of them when it comes up. Uh, it, not just that, but by becoming a member, you get Zymergy Magazine. 
you get the pub discount program, which I use actually. I know Tasty uses it too. You get to save yeah. a, a couple bucks on beers and appetizers. It depends on where you're at. All sorts of benefits. You can join the AHA just by clicking the AHA link right on our homepage, and then you're supporting us and supporting them. But any way you do it, go to the Homebrew Rally, bring your friends, and 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 just it's a great organization. Not to mention the National Homebrewers Conference. And you get the you get Zymergy, Zymergy Magazine, which is. Yeah. That's the subscription price right there. That's right. So check it out. It's thirty eight bucks for a year. If you're gonna, if you know you're gonna be a home brewer for a while, you know, like me, like I started out a home brewer, and look at me now, I'm still a home brewer. Then you could get like a lifetime membership, uh, all of these things. So check it out, uh, homebrewersassociation.org. And you can do it right from our homepage, can't you? Yeah, yeah. I covered all that. I covered both Zymergy and the homepage link, Doc. I, yeah. <laughs> Doc's just catching up. <laughs> Tasty is pouring me beer. Oh, that's good. Well, I finished both of your beer. Well, almost. I'm nearly finished with both of your beers, and I'm nearly finished with the Drake's 1500 I poured, and and uh, we're still not done with the first segment. How about that? We're drinking well tonight. Yes. Yeah. Oh, we got to get that warhead back over here. Hey, we got to taste your. Yeah. Uh, you guys have brewed on your lager experiment yeah. too, haven't you? Mm-hmm. All right. At the end of the show, we're going to do that. If you don't remember, uh, it was suggested that Doc or one of these guys brew a lager. And that Doc and Tasty both take the exact same wort and the exact same pitch of yeast and ferment it in their different ways. Tasty does it a bit quicker. He says he could turn it around in two weeks. Doc does a traditional German-style right. lagering. Well, tonight, uh, obviously, since the, the actual difference is time, we can't taste them side by side at this point. Doc brewed the beer on April 1st, I believe. Yeah. Um, no, it's actually, it was on Easter. Yeah, so Day before, the 31st. Yeah. So it's the 31st. Okay. We pitched on April 1st. All right, we, yeah. mm-hmm. Both, Tasty came over and grabbed his uh, portion of the wort. Yeah. You guys mixed up and measured the starter, pitched that yeast. We're going to taste Tasty's uh, version tonight. Get this done. Right. Yeah, yeah, mine's still in the conicals. Okay. Uh, I checked it today. It's down kind of where I want, so I did a couple things. I'm going to leave it in there for a couple more days, and then it's going in the keg pretty soon, but it's, I'm not pulling out of the conical just yet. Right. Yeah, so, that's some people hurry them out of there too quick, especially loggers. Well, it sounds like what we're going to do is taste Tasties tonight and make yeah. some notes, uh, talk about its merits, talk about maybe uh, Doc will have a more kind of an educated uh, understanding of what it will taste like in several weeks. Yeah. So he'll be able to comment on those things. And then, of course, when Doc's done, we will do a side-by-side, but Tasties will have been uh, aging then for you know yeah. a couple more It'll weeks. It'll be different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His will be different. Doc, different. when do you think we're, yours is ready? Would that be the show on the 29th? Is a month long enough, or you need to go longer? Um, I'll probably need a month from this week. From this week? I would like five then, weeks from here. Okay, then probably. we're doing yours on the, uh, it'll be Monday, uh, May 13th, everybody. We'll be doing the taste Monday, May 13th of the okay. side-by-side. But tonight we're going to taste uh, uh, Tasties and, and get to it. All right. So I think Jamil wants to come in and uh, taste stuff, too. Good. He's interested in your experiment. You know, he, <laughs> yeah. he likes he likes the idea of you got you know figuring out if you could. I mean, think about it, especially as a commercial brewer, right? Oh yeah. Can we turn around a lager in two weeks? Yeah. You'd be all over that. Well, they brew lagers because yeah, it messes up brew pubs, especially it messes up their flow of beer. They right. They don't they can't make enough beer if it takes that long to do a beer. Right. All right. So a lot of beer stuff to get to today. Let's do this. Let's take a break. Uh, when we come back, we're gonna be talking to. Half Acre Beer Company from Chicago, Illinois. Stick with us. We got a lot to do tonight. Get your questions over triple eight four zero one beer, or join the chat room and send them over to Susie. It's the session. We'll be right back.
listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. Morebeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. Morebeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to morebeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, more beer social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of the buzz, the forum, the learning center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. Hi, I'm Jamel Zanishef, and in addition to my work on the Brewing Network, I write the style profile column in every issue of Brew Your Own magazine. Hi, I'm Sean Paxton, and when I'm not prepping for the home brewed chef on the Brewing Network, you can find me writing articles on how to cook with your home brew for Brew Your Own magazine. Greetings, cretins. This is John Palmer, and when I'm not writing for Brew Your Own, I'm reading it. John Palmer, Sean Paxton, Jamil Zanishev. If you love listening to them on the Brewing Network, you'll love reading their articles, tips, and recipes in the pages of Brew Your Own magazine. Join Jamil, John, and Sean eight times a year in Brew Your Own. And when you subscribe to BYO on the Brewing Network website, half of your subscription price goes right back to the BN to support great beer and food programming. So sign up for Brew Your Own magazine through the BN website today so you can listen and read Read your way to better homebrew. Nico, listen, our lawyer said that we had to do this for one hour, and after this, we don't have to talk to each other for three more months and to the next meeting. Kids. Come on, let's get out of here. I'm supposed to have more lines. I'm the professional. <clears throat> hey, it's Sully. And I'm Nico. And we opened the 21st Amendment nine years ago at 563 2nd Street in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park to make great beer and have a great time doing it. That's right, because to us, the 21st Amendment is more than just the right to make beer. It's the right to experiment, to be innovative, and just do things differently. And so now, we're putting our craft beer in cans. That's right, cans. You can find our world-famous Heller High Watermelon Wheat Beer and Brew Free or Die IPA throughout California and Alaska. And now, it's also available on draft at select accounts in the Bay Area. So next time you're at your local neighborhood pub or good beer store, be sure to ask for 21st Amendment in cans. Because everyone likes it in the can. Tasty Crack Cans. Tasty Crack Cans. A vial of White Labs yeast is the key to your best beer. When you open a vial of White Labs yeast, you're giving your beer its best chance for a perfect fermentation. In addition to their already incredible variety of yeast, White Labs is proud to announce WLP 90, San Diego's Super Yeast, now available year-round. WLP 90 is super clean, super fast fermenting, with low esters and has a neutral flavor and aroma profile. It's alcohol tolerant and highly flocculent. For more of the latest White Labs news, click over 
over to whitelabs.com, where you can read reviews of yeast, learn in the lab section, and join the customer club. And if you should find yourself in San Diego, White Labs has a brand new training facility for craft brewers and home brewers alike. Whitelabs.com. Discover yeast, nutrients, enzymes, and more for commercial breweries, home brewers, and homebrew stores. White Labs. It's all in the vial. For nearly 15 years, homebrewers have been served by one place in Michigan where you can buy yourself a serial killer grain mill. Adventures in homebrewing. Did you try all those great Michigan beers at the National Homebrewers Conference in San Diego or Seattle? Adventures in homebrewing delivered. Did you see a great false bottom in your buddy's cooler or brew kettle? Adventures in homebrewing delivered that. And did you see that great custom-built brew stand? Yep, Adventures in homebrewing delivered. Since 1999, Adventures in homebrewing in Taylor, Michigan, Ann Arbor, Michigan, and online at homebrewing.org has been serving homebrewing brewers across the globe. Check out their innovative 2.5-gallon keg with metal handles, great homebrew kits, and the fully adjustable Serial Killer Grain Mill. Visit them in Philly for the 2013 National Homebrewers Conference. Not going to make it? Check out all the fun of adventures in homebrewing at homebrewing.org. For a limited time, coupon code BNETWORK will slam 10% off your order. Bam! Adventures in homebrewing. Join the adventure at the Great Lakes Home for homebrewing supplies online at homebrewing.org. And don't forget coupon code BNETWORK for a limited time. Join the adventure Today. This Sit down next to it, grab yourself a paper towel, and watch those yeast have sex. You're listening to the Brewing Network. The session. Yeah, welcome back to the program. Thanks for hanging out with us. I'm going to talk to Gabriel Magliaro from Half Acre Beer Company here in just a second. But first, I got a call. Came in in the first part of the show. I just hadn't gotten to it. Uh, looks like uh, it's it's Giles or Guile. Giles. Hi, Giles. Giles, yeah. How you doing, buddy? How's it going? Giles calling in from okay. Denver. And uh, sounds like you've got a fermentation issue. Yeah, I brewed my first batch of all grain yesterday, and uh, I got a bit of a yeast cake at the bottom of my carboy, but I haven't seen any uh, fermentation action. I don't have any true brewing around the top or anything. Like, it's just stuck. Um, I wouldn't worry about it just yet if it's only a day. Yeah. Um, if this was going for a week, and or, you know, four days, and it's kind of stopped bubbling, and you're stuck at 10.30... 1028 then i'd be worried about it um have you, did you give it oxygen well i don't i'm brewing on the cheap right now so i haven't been able to really do much oxidation i uh let the wort just kind of drip into the carboy okay. uh, and then shook it up quite a bit uh but i don't have a pump or anything so that's the most oxygen i was able to get it that's all right but it's a three gallon batch in a five gallon carboy uh the stuff on the bottom is probably trube it's not the okay. cake sitting there uh, the the yeast are probably just multiplying right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, he could shake it again, couldn't he? Oh, exactly. To give yeah. it more oxygen, I, w- I would. I'd, I'd shake it just to kind of get more oxygen in. As long as it's not bubbling yet, yeah. Uh, okay, shake it up. Did you do a just out of curiosity? And it wouldn't affect the answer. By the way, uh, did you do a yeast starter? No, uh, 
since it was a three gallon, it was only uh, a ten thirty seven beer. And Mister Malty said to use a point seven eight of a White Labs vial, so I just used an entire vial. Yeah, that's cool. And what kind of yeast is it? Uh, it's the uh, White Labs O O five. I think it's the British Ale yeast. Okay. Yeah, twenty. It's not even twenty four hours yet. It's it's fine. Like I was saying uh, with the beer I just brewed yesterday too, and I did do a starter, so I had it awake and alive. Yeah. Uh, mine still wasn't brewing. Uh, sorry, uh, fermenting as of today either. And some of them just take a couple days. Yeah, sometimes the English yeast will take a little longer. Are you sure about the temperature? About what it is? Uh, well, uh, it's snowing outside, so I got it sixty five in the condo, so it's uh, about sixty five degrees. Okay, yeah, as, long, as long as it's not. You know, 58, or you got it in the garage, something like that, you're, you're probably no, no, okay. No. <laughs> Give it a few more days. Uh, by tomorrow, it'll probably be bubbling. So don't right. don't think not yet that it's a, a stuck ferment. Yeah. If, if, cool. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure if I was going to shake it, I wasn't going to cause any problems. No, not at all. No, you can shake it every day if you want. It'll clear right. up. Yep. <laughs> now, docs, there there is a kind of a there there's kind of a rule to that. If there's no fermentation activity, you're safe to add oxygen. If it were bubbling even a little bit, you wouldn't want to add any oxygen. You wouldn't want to shake it. You wouldn't want to do anything, right? So just so you know, that as a rule, you could always add more oxygen if, it, if it's just sitting there and you don't see any, any fermentation. And if you're shaking it, you're just using the, the oxygen in the head space to mm-hmm. slosh it into solution. But once it starts to ferment anyway, it's gonna, all the CO2 is going to push out all the oxygen in that head space. So sloshing is not right. going to do any good anyway. There you go. You're rousing the yeast, though. That could, you know, yeah, it could, it could help with rousing the yeast. But you're not gonna, you're not gonna uh, put that oxygen. You're not gonna put the oxygen in too late at that point. You, you don't worry about it. So now, when we okay. come on the air next Sunday, if it's still not going, you call back and you tell us that we're lying idiots, and then we'll help you again. We'll no, see no, we, we move on to the next problem. <laughs> and then we move on. We to won't the next take issue. his call. Yeah. <laughs> now I, I can't come on the air and yell at you guys you got my wife drunk at the firestone walker party and that was really fun oh well you're welcome sir <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> i apologize for whatever i did <laughs> all right thanks brother good luck yeah thank you cheers all right there you go that's giles from denver and see solving the world's problems one at a one time. ferment at a time every week here that's right all right let's go to uh gabriel magliaro from half acre beer company he's on the line with us hey gabriel how you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for doing the show with us, man. I appreciate it. Uh, not a problem at all. Happy to be here. Now, I think we've only had uh, one other Chicago brewery on the program. As far as I know. And, of course, at that time, they were only half of a Chicago brewery because they were half a Chicago brewery and half a Belgian brewery. Well, uh, the first time we had them on, they were all uh, Chicago. Oh, they were? Yeah. It was, remember, it was like the day before, wasn't it? Ah, okay. Or and then something? the second time we had them on, they were the half Right, because remember, we were pissed because they didn't break the news on our show like the day before. Oh, that's right. That's right. Your brother's over there at Goose Island, of course, we're talking about. Uh, yeah, I'm very familiar with, uh, with our friends at Goose Island and uh, their various ownership <laughs> scenarios over the years. <laughs> right. you ever meet any of that ownership in your Chicago beer uh, tribulations? Um, oh, the Hall family, of course. Yeah, what are they? What are they like? Did you get to have some pints with them? Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. They're they're a uh, they're a great group of guys. Actually, I mean, they were uh, sort of pioneers in, in all that's happened here in Chicago. And uh, yeah, I think they did a lot of good for uh, Chicago beer, and and they like drinking beer. And you know, Greg's a good dude. He's moved on to do other uh, other things at this point. And um, yeah, they've been. 
you know, very supportive of what we've done and just the overall climate of, of beer in Chicago. Good. That's good to hear. And by the way, I will go on the record as saying I will buy a Matilda or a Sophie any day of the week and drink that up. I still love that beer. Yeah, they're good. Yeah, it's very nice. Yeah, they're great beers. I mean, um, you can choose to uh, dive deeply into all the minutiae of what it means to be a craft brewer or all that stuff. But uh, if you just worry about the beers, um, you know, they're putting out some solid beers and, and still sort of still definitely expanding on on uh, what, what beer can be over um, certainly at, at Fulton, at their Fulton facility. You know, they have some pretty bizarre brewing scenarios now with a lot of their beer being produced elsewhere. But, um, you know, the, the whole staff at their at their Fulton brewery here in the city uh, doing some cool stuff. Right. Well, you know, I like to stay out of all the minutia and the politics and the bullshit anyway. You know, until one of them stands up on a bar and pisses on it. Then we like to talk about it. I think it was under the bar. Oh, it was under. Oh, but other than that, it's all about the beer, you know, for us. Uh, uh, yeah, there's that, that kind of stuff, too. I, I, I choose to uh, try to focus on uh, what's in the glass, and um, yeah. hopefully that's not urine, but that's uh, we'll see. <laughs> right, right. All right, Gabriel. Well, I'll tell you what. You already got a phone call, so let's go straight to the phone lines. We got Joe on uh, on the line, and he's got uh, a couple questions for you. Hey, Joe, how you doing, buddy? Hey, good, good to talk to you, Justin. It's nice to call in, and I'm not about to lose drunk of the week. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. What do you got for Gabriel? Hey, first thing, um, I used to love uh, taking the old Eleven bus and checking out Half Acre over the years. I used to live in Chicago, and it's one of my favorite breweries. Um, first awesome. thing, they just uh, first that bus, by the way. I know. I, I, I was visiting some friends, and I, we were going to come up to check out your brewery, and sure enough, the 11 was gone, so we had to take a taxi. It sucked. Uh, Sorry about that. Yeah, I know. Damn, Chicago. But uh, anyways, I was just wondering, um, any chances you guys are going to expand dis- distribution? I know it's kind of even hard to get your guys' beers throughout the whole city of Chicago or even the region. I was wondering if you guys are, had any plans for expanding soon. Um, we have no specific plans for expansion at the moment. Um. You know, it's kind of a shitstorm out there right now in the world of beer and uh, in, in all the, the, the right ways, but uh, there's some underlying things there that um, certainly make us cautious, and uh, we've hit such a, a nice place within sort of the history of our company where we've expanded to the point that's that's possible in our building, and uh, we're making cool beers, we're having fun as, as, a, as a group of dudes making beer, and uh, messing with that is, you know, something that inevitably we'll have to do but we're, we're very as i said cautious as to as to how we do that so until we have uh another set of walls where we can put stainless steel inside of um there are no plans for expansion or, or okay. we don't have the we don't have the ability to to expand our distribution footprint sure. i should say well i love the uh the tasting room you guys just put it's a beautiful space and i think anybody who's going to chicago really needs to check it out it's just a great place to try your beers and uh I was also curious if, if maybe sometime tonight you'd be willing to give a, uh, a recipe for either the Daisy Cutter or your original recipe for Double Daisy Cutter. I know you guys have done a variation on that, but I was one of the idiots standing out in the middle of the street waiting for you guys to open when you uh, have released your first original Daisy Cutter releases, and um, I'd love to get a homebrew version. I'm going to go grab a can of it right now for the studio. Perfect. Uh, nice. Uh, well, thanks for waiting outside and whatever the weather was that day uh, for that beer, and um yeah lo- love those beers the tap room you know we're really psyched about that because for us that was sort of that was a big thing because we had you know it's always nice pushing beer out to the world and and uh certainly that's that's the heart of our business but being able to 
set up a room where we can invite people in our space and, and drink beers and certainly have the most expansive um, grouping of, of beers uh, that, you know, of anywhere else. Uh, yeah, it's pretty sweet. And to be able to build the room out in, in the way we wanted it and have it look and feel um, in, in a way of our choice was uh, ju- just great. And so it's a nice, a nice thing for us and hopefully a nice thing for others. That's a beautiful, beautiful space. Awesome. Love to go check it out. All right. Thanks for the call, Joe. I appreciate it. You can call to 888 beer if you've got any questions for Gabriel as we go on. You can also join the chat room. Just hit the chat now button right there on the homepage. And Susie's in there taking your phone calls today. Uh, sorry, take it. Well, take your calls and your chat questions, and you can send them over to us. Um, all right. So tell us a little bit about where you're at. Uh, where in Chicago can people find you? We are on Lincoln Avenue, uh, just south of Montrose. So if uh, you know Chicago, that makes sense. If you don't know Chicago, um, we are on the north side, um, not too far from the lake, maybe just a couple miles from the lake, um, in an area called basically Lincoln Square. It's actually north center technically, but more people know of Lincoln Square. Okay. Uh, old old German neighborhood. Uh, so you know it's got it's got beer and its roots there and. Um, we have a very unlikely scenario for a production brewer and certainly a production brewer that makes the volume of beer that we do. So our brewery is right on a, um, like a retail street right across from a supermarket, um, in a very nice neighborhood. So, uh, totally odd scenario, but one that we worked really hard to be able to create that there. And, uh, it's a, it's a pretty cool potion that, that we put together over time and, um, how much yeah, beer? How much beer are you making there? You say for for your size of production? Yeah, we make about fifteen thousand barrels of beer a year. Okay, uh, mm. so you know, in the grand scheme of making beers, that's that's not a lot of beer. But um, uh, for a you know for a craft brewery, and certainly one uh, you know with foot traffic uh, walking by constantly outside, it's 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 different. So. Um, we're making a lot of barrels per square feet that we have um, at our brewery, so that's uh, that's kind of our gig. And we have a, a pretty, you know, potent combination of uh, a store where we sell beer to go, and nice. then we have the brewery where we make all our beer for everywhere uh, distribution and for sale in the store. And then we have, have our tap room now, which is the most recent addition. So let me ask you this, talking about the different ways you're, you're allowed to sell beer. You know, the rest of the country knows Chicago as the land of political red tape and, and, and weird one-sidedness and, and everyone's on one team. And if you're not on that team, you're on the corrupt team. And if you're not on the corrupt team, you're on the team that doesn't win. And it's a very confusing <laughs> landscape uh, politically. How is it beer licensing-wise? Is it, do, do you find it difficult or, or more difficult than, than maybe some of your brothers in the rest of the country? Um, you know, I have, I, I've only done it in one place. So that's, uh, sort of, the, that's how we came to be. And that's how I, I understand things. But, um, you know, I think Chicago ha- certainly has a reputation and, and, and probably it deserves it, uh, in terms of our process with beer, as opposed to, uh, you know, people looking for handouts or some sort of, uh, you know, political uphill battle that we had, um, number one, there's, there's a, a ton of licensing that, that goes into doing what we do, not only just for brewing, but for our store, for our tap room, all that's pretty complex. But what we found when we were starting our brewing company, that we were, we were the first 
people to, to start a, a brewery um, in Chicago for a long, long time. So we were meeting with the city of Chicago and, and the state, and we'd be like, yeah, well, here, here's what we're trying to do. We need this license, this licensing. And they'd say, no, no, you, you don't need that. You need this. And then the other person from the legal staff said, no, no, they don't need that. They need this. And we wow. said, no, no, like read this here. This is what we need. And nobody knew what the hell was going on, to be frank. And right. uh, so that made it more of a challenge. Whereas now, since there's a brewery opening up every 35 seconds, um, <laughs> right. there are people within the political system that understand what needs to be done there. And, you know, it's a kind of a well-worn trail at this point. Whereas then it was just like, nobody knew what the hell was going on and everybody's just trying to piece it together and, um, well, you and, know, and try, and try to help us overall. We had a lot of support. So, um, but we had to go through lifting a moratoriums and community approval processes and rezoning. And it was laborious. Well, for that matter, then, in Chicago's defense, after me blasting them in the beginning part, uh, that's not so different than, than a lot of the brewers that we've talked to here that are that are breaking ground, that are kind of doing it before anybody else has done it. Um, yeah, I think that that's probably the case. I mean, Chicago's plenty dirty, don't, uh, you know. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> that's but well uh, our experience has been very positive, and, um, yeah, I, I, I have no reason to, to trash Chicago any more than it uh, already gets. <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, that's fair enough. So we're drinking the pale ale right now. What's it called, Moscow? Daisy Cutter. This is uh, the the flagship, right? That is our flagship. Yeah, that um, Chicago adopted it as that. So you said that people were waiting in line, or the caller said that uh, when you first released this. Do you remember that? Well, he was he was talking about double Daisy Cutter. Oh. Uh, so that's a variant on this beer. We do a number of variants on, on that beer. Um, but Daisy Cutter was kind of the first beer that, I don't know, I guess, I guess put us on a map or, or sort of the, the first one that, that people flock to as something they, they really wanted to spend a lot of time, um, putting in their body. So <laughs> it's, been, it's been an important beer for us. It's still, you know, one of our favorites and it, it makes up, uh, about half of our production. Wow. It's a nice pale ale. It's got a good hop character to it. Yeah, it qualifies as a West Coast pale ale. Yeah, it seems it like does, something right? that would be brewed in California. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of, you know, that, that was our goal with that beer. Um, you know, some, some of the West Coast pales are uh, some of our favorite beers. And, and when we were looking to do that one, um, we wanted it to be, well, just as it is in your glass, real floral. Um you know, certainly uh, rooted in Pacific Northwestern hops, and uh, but you know nothing, nothing so out, out of the box that uh, it was unapproachable. And um, yeah, it's been it's made big waves for us, and, and we crank out a lot of that beer. I got to know what hops are in it because Tasty. While I agreed with you, one of my first my first impression was okay. This is a good West Coast uh, APA. However, it has a different character than a lot of the, the West Coast APAs I've been drinking lately. You know, the Pale 31 and the Drake's 1500 sure, yeah. we keep talking about. It's, it seems like there's a hop in there that we're not using a whole bunch out here. And I don't know. Yeah, I, so it's, I gotta it's know. more floral than such. Yeah, a little more floral. Yeah, so tell me yeah, about well, that. I'm, I'm, glad to, I'm glad to hear you say that it's floral. For one, you know, we shipped that beer to you, uh, you know, via airplane and God knows how it's, you know. Right. How- how that trip went so i'm glad it held up on the way yeah uh, typically we we better with warrior um and that beer hopefully is 
you know, it's flirting. It's a pale ale, so it's a little over 5%. We hope that it, it, it flirts with bitterness without just uh, being a, a palate crusher. Mm-hmm. Um, it's So like I said, we bitter with Warrior. Simcoe, Amarillo um, are kind of the, the, the bigger players in, in that beer. Um, and, you know, we mix it up with, uh, with Seven Seas at times, Columbus mainly. But I would say Simcoe and Amarillo – um, and, and the amounts are, are, are probably going to be the ones that, that make it what it is. I think Amarillo might be the one that stuck out to me. My old friend Amarillo that I haven't tasted. My old friend Amarillo. Everybody loves the Amarillo. It can be a, it can be an elusive hop to a, to acquire depending on your contract scenario. But Right. And that's why I think on the West Coast here it's disappeared a little bit. I haven't tasted it in a while because of the contract situation. Yeah, uh, kind of sucks depending on your scenario. Like I said, but if uh, or, or you know our, our contracts are pretty tight these days, and uh, so we've secured enough to certainly um, you know secure the flavor profile of that beer, which is a real important thing for us. Yeah, good on you. And what I I don't know of Seven Seas. That's a new one for me. Yeah, there you know there's a lot of in in the mad dash for. Uh, hop grab out there, you know, with all, with all these new brewers, yeah, um, and and just a lot of people being, and, and, and the beers that are being made, uh, you get a lot of blends out there. Um, so this is like, you know, Seven Seas will be a blend of a lot of other hops, but they're all, you know, flavor aroma hops, and and that um, these guys concoct, and they'll, you know scrape up what's left on the floor and <laughs> right but it's good stuff like why why let it go to waste right so yeah i mean that's an ugly way of saying it but they're um you yeah. know it's, it's people trying to diversify themselves and, and create um new, new flavors within a certain grouping of things that they can grow well they should put a better name on it because seven c's is a little too foo-foo for me it's not going to sell well, many hops the c's are, yeah, are like, uh, you know oh i see Falconer's flight how about that one that's a new one too right Oh, I get it. See, I'm so stupid, Tacey. So it's seven C's as in the letter C, yeah, not as in the oceans of the no, world. No, no. Yeah, it's, not, it's not like <laughs> Old Spice. Yeah, right. no, it's that like, was your trick on the feeble-minded. It's, <laughs> it's like your high school report card, Justin. Right. Seven, seven, seven C's. C's. Yeah, exactly. C's across it's, it's actually called Falconer's Seven C's. So it's a uh, another Falconer's flight. It's this year's version of that, I guess. Okay, all right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there you it's, go. It's it's like Falconer's flight, which is a little has a little more balls to it. The Falconer's flight doesn't. <laughs> I see. Cool. Well, yeah. listen, I'm a pale ale uh, a fan, and oh this is God. a good one. That's a great one. Yeah. It's in a can. Comes in a tall boy can, too. Congratulations there. That's a good move. I am a fan of the tall boy. Craft yeah, beer and tall yeah. we, we, we love the tall boys, and I don't know if you guys spend much time in Chicago, but tall boys, I feel like, have a uh, a great connection with, with Chicago. Um, and, you know, we... We were the first brewery to can in Chicago. Not that it was it was a revelation at that point in time, but um, yeah, put, putting beer in cans is something we feel good about, and, and we just released a couple new cans actually this week, this week and last week, and um, yeah, we love putting beer in cans. How many how many different ones you doing in cans? Right now, five uh, five different beers in cans, and but some of those are more of a seasonal approach, and uh, some of them are year round, and. Um, yeah, looking forward to the summer. I don't know about uh, where you guys are, but the weather here has just been horrendous. And, uh, 
we have three million people just just begging for the sun to come out. Wow. Yeah, it's been bad here. Too. Yeah, I mean, it sucked here. It, it, yeah, it was like sixty eight yesterday. Yeah. It was so cold. I think it got and down to sixty five. Nobody even wanted to go outside. <laughs> I had to wear a hoodie yeah. last night. Get to put on a long sleeve or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I had to take my shorts off by 6 p.m. and put on pants. I almost couldn't wear sandals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, Gabriel. We're dicks. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, you know, Chicago. I, I feel like the the brutal conditions is is something to rally around, and Chicagoans are right you know, yeah. thick as thieves as they go through these horrendous ups and downs of, of battle weather and. Uh, but when the sun comes out, people lose their minds, and it's it's an awesome place to be because it goes from like a you know a city of hobbits inside their shire to all of a right. sudden like everybody's wearing spandex and outside <laughs> you know running for the first time in months and and that kind of stuff. So it's, it's cool to watch the city explode. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like a a, a harsh winter environment too is maybe a good opportunity to introduce like a winter warmer and and get people kind of rallied around some sort of big seasonal beer yeah we do you know we're we're not very calculated in our in our, in our beer sort of schematic scenario we, we probably should be you know the, the world of seasonal is not something we've done much of we do our beers that we do all year long and then we'll We'll do um, like a special release. We'll brew it once. It comes out and then it goes away. Um, so we do a lot of uh, bigger, darker beers in the cooler months, which in Chicago, those months can be six wow. or more. Right. So, um, but yeah, we do we do a lot of a lot of black beers and and uh, some big stouts and brown beers and things like that. And um, you know, we I would say as a whole our methodology when it comes to beers are and, and our leanings go towards you know dark beers and and uh, and, and hot forward beers it's just uh it's what we like to drink so we gravitate towards those naturally when uh setting out our brew schedule okay one a, a listener in the chat room is asking uh what does daisy cutter mean in your daisy cutter pail daisy cutter uh well First and foremost, it's a uh, it's a bomb that yeah. that our country makes the daisy cutter. Ah, drops um, a lot of bomblets and it shreds uh, everybody. It clears oh. it clears an area. Well, that's yeah. kind of gnarly. Yeah, typically it, clear, it clears an area, or that's what it did in Vietnam. That was the main use. It cleared large, uh, you know, bits of large pieces of jungle. Nowadays, um, our country uses it solely to, to scare the shit out of people and. Oh. Uh, which is not why we, you know, we were doing this beer initially in bomber bottles. It was sort of this bomber series we were doing, and uh, bombs and daisy cutter just just went. Right, and, uh, that, that's how it came to be initially. Before we had any, you know, we didn't we didn't brew daisy cutter because we thought, oh, we want this to be our flagship beer. We just brewed it because we wanted to drink it, and then eventually um everybody insisted that we brew more of it and so on and so forth but uh yeah it's because of the bomb that our this is the largest physical bomb that our uh, that our country makes it's funny to me because now the can has a, a bunch of nice little daisies on it. It's just a pretty little daisy can. Yes, but they look like yeah. they're exploding. Uh, you know, they're, they're also 
being, you know, they're they're falling through the air as though they've been and they're exploding, they're exploding yeah. too. I see. Oh, now I'm taking a close look. Now I see. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's, it's all in the details. All in the details. <laughs> Ripping right. all the innocents to shreds. Yeah, they should show some like short Viet Cong guys here that got cut off. Yeah, yeah they, the, the first few rounds were a lot of you know dismemberment and things like that. Exactly. You <laughs> <laughs> know that they didn't check those forests to make sure nobody was in there. Yeah, right. They didn't care. Yeah, oh, we, we we have to get all of our labels approved by the federal government. You know. Yeah, that's why you put the happy daisies on. That's there. right. Yeah. You can't put, like, you know, flying limbs. <laughs> yeah. Which, coincidentally, the, the gentleman that approves labels for the federal government, his name is Battle Martin. Oh, really? That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> nice. Yeah, and as far as I know, he's still the only guy that does it, which is crazy for how many breweries and, and beers uh, there are these days. Right. Yeah, one guy? Yeah. <laughs> That's one crazy. Dude, yeah, one, one guy in Washington is just sifting through... That'd be, that'd be crazy beer be an awesome job. Fun. Yeah, it would be, be the awesome. guy. Yeah, yeah. This is, a, this is the smallest uh, department of government that exists. Well, and my guess is he's. He, I, I bet he gets a lot of hate mail too, I because bet. there's some things he has to shut down based on the laws, and and there's some creative brewers out there. They're probably not so happy. Well, about now that. they have an argument. You're one guy. What do you know? <laughs> right. I, I'm yeah. be well, he's part on of the tax and trade bureau which was formerly known as the alcohol tobacco and firearms so mm. he's you know he's got people behind him that can uh shut right. anybody up yeah I, he's I, the dude i just wonder if he shuts it down because he goes that's stupid <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what nothing, would you want to call your beer that yeah there's nothing wrong with this one it's just stupid denied <laughs> rejected bad name tick, tick. yeah just bad ideas. I, I, as far as I know, he has never rejected a label of ours purely because he thought it was in bad taste. Right. Well, that's because you didn't submit any flying limbs to him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's true. Now, as Gabriel, as we, we probably didn't set you up for this, but the questions come through again. Uh, it came through from our caller, uh, Joe, and now I see it in the chat room from another caller. Everyone wants the recipe for this beer so they can homebrew it. Uh, I don't know if you're prepared to do that. Uh, I mean, I, I wouldn't. To be honest with you, I wouldn't even know how to how to lay it out in a homebrew recipe in terms of you know scaling it back to a homebrew recipe. You don't have to, uh, even if you even if you roughly were. And by the way, you. Uh, well, I of, told you what the hops are. Right. Yeah, or you could just I, tell us you know, what percentage the gr- of the grist. And, and rough percentages. How about that? Like, yeah. like what are we talking? Eighty percent two row, and and you got it some. Yeah, eighty percent two row. Uh, some victory, uh, special roasts, castle aromatic. Those are all the grains. I couldn't tell you ratios off the top of my head only because I just couldn't do the math right here, right now. Yeah, that's now. okay. That's our fault. We should have prepped you. I just had to get it out there for the and listeners. Then IBUs? Um, I don't know. It's not that high. Maybe between 40 and 50. Okay. I think, uh, we, we typically don't calculate that either, to be honest. And a, a good amount of dry hop in this beer, too, probably? Yeah, we dry hop the snot out of it, for sure. Um, and those are the same. Not Warrior, of course. That's only for uh, for bittering. Um, but, yeah, you know, Simcoe, Amarillo, um, typically Columbus, and some Seven Seas. And we talked to a lot of brewers about dry hopping. There's there's some different techniques. Sometimes they leave it in there for longer, and, and sometimes they, they wait till it completely finishes fermenting, or they do it when there's still a couple points to drop. What's your dry hopping philosophy on, on beers like this? 
Um, yeah, we'll, we will uh, go through primary fermentation. Um, we'll get it down. You know, that beer finishes. Our yeast uh, just rips through stuff. That that beer finishes really dry, less than less than two degrees Play-Doh. Um, so we'll, we'll wait till it's almost done, ready to crash. We'll uh, we'll dry hop it, and then it, it'll continue to work for just a little bit. For that same reason, if we got any oxygen there, um, the yeast will go go through and and, right. and, and absorb that, and then um, we'll we'll leave it sit on the hops. Um, um, you know, for the, the in, in, for the rest of the time, we'll, we'll start dumping, um, you know, after probably about six days, I want to say. Okay. And then we're, you know, we're, we're aiming to get, um, you know, everything out prior to transfer. And do you keep it right at the fermentation temperature that you were already at for that dry hop or do you cold crash it? Uh, no, we, we, no, we keep it, um, at, uh, fermentation temp of 65 degrees. Okay. Yeah. So then, and then, uh, and then we'll crash it down. Well, we'll do a diacetyl, uh, check on it, making sure we, uh, you know, we burned off everything and then we'll crash it. So that's a good point, listeners. Just, we haven't talked about in a while, uh, you know, Kind of doing a making sure that the yeast has finished cleaning up everything it's there to do. In particular, uh, as Gabriel saying, diacetyl. And um, so you're saying, Gabriel, you guys will just take a sample of it and taste it and make sure that that's all gone. No. Oh. Yeah. What we'll do is we'll take. Uh, well, we'll check the gravity. Make sure. Make sure we're. You know, we're at terminal gravity. Okay. And then we will fill two cups of an equal amount of of the beer and then we will place one cup in hot liquor hot water you know which is 190 degrees and we'll keep it in there for about 25 minutes and then we'll replace the water do it for about another 25 minutes and then we'll pull that sample and then we'll let it come up to room temperature so they're back on equal footing and that heating process, if if that diacetyl precursor still exists or existed, that heating process will bring out the diacetyl. Wow. We've never had anybody come on here and tell us that. Yeah, homebrewers can do that themselves. Yeah, that's something the homebrewers can do. Yeah, you, 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 all you homebrewers at home can do that uh, that same trick. It's There's there's no, uh, yeah, no, no technical equipment necessary, and uh, it's a surefire way, and Obviously, you're just uh, smelling and, and tasting for diacetyl, which is in, in, in all the off flavors out there. That's a one that you can pretty easily perceive, especially if you went through that process. Right. Um, you'll, you'll be able to you'll be able to pull it out out of there. So, w- let's say you find it. What's the remedy? Just leave it on the yeast a bit longer. Yep. Yeah. Okay. We'll we'll uh, we'll let it sit because uh, it's it's not yet ready and. Uh, and it'll clean up for sure, you know, hopefully. Usually, I mean, we have that beer down to, uh, I'll say a science, but, it, but we have that beer down so tight that, right. um, you know, it'll fail a diacetyl check, who knows, once every three months, two months, something like that. And we just leave it for a couple couple more days. I and mean, we'll usually test the net. We'll do a, a run a sample on it the next day or whatever. But overall, the only time that we really are concerned about diacetyl is, or even though we always do it, um, are some of our special release beers where 
you know, we're just messing with things in, in, in new ways. So, okay, Gabriel, what uh, type of yeast are you running? Is what's a what was home home brewers used to make the beer? Um, we use from Brewing Science Institute. I don't even know what they're calling it today. It's like a Chico yeast. Okay. Um, yeah, so sure. kind of like Sierra yeast. Is that a dry yeast from Brewing Science Institute? It is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's very dry. Yeah, I had some uh, some of that in our feedback uh, today. We'll get to later on, guys. People asking us about dry yeast compared to liquid yeast and things like that. So, How common oh, is it? I'm sorry. No, it's a liquid yeast. I oh, it is. Does it, does, it, does it finish real dry? Ah, sorry. Um, no, that we can tell. Actually, getting down to 10.8 is nice yeah. uh, on this beer. Uh, yeah, we get it way down. Uh, but no, it's definitely not a, uh, a dry yeast. And, and okay. our yeast, um, you know, it, it ferments like crazy. It flocks out pretty well. Uh, we usually use our ale strain for maybe nine, 10, maybe 11 generations. And then we don't have a brink or anything in house. So a yeast brink that is. So we'll just get another pitchable quantity after maybe nine or 10 generations and and start fresh. Okay. How common is is our breweries using dry yeast? It's happening a lot more right now. Because? And it has been. Because it's gotten better. The quality has gotten better. But why switch? What, what, What advantage does it offer? Some people, I mean, more yeast cells. It's on demand. It's easier like, to handle. Yeah. yeah and, I have no experience with it whatsoever, so I couldn't, I couldn't speak to it. I think in our brewery, we've only used it once. And, uh, yeah, we did a collaboration beer with Destruce one time, and they, and, uh, yeah, we, we used their, um, their dry yeast. But other than that, we always, uh, yeah, get, get the pitchable quantities of um, yeah. same, same ale yeast all the time. So what are you noticing after, you know, 10 generations that you need to change? Are you just getting a little nervous? Um, I guess you would get a little nervous, but overall they get fat and lazy. And, yeah, uh, sure. You know, they start to just not perform as well. And, and you know, fermenting beers, it's a toxic environment. And you, you stress those guys out going through that process, especially if they've been through... Uh, bigger beers and and just more intense environments. So um, yeah, we want to make sure that they're you know producing the way we want them to do and and not and not churning out any any weird stuff. Yeah, it's, it it kind of depends on how you guys are harvesting it. You know, top or bottom, and you're, you're basically kind of just sectioning off you know different parts of the of the population too. Yeah, exactly. So we do we do all of our uh, we pull all yeast from the cone, um, which is pretty basic. You know, yeah. we try to uh, dump out any of the early flocculators, get those guys to the drain, and then get some good active yeast that hopefully um, you know did good work for us. And then we'll we'll pitch that over to whatever tank we're brewing into, and away we go onto the uh, wonderful science project that is fermentation. Yeah, I just kind of wonder if you're you're seeing some noticeable changes. The yeah, with the gravity being higher in the subsequent batches, something like that. No, uh, I mean we wouldn't we wouldn't push it enough to make to, to where we'd start to see that. You know, fortunately we um, had the wonderful process of uh, you know cutting our teeth in every way imaginable when we started our brewing company, and uh, we learned. Um, a lot through error and and um, and having a lot of fun, but um, you know messing things up and figuring out why. And so at this point in time, 
you know, we have a pretty solid understanding of how things function in our environment. And, you know, maybe the most important thing to, to know as a brewer is that all environments are different and, and, and changing little things can have, you know, huge ramifications. And, and our little world that is Half Acre Beer Company has its own uh, subtle things that, that make it our brewery. And uh, we know how to work it pretty well now. And we don't, you know, often come to a place where it's like, wow, what the hell is going on here? And, and how do we uh, overcome this scenario? It happens. Um, and those are still good moments and growth moments and, and hopefully things that will continue to happen, but um, not in ways that would jeopardize uh, overall quality of the beer. I think what Gabriel's saying is that after too many terms in office, the pale ale yeast starts to make back-end deals with the IPA yeast, and things get a little crazy in there, and it's corrupt. Yeah, well, you, know, you make promises up front that you can't, you can't right. follow through. So, Chicago that's yeast. It. Eight that's to ten it. terms. And, you know, it's like a giant party in that tank. Right. And, uh, everybody's getting loose, and uh, <laughs> at certain point... Right. Uh, just these guys are not reliable any longer. So. <laughs> right. I have friends like that. I used to party with them, and now it's just they've become unreliable. They don't care yeah, if it's dark malt or light malt. <laughs> They're just partying. It's time to swap them out for new friends. Yeah, they get fat and lazy. <laughs> All right. They get fat and lazy. Let's do this, guys. i got to take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, more from Gabriel. I'm going to find out more about the history. Plus, we've got some other beers to try. Can you hang in there a couple more minutes, Gabriel? You got it. All right, thank you. We're going to take a quick commercial break. Pay attention to our sponsors. They're good people, and they take care of us and you. And we'll be back with more from Half Acre Beer Company from Chicago. Hang in there. It's the session. Listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Are you a member of the American Homebrewers Association? Well, you should be. Members of the AHA can focus on brewing beer, and the AHA takes care of the rest. The American Homebrewers Association advocates on behalf of homebrewers like you to legalize the hobby in all 50 states and make sure that beer laws make sense. Plus, there are many great benefits that come with your AHA membership, like AHA member deals that give you awesome deals at bars, restaurants, breweries, and more. Zymer G Magazine and E. Zymergy for tons of articles, how-tos, easy-to-follow recipes, and news about the hobby you love, and access to the members-only content on homebrewersassociation.org. But the AHA can't do it without your support. Join today so the American Homebrewers Association can keep fighting for your homebrewing rights. Visit homebrewersassociation.org or join now from the homepage of the Brewing Network website. Relax. Don't worry. It's the American Homebrewers Association. Hi, I'm Jason Harris, the proud owner here at Keystone Homebrew Supply. We're thrilled to be entering our 20th year of supplying this great industry. And to show you, the Brewing Network Army, how much we appreciate your support, we're offering you 10% off your first order on our website, keystonehomebrew.com. Just use coupon code BNARMY at checkout, and I'll get your order out the same day. My goal at Keystone Homebrew Supply has always been to have a complete supply of everything a brewer could want. When you place your order online or when you come into our store, it's 
it's our goal to have everything on your list and more. One aspect of KeystoneHomebrew.com that we're really excited about is the ability to fulfill customers' exact grain bills. Do you hate to wait? Keystone Homebrew Supply can get your precious yeast and hops to you within just one day if you live between Connecticut and Virginia and within two days east of the Mississippi. KeystoneHomebrew.com I'm Jason Harris, and I approve this message. Ah, Tim, huh? Getting tired of that same old handcrafted beverages day after day? Are you looking for something with more diversity than your normal beer? Fellow BN Army member Michael Fairbrother, owner of Moonlight Meadery, is reviving an entire beverage category. Mead! The meads at Moonlight Meadery are all handcrafted from the finest honey on the market and are perfect for any occasion, like weddings, baby showers, or... Excuse me? Mead is not your average girly drink, mister, and Moonlight Meads can be enjoyed anytime, anywhere. Football games with the guys. Yeah. Barbecues with the guys. Yeah. Operating power tools with the guys. Yeah. Um, actually, sir, that's really dangerous. Good point, son. Next time you have something to celebrate or are just looking for a new tasting experience, pick up a bottle of mead from Moonlight Meadery. Now in 21 states, making over 60 varieties of mead from dry, semi-sweet to sweet. Break out of that craft beer low. Grab a bottle of Moonlight Mead. Can't find some? Then ask. No, make that demand some. Yeah! Hey, my Bruin brothers and sisters, this is Jamel Zanishow, and I want to tell you about my favorite heretic beer, Shallow Grave Porter. I love the rich, malty character of this beer. While full and rich, Shallow Grave has an easy-drinking finish that isn't too sweet. I've always loved my homebrew porter recipe, so when it's time to brew Heretic Shallow Grave, I started with that in mind. But I tweaked it with all my latest recipe ideas. Just like in homebrewing, I made sure we used only the finest malts, malts that would produce the ideal flavor for this beer. We used select British malts to get the rich chocolate and caramel flavors, and we spared no expense. The result is a beer as dark as a moonless night, with hints of vanilla, coffee, and chocolate, perfect for a cool evening out in the woods. Cheers. Brewing ingredients? Yep. You know what I love about Brewmaster's Warehouse? The $6.99 shipping. Well, yeah, but... Oh, the in-store classes for beginning brewers. Yeah, that's cool, but... Oh, oh, the brew builder. Creating and saving your recipes online is... Awesome! No, I'm... Yes, but... The cheese-making supplies. No. Oh, the wine-making supplies. Oh, the distilling equipment and liquor flavorings. All that stuff is awesome, yes, but what I really love is that the guy who runs it is totally hot. And, and that brew builder software is awesome. Oh, yeah. Brewmaster's Warehouse brings you flat rate shipping on great equipment and ingredients to make beer, wine, cheese, and spirits at brewmasterswarehouse.com. And if you're in Georgia, stop by Brewmaster's Warehouse Monday through Saturday from 10 to 6. Visit brewmasterswarehouse.com today because it's totally hot. Oh, yeah. What's funny is Bruce would say, yeah, I don't brew to style. I'm brewing my own beer. And it's like a German Pilsner, but it's black. Yeah, it's a sports beer. beer. <laughs> you know? The, the whole melodic beer radio. TheBrewingNetwork.com Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. You're listening to The Session.
Welcome back. Thanks for sticking with us. We're talking to Gabriel Magliero, founder of Half Acre Beer Company in Chicago, Illinois. He's hanging out talking beer. We've already had his Daisy Cutter Pale Ale, and Moscow's pouring another one for us now. Which one's this, Moscow? Space. Space. What kind of beer is it? Do we know? Do I have it's it here IPA. My... Space IPA? Okay, beautiful. That's getting poured for us. 888-401-BEER if you got questions or just hit the chat button on the homepage and you can ask them that way. Lots of you are doing that. Uh, one question that came through before we get on to space uh, was, do you feel a dark beer can work in summertime if it's low in alcohol? This is from Phil Brazil in the chat room. Uh, I think a dark beer that is high in alcohol can work in the summertime. Me too. I agree with you. I mean, it may not be uh, the... the the choice of uh, volume on a patio somewhere, but uh, by all means, depending on uh, what, what your day or night has to offer you, that can be a fine choice. Okay. And he's in Brazil, so it's all backwards anyway. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Well, there is that myth uh, among, and not amongst the beer nerds like us, but you know that you don't have a dark beer in warm weather. It's too thick. It's too dark. I'm, like, I'm drinking blood. Um, you know, and but like like Gabriel said, it might not be the big seller out on the patio, but uh, guys like us will go in and order it. We don't care. Oh, you could have, you know, just a, a Janice Brown. Yep. You know, it's it's big. It's malty. It's yep. brown. Poppy. And as soon as the sun goes down, I mean, all, all bets are off. Seasonality yep. at that point, it's, it's all the same thing. Right. It's like the lights going on. I yeah. just like that. All right, so we just went, uh, opened up Space uh, IPA, 7%. This is a seasonal IPA for you. This is a beer uh, that never leaves our brewery, is what this is. Wow. Uh, so it did. <laughs> just because it's so popular? It made it across the Rockies. We we yeah we sent it to you and I, and I hope that that fared well. I know there were some uh, minor hiccups on on the uh, on the, the trip out. Um, so space, you know, long story short, was a, a nickname of a uh, a friend of ours that used to spend a, a great deal of time in our brewery, and he passed away. And uh, so we sort of brewed this beer as a tribute to him, with the intention that uh, it would only be brewed, it would only be sold at our brewery. So. Uh, we just don't make this beer for distribution or to be sold anywhere except for at our tap room and in our store. Okay. What's it called again? Space. Space. Well, thanks for yeah. sharing it with us. I appreciate that. Yeah, you got it. So it's a, um, yeah, it's it's a it's a very popular beer that we do and uh, Citra hops, you know, which is kind of like cheating almost. Uh, <laughs> Why? Because it's just so good. Uh, you can't make a bad beer with it. Yeah, no, that's not. You can make a bad beer with anything, but uh, it's like whole it's, milk, you know. It's just better. It well, certainly it, makes it easier to make a uh, make a good beer with citra hops. Well, basically, um, it, it's a home run. Yeah, it's yeah. A, if, if you if you like that, anyway, some people I think it's just too much. No, I I love it, and although I'm again with this one, just like with the pale ale. There's something else in there besides just a citra. Although in this case, I'm not sure it's hops. I, I wonder if there's a malt in there that it, that I'm really enjoying. That I think stands it's, I out. Think it's Munich, love. Maybe? It's love, love right? <laughs> it's the love. I'm tasting love. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, tell us about the malt bill for this one. It is love. Yeah, just a ton, a ton of love. I that's knew it. Cool. Yeah, that's good. Uh, but no, it doesn't, it doesn't taste sour to me. <laughs> Talk. <laughs> right. Uh, you, you asked about the hops, and it's it's not at that. That's all citra hops. Okay. Um, 
that that you're getting there. We so we so bitter with Warrior, um, and then yeah, just some some crystal malts, um, and 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 basically just just two row a little Munich. Two row is it a, a English two row or American two row? American two row and some Munich, and then on the we, Chris- we mainly use, we use uh, RAR for pretty much everything we do. And, and talking about uh, malt, I just got back from a uh, tour of RAR's facility, and it was it was badass. Oh yeah, there, nice. They do make great malts, don't they? So you got to see the whole process, I assume. Yeah, which you know I've you know I've been around Malta Barley a long time, and and certainly have um, understood the process conceptually and from what I've read, but I've, I've never toured a malting facility and going there and seeing it, especially on that scale. Cause they're huge. Uh, very impressive. Very impressive. Okay. Did you like to dive into the sprout room? I wanted to, I, I definitely wanted to, it was, uh, yeah, so yeah. crazy in there. And, uh, th- yeah, the level of what they're, uh, what they're producing, uh, this grain is is incredible. They've been doing it for like 150 years in Shakopee, Minnesota, which is uh, raw malting is like three times the size of Shakopee. Wow, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, it's uh, it, was, it was an impressive thing. So I feel like I got you know wrapped my head around malt in all new ways. Now on the crystal malt side of this IPA, uh, what lava bond are you using? Are you going higher on this one? Um, yeah. Um, no, not not too high. I, you know, I don't even know the number. Maybe sixty. Okay, yeah, that's not too high. It just the yeah. color of, of it is well, great. The, the Munich's doing it. That's not, Munich. Okay, I can taste the Munich on it. And then, well, that's because Munich stands out. You, you're not a Munich fan, are you? No, I'm not. That one stands but, out. I love Munich. You're, gotta, you're anti-Munich. Well, I can. I know where it is. You're the only person on earth, I think, that doesn't like Munich. I know. I what, still uh, I still uh, brew with it. That, that that barley gets to you. It, there's, there's just something about it. I still brew with it, right. but uh, it's just it, it's got that. You hate every second of it. Yeah, <laughs> what? it goes against my grain. There's just really just something ah, irks you. There about you it. go. Oh, I love it. Really? Yeah, it's... <laughs> I love it. But I ask about the crystal, I guess, because I'm still there's still little... an, there's and and I like it. I'm not picking out a flaw in this beer. I'm picking out something I really like about this IPA that's sticking out malt wise. And I I just wonder if it's maybe a higher percentage of crystal or Munich that you're using. I don't know. Is there special <laughs> roast in this one? Oh, I think he said that too. Yeah. No, that was the last. Not... I know it was in the last oh, one. Okay. Are they, uh, that was in the last one. I'm not sure. I don't know. Maybe it's uh, something on the brew house side. I'm not sure. Is it British Crystal? Uh, yes. Uh, which one? I do like That's, Brits. Uh, crisp? Brits. Oh. Crisp. Crisp. Yeah. <laughs> crisp. Yeah. I like this IPA. That's no, great. It's a good beer. Yeah. You know, it's it's it, we, we like it a lot, too. And again, you know, the Citra kind of. It's, it's a special hop that came out of nowhere, and all of a sudden, there's citra beers running all over America, and uh, we like it. I'm, I'm glad that we brew it, but I'm also glad that we don't uh, that we don't distribute it. Yeah, because you wouldn't be able to get all those hops. You mean? Well, there's there's that there's yeah. the, the practical side that we can't get all those hops, but it's just um, I don't know. It's 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 such a you know dominant one trick kind of hop you know it's like i don't know if you guys are familiar with galaxy hops it's kind of like that beer is galaxy hops and citra hops they're 
really delicious. Um, but I find they're, they wind up being such definitive hops that it's kind of like, oh, that's a citra beer. Oh, that's a galaxy beer. Yeah. Obviously, you can, you can dilute them and, and use them in, in, in smaller percentages and things like that. But um, I find that the, the beers that typically have those hops in them, you use them to, to highlight those hops. And it's kind of like, oh, all right, I understand what that is because there's citra in it. And that's <laughs> yeah. such, a, such, a, such a dominant flavor. You know, I think I understand what you're saying, and I, I think I'm one of the slow guys at that party, too, because I'll go, I'll taste my, I, first time I smelled Citra, I just went, okay, this is it. This is the one. I, first it was Amarillo, and now it's Citra, and everyone else can forget about it. And any beer with Citra in it, oh, I, I love it. It's great. And, and I would have people around me go, yeah, it's, a, it's another Citra beer. And I'd go, what are you talking about? It's so wonderful. But I think One Trick Pony, I think you're right in that description, because after a little while, I do just now go... Yeah, that's good. It's just it's Citra. It's good. Yeah, you're always looking. You're always looking for something better. Aren't I want you? now. I well, it's one trick. I think he's what's right. The, what's it's, the next it thing? It doesn't. It's not. It's not as versatile that keeps me interested. I guess for too long. But I'm like I said. I'm slow to that party because this this was two years going before I finally went. Oh, it's another Citra. Well, it does dominate too. So you you yeah. can't yeah. dumb it down and put something else in there because you're still going to taste it. Well, and why use it then? Yeah. 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 It doesn't. Yeah. It, it, yeah, it I mean, doesn't. I don't, I'm not. I'm not knocking it. I, I think right. It's, I think it's great. I just, it's like, it's just so candy. Both of those hops, after Citra and Galaxy, are just so candy that, um, yeah. 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 Well, no, they, I they, see exactly what you mean. Yeah. They, they just don't play well with others. Yeah. Yeah. They, well, they do not play well with others. <laughs> yeah. It's a good way of looking at it. Well, this is nice. And, uh, it's good. Well, and I guess not picking any ingredient that's really standing out. I guess no. Moscow was right in the beginning. It's the love that's, that tastes it good in this beer. It's the love in this beer. That's what tastes great. Uh, it's a good one. Well, there's there's two different versions of this. That, as far as I can see, there's space, and then there's space uh, with like a subtitle. Are you do you do you rename it with like a different subtitle every time you brew it? Yeah, <laughs> no, that would be uh, cumbersome. <laughs> right. We, it used to be called Daily Double, right? And and then it's called Space. So our friend Terry Daly, um, he he's who passed away, and we called it the Daily Double. Uh, his last name, D-A-L-Y. But that became really confusing. Well, we just brewed it once. And then when we were going to have our tap room, we wanted to bring it back as as kind of like having, having Terry at the tap room all the time. But uh, it was fairly painful having to explain that Daily Double wasn't a double IPA. Right. Um, so an effort to save our staff and ourselves the ongoing <laughs> yeah. hassle of explaining that over and over and over again. We just named it his nickname all growing up, which was Space. Got it. It's a good nickname. I think. I don't have <laughs> yeah, it. He dude. might be tired of it, but it's, I think it's a good nickname. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So, I, are you on beer advocate right now? Looking at the um, stuff. I, I was earlier when when I first got the package. Right. You said package. So let me ask just a little bit about the if we could cover briefly the the history of Half Acre because I'm seeing that you were a, an avid home brewer, um, but when you opened Half a- Half Acre, you started as a contract brewery. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, and even you know I, I was a home brewer, but I, I can't say it was like that experience that I was like, oh, I should open up a brewery. Okay. Uh, I well, first of all, the main reason we contract brew is because there was just no way uh we could afford that right <laughs> at the time it just was not was not feasible and and in hindsight uh it was the best thing that kind of happened to us uh 
the you know the the not having the ability to to build a brewery out of the gate because having no commercial uh, experience on any level of how to um, commercially make beer or commercially sell beer because I, I came from an, another planet uh, of, of of industry so that was sort of an opportunity to. Uh, worked out to be anyway an opportunity to, to get a bird's eye view of you know running running a brewery through uh, working with uh, it was uh, Saint Creek Brewing Company out of Black River Falls, Wisconsin. Okay, and even the laws of selling beer. I mean, everything. Well, that, yeah, they were out of Wisconsin, so their you know their gig is a little bit different than than Illinois. But uh, you know all all the stupid stuff that you never even really think about before you. Well, when you're 26 and you want to open up a brewery, all all this stupid stuff you don't think about. Right. Um, when 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 one it was one open up a brewery and it's like, oh, okay, just shipping things and you know, like all all the little things that go along with it. Um, so that was sort of a, a good vantage point before um, you know gathering our, our optimism and my optimism at that time and, and diving very deeply into debt to build a brewery. So. That was uh, that was a definitely a, a great educational experience. Contract brewing. Okay, and so you did that for a while, and then uh, ultimately uh, you must have been selling some beer because then you decided to open your own brewery. Yeah, yeah, we were selling some beer and had built up an awareness in Chicago as to who we were, but also just built up our own awareness of what, of, of what exactly was was going on and kind of what we wanted to do and and. You know, gathered our own aim a, a little bit, and um, and it was before the financial meltdown of our of our country, and uh, we, you know, conned some bankers and loaning us large sums of cash. That a boy. Yeah, what a shock! Yeah. <laughs> right. what, what size brew house did you put in? Uh, we have a fifteen barrel brew house, right. um, which at that point was. It's like wow, this is great. It's huge, and now um, you know we're doing four brews a day on it, and making yeah, making fifteen thousand barrels of beer on a fifteen barrel brew house is uh, oh, it's, a, it's it's a lot of ruin. Well, right. it's a good use of the overhead. Like maybe that time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and uh, and I still you know our, our brew length being fifteen barrels, it works out pretty well actually. Um, so you must have like sixty barrel fermenters to, to produce that volume of beer. Yeah, we do. We have a bunch of 60s, a number of 30s, and some 15s. But that really allows us to – we don't have to commit to whatever, 30 30 barrels at a time. We can brew a 15-barrel one-off of whatever and ferment that out, and and we can just take a whole day to to brew 60 barrels of one beer too. So it gives us some uh, options for diversity should should we need them. Right. Then you got your own outlet there, so you can do one-offs and – Right. Don't need yeah. to get into packaging or anything, but but the the tap room is is new for us. So that's a recent expansion. Yeah, we 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 were lucky enough to purchase uh, the building that our brewery is in um, about a year and a half ago. Nice. And um, the, we were when that happened, we were then the landlord for um, someone else who shared our building it was a chiropractor. So we helped to 
uh, move him down, uh, down the street. So we kicked him out of our building. <laughs> but I, actually, you're much better at this than I am. So we helped to move him to another space. We, we assisted him in vacating the premises. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, it sounds like we were dicks about it, but uh, we were kind of dicks about it, but we helped him financially to do it. So, oh, nice. Uh, so there's a, there's a, there was a compromise there. And then we got to open up the tap room. And uh, so that wasn't, we didn't open in, uh, until November of last year. So it's still something that's, that's new for us. And, um, you know, still, still hanging stuff on the walls and making it our own and trying not to like, you know, we, we assumed it was going to be a slow and uh, hopefully organic thing in the tap room. Yeah. Okay. I, I did have a question come through the chat ab- about the brewery. Sounds like someone who must be local. Uh, Ghost in the chat room says, ask him about the deal they got to obtain their original brewery space. They got it below market price. I want to know how they expanded and added a tap room, which I guess now you just answered that last part of the question. But yeah. uh, what about the first part? Did you? Did you yeah, do I'd be curious who that was. Uh, yeah, we did get a deal to... Uh to, to get in our space. So in our old landlord, the Murphy family, they, uh, they had this building, which was just a storage facility for odd collectibles that they had. Nice. And, um, it was, well, the the father passed away and and the son and they have bars around the city too. Um, so it was a lot of like weird, beer memorabilia and stuff in there and and maybe like 200 doors and weird scene anyway okay uh, so they the, the son is a beer nerd and he invited us in and it was through sort of his passion for beer that they cut us a sweetheart deal and um beautiful yeah we got a we got a, a definitely below market value rental rate which was uh which we used up until we bought it had they been looking for tenants, or was it like, well, it's storage for our family, but we love you, so why not rent it? Mm, yeah, no, they they had just well, they had been considering it, and then we knew them because we've been selling them beer already um, at their bars, and uh, yeah. I think they sort of like connected the dots in their mind. Well, James, the uh, the, the son, he was a fan of beer. And so he sort of kicked off the conversation. I was like, James, that's, I mean, I'm happy to go see it, but we can't afford that. And, uh, right. And he, uh, made it so that we, we could afford it, but they were looking to, to change because it was, it was the father who had passed and it was, uh, it was all his stuff that was in there. And they were like, what are we going to do with all this stuff? And so they were looking to make some changes and we were the benefactor really. Well, good for you, and congratulations. That's awesome. You know, nobody can do the, do it on their own. It, it's so rare that some... You know, the guy who comes in, he's like, I'm a self-made. Well, sure you are. I, I'm sure that you've worked hard and you're, and you're self-made, but we get help along the way. And that's an oh, awesome... Yeah. That's a great deal for a company like yours. You're making beer. You, you meet the right person. It just happens. And somebody helps you out to, to actually get a brewery space. That's a great story. That's, that's the way it works. It, uh, it, yeah, it continues today. There's really no part of our, uh, which is still a very brief history, but in the last uh, five plus years that we've been doing this, like it's always something that comes around that you didn't see coming that opens right. up a, a whole new porthole into um, you know a, a, a new possibility for your business. And um, I don't right. know if it's, if it's uh, karmic stuff or that's just the way life works, but 
we feel really fortunate in all, in all the stuff that's, that's coming our way. I'll tell you exactly what it is. It's the it's the it's part of the Brewers' code. It's rule number one. Here's how those things happen for you. Don't be a dick. <laughs> we that, try not to be that, a dick. That's it. You go through your business. You you work hard. You do the thing. And if you're never a dick to people, people help you. It just happens. You meet the right person. Something happens. But. Those of you who say that you can never get ahead and, and every, the world's against me, and the, nice I'm going to tell you laugh. right now, you're a dick. Yeah, have a look you at the mirror. You don't know it yet, but you're a dick. You know, and, and <laughs> Justin adheres to that almost all the time. <laughs> right. Yeah, well, we're all a dick sometimes, but what are you going to do? Uh, I, I think one of the largest you know, reasons that uh, I wanted to get involved in this industry, and I've said this a lot of times, that just the industry as a whole is is relatively asshole free, and uh, right. there's assholes. Don't get me wrong. Of but, course. Uh, in terms of the, the percentage of assholes is is you know amazingly low, considering uh, you know relative to, to other industries out there, or at least my experience of other industries out there. Maybe there's another brewing like industry out of there that that, that I'm not aware of. Right. Well, it's not wine. <laughs> well, they're few. <laughs> And they're, I'm sure they're few and far between. And, uh, yeah, it does help to be in an industry like that. Um, hey, so one other, one last thing I want to talk to you about. We're kind of running out of time here. But I did notice in my notes here that, that your first beer was a lager. And I think that's yeah. that's pretty uncommon for a small craft brewer. Yeah, and that's kind of why we did it. And, and, and maybe it was a little naive at the time, too. But uh, we decided to come out with a lager because there wasn't there weren't a lot of lagers being produced by 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 small brewers um so we threw a hat in the ring that way and and i would say that that choice was and i can say this now because things are different now but it was kind of reactionary and and maybe a decision built in fear more than more than anything else just like what would be a good idea for people to purchase and what is not out there? What gaps can we fill kind of a thing as opposed to like, all right, what do we love about beer? What do we want to be drinking? Um, Although we love lagers, it was, you know, it was a lot to take on. Lager beer is a special thing. And and for those that uh, brew lager beer really well, and, and, and we like to say we brew lager beer very well now and we're, and we're taking on lagers again for the first time in a long time. Beautiful. I love it. Uh, but at that time, it was it was it was beat up pretty well, and you know the beer that that was coming out, it was fine, but it wasn't a great lager. And I can you know I, I feel okay saying that now. Um, so yeah, that whole thing was like such a huge learning experience, uh, both in choosing to make it and the results. Um, and you know today, well, last week we just released the Pilsner in cans, and and that beer for us, I feel was a huge success because. Right. Um, as you guys know, making Pilsner beer, like, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, you know, there's nothing to hide behind in that beer. And if it's not right, it's going to be so blatantly obvious. And uh, so we're kind of putting our balls on the line a little bit with that beer and, and feel really good to do it now. Um, right. But when it's right, it's such a great beer. And I'm glad when I'm happy when I see craft brewers taking it back. And, and turning it into a great beer again, you know? Yeah, it's true. It's been, uh, you know, pretty pretty well beat up by uh, industrial brewers or at least, you know, bastardized in a lot of ways. And uh, so ours is ours is, is great. And it's, you know, it's got a lot got a lot of good stuff going on. And um, so, and but I will say we're kicking ourselves in the ass because um, as we're sort of saying, oh, yeah, let's, you know, we're, let's, let's kick out some lagers. All of a sudden we're going to be, 
killing ourselves on, on our capacity, but whatever, that's what we do. And, um, right. we'll make it up somewhere else. Okay. Well, I'm glad to see it. And, uh, thanks for your honesty about that, about the start. Cause I did think that's a, it's a ballsy way to start. Yeah. Uh, doing the, the logger first, but, uh, yeah, well, I mean, I'm glad we did it and, uh, you know, I, no regrets about anything. And, um, we, that, that beer, we, we have it on in the tap room right now. And, uh, the, that beer today is, uh, it's a kick-ass beer. Okay. Uh, one last question from the chat room I have here, too, that I skipped over. Spider Wrangler is in there. Oh, Spider Wrangler. He wanted me to ask. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what I say whenever I see his name, too, Gabriel. Uh, he wanted me to ask more about your label design stuff. He says you seem to be all across the board with some crazy stuff on their labels. But also, he wanted to know what your resident ginger thinks of your beer called Ginger Twin. <laughs> um, so far, as far as we can tell... Any actual gingers that come across our ginger twin beer, yeah, uh, it's it's met with complete approval. Nice, I love it. Does it give them a soul? <laughs> uh, well, it, you know, we release that beer once a year, and uh, it's always accompanied by a series of ginger discounts depending on <laughs> nice the level of ginger you are uh, yeah. <laughs> so. that is badass gabriel just a little backstory here uh i've gotten hate mail before uh people saying that me calling gingers gingers is the equivalent of any other uh like racial uh term and that i'm being um discriminatory by using it and of course we told that person to fuck off but i uh, i just want we always find uh, we have yet to get any um you know hate mail or or comments on our on our blog or anything that we're that we're Good. bastards for doing it but uh <laughs> you know and and you can all the way up to uh, receiving free beer if you come in and you are a uh um, full-blown ginger <laughs> well no no full-blown ginger with a twin who's also a full oh, oh, oh wow three pints with, huh? you need both have to have longshoreman's beards so yes. if you have all that going for you, you get free beer <laughs> and, and this has happened before love it this has happened yeah. <laughs> that's awesome don't tell me more than one time uh, um well I, the same dudes came in two years in a row there you uh, go like, <laughs> i can say that there's not you know that's like all all types of seriously uh having the odds against you things you know oh, yeah. twins red hair all kinds of stuff and so then, generally and speaking there's not a lot of that going on yeah you gotta like you gotta ring a bell and set off the <laughs> lights and that's a that's a that's an event um, that is an event so well i always we, uh, say you know we, to the, we made a beer around them so that's fantastic well listen i always say uh, a ginger that doesn't know they're a ginger is still a ginger <laughs> So, uh, is that what you say that? Yeah, I say it all the time. Oh. <laughs> you never heard that before? Uh, <laughs> that must be in your book. He wakes up singing the ginger song. <laughs> all right, what about the label design? Because he wanted to know about that kind oh, of being yeah. all over, so, too. Yeah, yeah label, label design, is uh, that's huge for us. That's something that we have uh, a gentleman that's on our staff full-time. His name's Phineas Jones. And uh, sort of he and I collaborate on those. I'm, I'm an art school kid. Um, and, uh, he and I do all those work together. He, you know, I, I generally concept things and, and with, with our other staff members and then, uh, Phineas, uh, goes through the process of, uh, you know, creating a two headed donkey with a bomb on his back because <laughs> we're asking him to. So <laughs> nice. Love yeah. It. He's a talented guy and, and, and we sort of connect that 
creativity with with the beer i mean that's that's just as much fun for us as as brewing beer so um yeah our our label is probably from a marketing perspective other than they're well done marketing wise they're just a horrible choice because none of them look the same our logos are never the same but uh you know that that's just what we enjoy so people have to deal with it beautiful i gotta ask phineas is he an irish ginger he is uh, neither Irish nor ginger, more oh. of a uh, long-haired giant. <laughs> oh. Right. You don't mess with Phineas. No, you do not mess with Phineas. <laughs> Beautiful. He was like that quiet kid in high school that was sketching all the time that if you riled him, he would kill you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. Stab you with his pencil. Yeah, he was... Yeah, something like that. The, the guy at the keg party that you just stay away from. Yeah, as soon as he was done sketching Dungeons and Dragons scenes, <laughs> if you riled him the wrong way, he would kill you. That's uh, that's him to a T. He <laughs> he, he's played Dungeons and Dragons recently, actually, so... Uh, we can smell it on him. See, where's JP when we need him? Uh, our co-host is a Dungeons Dungeons and Dragons player to this day, too. It's, it's an elite breed. It is. A, it's a dying is, breed. Nice way of putting it. Gabriel, that is one way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Listen, thank you so much for being with us. Uh, Gabriel from Half Acre Beer Company in Chicago, Illinois, has been spending all this time with us and being very forthcoming about the, the beers and the process and the whole thing. Uh, Gabriel, I really appreciate your time, man. You got it. Thanks for having me. Hey, give us a website real quick that people can check you out at. Uh, halfacrebeer.com There we go. Go check them out and go see them in Chicago. And uh, Chicago is one of the great cities in our country that I've not been to. I'd love to come there sometime. So when I do, I'll come see you, man. Uh, we'll look forward to that. All right, brother. Thank you again. Cheers. Cheers. Good night. Good night. There you go. Uh, Gabriel from Half Acre. And uh, nice dude. Yeah, kid's got his head on straight. I think. I'm just glad he's back into loggers. <laughs> he's getting back into loggers. Yeah. He sounds like a guy, like a smart guy, got into beer and recognized his mistakes and grew up and took the next step and then took the next step again and took the next step again. and Sort of like you without all those steps. Except without all the right moves. Yeah, and 10 years younger. <laughs> Is he 10 years younger? Than I, I don't know about 10. Well, he's, he said he started guy. at 26, it yeah. sounded like. Uh, or, he's, he can't be past his mid-30s. Wow. You saw the picture I sent, right? Yeah. That is a 31-year-old man, right? Yeah, young dude. 33? I don't know. Good for him. And you know what? The beer is, is speaking well for him as well. That pale ale, I'll tell you what, I want to buy that out here all the time. That was great. That's yeah. a fi- and The fact that it's in the tall boy is great, well, but it's, it's a good pale ale. I'd say it's like a, a North Coast or California pale ale. Yeah. It's, With it's a little just something. A, just a little different. Yeah. It made it kind of new. And that's what I think would make it stand out out here, too, and... Uh, well, good for them, and, and thanks for being on the program. That's a lot of fun. And thanks for sending us the beer. Yeah. Very generous. Absolutely. All right, a quick break. When we come back, we're going to do a little <laughs> feedback. Then we're going to get JP on the line. He's at Disneyland again, wouldn't you know it? And we're going to talk about the uh, Brewcaster Challenge, American Red Ale. It's the session. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Brewcasters, the Brewcasters. on the Brewing Network. Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Cut hours off your brewing sessions by using one of their 11 varieties of famous Williams Malt Extract. 
Their new SnapLock stainless steel camlock fittings will make connecting your pump or heat exchanger quick and easy. Or check out their exclusive paintball tank-based draft beer equipment. They even have their own line of precision hydrometers. Go to williamsbrewing.com to browse their vast selection. That's williamsbrewing.com. Orders placed by 4 p.m. Pacific Time weekdays ship the same day. Brewing is easy. The Williams way. When you hear Blickman Engineering, think innovation, passion, quality, and customer service. Blickman Gear is designed by brewers to give you a sense of pride in your equipment. At Blickman, they know what makes brewing a pain and build gear that makes it fun. Like the intuitive beer gun, a completely different approach to filling bottles. The Therminator Wart Chiller, a new take on a plate chiller that's sized for flow, performance, and the high groundwater temps homebrewers face every day. The Brewmometer, a brilliant weldless thermometer design with brewing parameters right on the dial. The Auto Sparge, ultimate simplicity for preventing an overflow or running your mash tun dry. And much more, like the modular top-tier brewing stand, conical fermenters, and their boiler maker brew pots. With more cutting-edge equipment coming soon, keep up with the latest from Blickman at BlickmanEngineering.com and stay on the cutting edge. in my beer again. What? Why? It's just too ridiculous. Insane prices, stupid contracts, high shipping costs, crappy selection. Dude, you need Nico Brew. Nico Brew will rock your f***ing face right the f*** off your f***ing skull. $5 shipping to all 50 states. Plus fantastic international rates get you low prices on Nico Brew's great selection of hops and more. Whether you're a home brewer, a pro brewer, or a homebrew shop owner, Nico Brew can get you the hops you need in increments big and small, single orders, spot buys, or full contracts. And there's only one place to join the uber-special secret elite bare-bones club where you'll get the best deals anywhere. Holy f***ing shit! NicoBrew.com N-I-K-O-B-R-E-W NicoBrew, your bare-bones buddy in the brewing business. BN Army, HopTech has a great discount waiting for you. Do you often find it difficult to find specific specialty ingredients for your homebrew recipes? Well, listen to this. HopTech stocks 59 different grains to choose from, 39 varieties of pellet hops, and 8 kinds of holy pops. And HopTech not only carries Y yeast and White Labs yeast for you, but also Fermentus, 04, 5, 6, 23, 33, and T58 Belgian yeast, plus Cooper's, Nottingham, and Windsor yeasts. Got your recipe ready to go? Pick up some great brew gear like new long and short sleeve shirts, games, and more. HopTech's new website is being updated every day with new items. If you don't see it, call the shop. They're open six days a week. BN Army and AHA members get a 10% discount, and active military personnel get 15% off. Visit HopTech.com today for great selection, great service, and a great discount. HopTech.com. Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs, and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, Santa 
Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star Solution. Visit FiveStarChemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019. And get the Five Star Treatment today. Mix me your 100-grain amber recipe, and I'm going to eat it. And then it can ferment in my gut. It totally works. The beer is almost identical to the grain sandwich. Your colon won't know what hit it. <laughs> the, the home of live beer radio. TheBrewingNetwork.com Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. You're listening to The Session. Till Christmas and I'm on, I buy my girlfriend a gift Oh well, oh well, it's from the better I can tell, I can tell, I can tell I guess I don't respond well The middle management Most of them is mindless Sort of matches with the grudge Against anyone like me Who won't put up with an attitude Monkeys pinching pennies Telling me what to do I'm tired of working for assholes 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 I could understand a little better If you're up at Trump Tower But you're turning into monsters For ten bucks an hour You're cowards Like monkeys with whips I make a buck less than you When you want me to do back Flips, nah, you're mistaken Gotta bring home the bacon But it's not worth the shit that I'm taking The smiles you're faking I'm sure I have my price But it's more than 975 Oh, got tired Every day was the same All up until I got fired Whoa, oh, got tired Every day was the same You can put me in a room on the beach No fee, no fee Just food and gasoline, gasoline, gasoline Just gotta hop a couple hurdles that can make it hard A small check that should register my car I know I'll just put it on a credit card Get a job, make minimum payments Still the two worst start I'm tired of working for assholes 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 
uh, freedom at last. I got a pack of cigarettes, a 12 pack of pants, and I'm sad with the materials I need to forget. I told my girlfriend the news, and she isn't even upset. She's the best, bless her little soul. When she gets home, dinner's ready, and I'll pack her a bowl. I'll pack my lady a bowl. Thanks to Half Acre uh, Beer Company for being on the show with us. You know, we didn't get a recipe out of them, but if you are doing recipes like I was doing this weekend as a home brewer that I am in the world today, uh, I use Beersmith homebrewing software. You can go to Beersmith.com right now and get your free 21-day trial. I had to buy the goddamn thing. I'll tell you that right now, even though he's a sponsor. Although it's not Brad's fault, it's my fault because I'm an idiot. I had downloaded it a long time ago. He sent me the beta release when he issued uh, Beersmith uh, 2.0, uh, which is just badass. And uh, I downloaded it uh, with that, but I never entered the activation code that he gave me. Well, I'm getting ready to brew this evil twin, and it's like 10 o'clock at night. I'm getting the recipe together. I need to get it done. So I had to buy this stupid thing. But it was worth every penny. I didn't mind. I did. I am cheap, though. I sent Brad an email even at ten o'clock, and I just like hoping like maybe he's awake. And I was like, eh, if you happen to you know get this, could and, you get out of bed and give me a freebie? Yeah, like if in the next two minutes you can you get this. Uh, you know what? Nice guy. He did email me back the first thing next morning with a code. But at that point, I had bought it, and I'm not ashamed of having bought it. Except for you just did five minutes on how you had to buy it. Oh, my God. And that and how expensive home is getting nowadays. It is. You haven't commented on You haven't commented how much you don't know how to use it. I don't. But I did notice this. Uh, I, although I've been telling you, I, I think when I emailed Brad a couple of questions, I was like, I probably should be listening to my own ads. Here's a video for almost everything oh, yeah. that you need to know how to do. If you go to the video portion of the website, it'll t- like. In fact, he I went to the video to learn how to input my system, uh, because even though I haven't figured out the efficiency of my system yet, I was able to input the equipment and how, and that way at least the volume stuff was was correct. Well, I I gave you my recipe, which is usually about twenty four gallons, and you go. You went, uh, You're like, I, don't, uh, I say, uh, yeah, I can't scale this. I, I can push the scale button. There's a scale button on the Beersmith software. Now, you might think that there's an easy scale button in the other software, but it's not that no, easy. No, you, and on Beersmith, because I have, that's why I used to always make you guys scale my things, which is why I said I can't. I can't do it. I can't possibly scale it. I totally scaled it with yeah. the scale button. And you, you actually <laughs> emailed me back or, or texted me back like yeah. five minutes later. You go, Done. I'm stupid. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, it was fast. It was so easy. awesome features and videos for the features that you don't know how to use. You, you really have to be dumber than me to not know how to use it, uh, or as dumb, because I still want Brad to come up and, and 
fix anything else for me. But check it out. You get a free 21-day trial of the Beersmith Brewing software, and I just love it. I use it on my Mac, by the way, so it's available for Mac and PC. Uh, but there's you know, there's more to it. Uh, there's also a whole recipe database that you can join, um, and people are sharing thousands upon thousands of recipes there. Uh, you can keep your ingredients on hand, which uh, I recommend you do. Don't waste <coughs> ingredients. I, you know, I used to just throw away the end of the hot bag. I will never do that again. Now that I know that they're hundred dollars an ounce or whatever the hell they are, it's freaking gold, baby. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, you can keep your ingredients in there so you know what you have on hand. Check it out right now, beersmith.com. Get your free twenty-one day trial. All right. So now, now when you wince when I when I throw a pound in there, hops. <laughs> yeah, I'm like a pound. God, I don't even want to buy DME anymore. All, all sorts of ingredients. I was like, ah, oh, it's just a few, a few of this, a few of that. Oh, boy. I didn't realize you guys have been paying for this stuff all these years. Yeah, it adds up, believe me. <laughs> well, I just, I just have them credit to my account that comes right out of my salary here. <laughs> right. Yeah. JP, what's happening, buddy? Hi, friends. How's Disney World? Yes. It's Disneyland, first of all. I wish you would really respect my hobbies enough to get it right. <laughs> You're like a dick. It doesn't matter. <laughs> right. <laughs> Your hobbies. I like that that's now your hobby. So J- that JP, sounds innocent. We missed each other by like an hour. Yeah, I know. That was disappointing. We just we left town a little too a little too late to meet up with you, Doc. Sorry. Yeah, I, I was r- r- literally right across the street from Disneyland for four days. Didn't go there. But, but. You, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, like I'm going to go there by myself. Re- uh, the land that doesn't have alcohol. <laughs> how did you Well, you go to the other one that does. California side. Oh. By myself. There are other sides. All right. That's just creepy. Uh, a middle-aged man going to Disneyland by himself. <laughs> it's just creepy. Is it? I don't know. I can't tell the difference anymore. Yeah, you can window shop. It'll be fine. <laughs> What's in my plastic cup? Uh, it More came, of it the, came. It came out of the the uh, the warhead. The warhead. The warhead. More of the. Uh, oh. It's the, yeah. it's, uh, the ordinary bitter. Ordinary bitter. Mm-hmm. It's still cold. I'm, of course, it's still cold. I brought I brought mine to the to the trip. We stopped at Eagle Rock and filled it up. And uh, man, I love that thing. Nice. Yeah. That, you know, you can leave your growler out overnight. You don't have to walk back to the fridge, and it's still cold the next morning. You can put it back in there when you're done. I love it. Yeah, you can you can wake up at seven a.m. and have another cold beer. I've I've always wanted to do that. <laughs> there you go. Uh, ever? You've, That's right. Yeah, you've always wanted to do that. No, I mean I've always wanted to wake up at seven a.m. <laughs> right. I've never done it before. No, you've been up till 7. <laughs> I have been up until 7. That's true. Uh, so we got JP on the line. We're going to do a little bit of feedback uh, with him, and then yeah. we're going to talk about the American uh, Red Ale. JP, you know, I brewed again yesterday. I saw I saw the rumor about, of that on, on the Facebook yeah. website. Uh, yeah. I, I, brewed, brew? I brewed uh, like a Newcastle clone, a recipe Doc gave me. And, oh, nice. And, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of enjoying it, but... Um, I realize why you bitch at me every time you have to go buy ingredients now. It's fucking expensive. Yes, I know. It's super expensive, and I don't understand why. It, it, it makes no sense to me. Well, from, all, from what I can tell, there's more hop fields going in, there's more barley, and the prices are going up. Well, it's, the, it's, it's, it. it's what the market will bear, right? Because my dumb ass was like, all right, I want to brew it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> people pay it. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I, it was worth it. I had a great time, and, uh, you know. Anyway, I don't know. I gotta. I'm gonna design all my recipes around uh, ingredients that Heretic keeps on hand from now on. <laughs> so you can just get for free. Yeah, uh, that's a good. 
You know? That's good, man. Listen, we haven't stayed in business this long because we're spendy. We've stayed in this business this long because I am the opposite. Yeah, you don't you don't stay lower middle class by spending money. You know what I mean? Right. Right. <laughs> exactly. Uh, okay, let me see. I forget who our sponsor is for feedback tonight, so hang in there. One second. Adventures in home brewing. I, uh, oh, is that her? Oh, yep. my God. You've got mail. <laughs> All right. Feedback's brought to you tonight by Adventures in Home Brewing, a wonderful sponsor of ours. Uh, they've been with us for a little while. You can go to homebrewing.org and, and check it out. Adventures in Home Brewing. Good dudes over there and uh, another fine supporter of the Brewing Network. Their products are only moderately expensive, right? <laughs> You know, I, again, I don't want to. I hope it doesn't sound like I feel like the homebrew shops are, ex, are expensive. No, it's per not se. that. It's, it's it was more. You know what it is? I shouldn't. It's just sticker shock is yeah. all. Because I haven't bought. I literally, I'm being honest. I haven't bought ingredients in so long that it was just sticker shock that I went, "Holy shit, man!" I forget that this stuff costs money. Yeah, you're not used. Yeah, you. Yeah, he's not used to paying for the berry drink, let alone the berry makes. <laughs> right. Right. And you're not the, you don't open a homebrew shop to get rich, you know. So it's definitely not. Right. It's not, they're not out of the world priced. It's just that's that's what Moscow's saying. It, it actually that's just what it is. Yeah. And as the beers get more complex and this and that, and you're adding more ingredients, like this is the first time, for example, I've used anything in my water besides gypsum. Doc had me adding some uh, Epsom salt and some calcium carbonate. Uh, and oh, I never, wow. Uh, not that that, like, broke the bank or anything, but I'm adding, you know, just a couple bucks here and a couple bucks there, and I'm yeah. just... That's all, you know. Your, your $4 for salt additions really broke the bank. <laughs> yeah, I was like, well, it doesn't really need the salt. Fuck it, you know. Uh, yeah. However, I bought the $12 six-pack or whatever the hell I bought, you know. I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the problem. The same guy who goes, I don't have a problem paying 35 bucks for seven fifty a beer, but... Right. $4 for Epsom salt. Uh, that's why I draw the line. I'm out! <laughs> yeah. All right, let's do a little bit of feedback. Uh, here we go. First email. Thanks. That was from... <laughs> Thanks. You're welcome. That's good. That was from Justin. You know, that's a good yeah. email. That's that's right of it. It wasn't for me. It's from another Justin. And, and that's how I like my feedback. It's concise. It, and yeah. that, that's all that was highlighted in yellow was thanks? Yeah. That's it. Yeah, I didn't have to that's read it. That's the whole email. email. Yeah. <laughs> All right, there you go. Feedback was brought to you. All right. Uh, let's see. Chad writes in. Uh, this is about the Brewcaster Challenge. Uh, of course, with me and JP challenging each other right now. He says, hey, I love the idea. It's one of the best you guys have come up with in a while. Uh, I'd love to see you post the recipes each contestant is brewing directly after they finish the brew day uh, on the blog. This would allow those of us who want to brew your recipes to taste along with the gang. That's from Chad. I think that's an awesome idea, and I think we can yeah. do it. Uh, that we are in a website uh, conundrum right now. Transition. Our websites. Uh, I'm not updating the design. The design is fresh. The platform is old as fuck. And so I just actually had our blog software updated so that Moscow could regularly update the blog. And it turns out it won't run on the version of ph what the hell ever is on i don't know what the hell i'm not the code is the guy i'm not the guy it's not code's fault so i've got a guy updating our whole server thing it should be done in just a couple of weeks when that's done i think this is a good idea uh, in the next competitions be the next one we'll have you guys send your recipes over to moscow or, and jp and, and we'll get them up on the blogs so i like that 
that's from Chad. Thanks for the email. Uh, Jason from Orange County writes in, uh, Hey, Justin and company. I had uh, been brewing poorly for almost eight years off and on. Uh, and about one year ago, I decided to take uh, things seriously, and I found the BN. The quality of my beers improved dramatically based upon the information that I received from your fine shows. And I recently won second place in IPA for the first annual Thousand Oaks Brewers competition. Of course, I uh, listed the BN as my club. Thank you for doing that. Uh, So congrats to you. Um, I celebrated by becoming private first class in the BN Army. Applause again. Thank you for donating. Uh, So, yeah, that's well, that's good news. It's not all bad feedback that we get. Uh, I have one or two. Here's another one about the Brewcaster Challenge. Uh, Joe writes in, The new segment sounds great. Way to keep it fresh. See? Just when you thought we had jumped the shark. <laughs> Gotta be proud. You pull us back in. Uh, Jamie from New Zealand writes in, um, I've listened to the last few weeks of whining by those crybabies. I have two pieces of feedback. One... They say you don't talk about homebrew, but not one of you has reminded them that the network has two other entire shows dedicated to it, namely Brew Strong and Can You Brew It? Well, Can You Brew It's been canceled, so technically... <laughs> that's a meal show. That point's never, that's not valid anymore. Uh, Can You Brew It is now brewing with style, but it's still a homebrew-centric show. Um, leave the session alone. It's evolved. Uh, it doesn't need to give lessons. And two, all feedback should be read in Justin's Jersey accent. Uh, oh, that's the couple of two three accent. Oh, hey, a couple yeah. of two three more recipes in the feedback, huh? That's all you got to do. But it slowly turns into a retard at the end. An Italian retard. Yeah, like, hey, hey, a couple of two three, and before you know it, I got to get the room. That's better. Yeah, that's what happens. Uh, uh, thank you for the for the note, Jamie. Spare me. He's from New Zealand, so I'm I'm educating the world about what people from New Jersey sound like. Yeah, yes. great. Good, good, accurate information yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, hopefully you won't practice that. Yeah, right. Go there. Probably hey, hey, you know what those guys from New Jersey sound like, huh? They sound like a bunch of retards over there. That poor guy's going to go to the East Coast and go, Oh, you're from Jersey? Why don't you sound like a mook? Yeah. <laughs> He's gonna be like, oh, you're from Jersey? I got a couple of tree things for you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Way to stereotype a whole area of people. A whole state. <laughs> it's a stupid state anyway, let's be honest. I think, I think Jersey, is, it should be just the unincorporated territory of the United States. <laughs> I think it is. Pacheco of the, of the United States. It is. All right, here's another one. Hey, Brewcasters, I've always regarded the BN as the final word on my homebrew questions. Generally speaking, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's uh, that's dangerous territory. Generally speaking, whenever you mention recipes, you call for liquid yeast. But having brewed at a couple breweries in Australia uh, as an unpaid chump, uh, they have both uh, used the dry alternative and made fucking kick-ass beer. Um Am I being a douche in saying that you talk about liquid yeast because you are sponsored by White Labs? Uh, what is the problem with dry yeast? Uh, so this is a good question. Actually, I think it's a perfectly valid question. Uh, and yeah. I think there's a couple uh, answers to it, actually. When we started the show eight years ago, uh, there really wasn't a good alternative to, to liquid yeast. And now, granted, White Labs became our sponsor early on. You know, there's another uh, yeast company that makes liquid yeast too, but White Labs uh, became a supporter of the show. And not just that, they became uh, an active participant in the show to teach us about uh, liquid yeast. So I think that in part, we're all children of, of liquid yast on this show. Like we, that it's, yeah, it's what we were raised on. And, and so, and 
not just because they were sponsored, but more so because it was the superior product. Now, in some ways, I still believe it is a superior product, and I think that both Y East and White Labs would come tell you that. But I will, I will happily admit that, I, and I've never used it, but I'm, I'm not blind to what's going on. I certainly have read and heard quite a bit about new dry yeast and different professional breweries using it, as well as home brewers. There seems to be some f- fantastic dry yeast out there. But the truth is, none of us use it. No. I've been brewing for 20 years, and back then, there was dry yeast, and it, ba- it had a bad rep. Yeah. So, and actually, that was when the, the liquid yeast were just coming in, too. And that it was just yeah. a superior product. Right. Uh, you had much much more choice right. in what, what kind of yeast you wanted to have. So I really I never... I've been with people that brewed with dry yeast, but I've never brewed with it myself. Right. So I just don't know that. But now they're starting to come up with better... Sure. Uh, so so for uh, you know full disclosure, does, does White Labs get more airtime because they're a sponsor? Absolutely. But they also get yeah. more airtime because they, they're a part of the show. They've, they've been a part of it so long. Again, full disclosure, we don't avoid dry yeast topics. In fact, if somebody were to want to come in here and actually do a show about using dry yeast to help to educate us because we haven't done it, I would be more than happy to cover that topic. But it just hasn't happened. Well, if Five ever wants to come in for Five Star. (laughs) Right. Um, I'd love to have Five on the show. Five can be here. Um, Well, I mean, you look at at winemakers. You know, they've been using, they don't use liquid yeast. So it's actually... You know, White Labs, uh, I know from conversations with them, they're having me um, get winemakers to use liquid yeast, but winemakers have been using dry yeast for years and years and years. And, you know, uh, you're, 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 part, you're, you're right, Jay, in, in what you were saying, but it's also strain selection, and, you know, things have gotten better. It's uh, dry yeast for beer that they get selected based on how well the yeast rehydrates. And it's just, for some reason, it, it's just been kind of tough with technology. But I think um, Laumond, who I think owns Fermentis, which does like the USO5, the more common, the common yeast, their their technology's gotten a lot better and their yeasts have become better. But um, for that guy's question, why aren't there a whole lot of liquid yeast brewers in Australia? Is because I don't think there's any yeast labs. And, you know, White Labs has to ship the yeast all over there for, you know, two-day air, and it, it's too cost-prohibitive. So they use the dry yeast to kind of, um, you know, instead of liquid because it's convenient and it does make good beer, but right. um, it's mainly just cost-prohibitive to do it. Prohibitive yeah. to do it. Yeah. But one of the pluses with the dry yeast is you're going to get a lot more cells. So you're gonna, yeah. when you pitch a dry yeast, you're, you, you're already ahead of the game. With a lot more yeast cells per right. milliliter, but there early on there was a lot of contaminants too, and not the pure right. exactly. And right. in fact, that White Labs will even tell you that you know part of their whole company philosophy is that they grow up the yeast. They 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 take very uh, you know they're pretty careful about making sure that it's a pure. In fact, the company is White Labs Pure Yeast Strains, making sure that it's a pure, yeah. uh, uh, you know, n- non-contaminated with other uh, mutated cells and whatever else. Right. I, I you know, going from live to live is always better than taking you know the dried ones and putting it in the pet cemetery. Right. And <laughs> right. Never well, know but overall, get. it does. It just it kind of brings up a, a broad topic for us here at the BN that I could. I'll just give you our company philosophy. Uh, if we have a sponsor. Uh, that that carries a product that happens to to be within one of the topics we're covering. 
we do favor uh, speaking about that sponsor. They're su- they're supporting the program, but we don't lie, uh, and it, it's a policy around here. We don't lie about products. We don't say that we like things that we don't, and we don't push things that we don't think are good for you, and we don't um, necessarily exclude uh, other other products either. We've in fact during uh, the Jamil shows and other ones, if if Y yeast has been the the better recommended yeast, Jamil mm-hmm. uh, is allowed to to recommend that yeast. So, but it is something. It's it's a you have to understand. It's a little bit of a of a ground that we have to think about. We have to go, okay, is there a sponsor that we can uh, talk about that provides the best service here? And if there is, we'll talk about them. If there's not, we're happy to talk about any of, our, of the competitors too because we're not here to to be biased. But, um, you know, anyway, the dry yeast thing just hasn't come up in I, this particular case. I don't talk about yeah. it because I'm not familiar of you for using it. Yeah. Uh, tasty? Uh, dry yeast? Yeah. Uh, my only experience is the time I, I brewed a recipe at uh, 21st Amendment in... Uh, Oh yeah, San Francisco and their pub system. They were, they were, may still be, a dry yeast uh, brewery. I okay. did. I, I, I used it once with the sh- with uh, when I was doing the Shea uh, experiment with the the wine yeast. Oh yeah, and that's probably the only time I've used it. So that's why I don't talk about it. It's because I'm just not familiar with using it. Yeah, and none of us are. Uh, anyway, let me finish his email here. Uh, so that that's that. But he says, uh, I do learn so much from the commercial brewers that you interview. Um, so uh, those fucktars that say you don't help home brewers can eat a sweaty duck. It says duck. Um, I'm not sure that's what he meant. Just like JP. Uh, P.S. Uh, I'm drinking a JP oatmeal stout. F that gorgeous motherfucker can write a recipe. Thanks, JP. Wow. Yeah. But that's why that one made it through. There you go. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, sent from my iPhone while pooping. Writes in. Uh, I started listening over a year ago and instantly became a donor. Uh, you guys do an amazing job. Uh, anyone with half a brain knows that uh, you know you are only working when on air, right? The show needs no prep time. The online store runs itself, and content is automatically communicated and updated. And guests just know when to call in for interviews magically. Thanks for all that you did. Uh, thanks for sticking up for us, buddy. I appreciate it. I like the it. way he knows how things work in the background. Too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's uh, sticking up for us. Uh, explosive Beer writes in, <laughs> The links that are sent out on the RSS feeds work, say, a couple of two, three times worse than your dead dad's dick. <laughs> oh, ouch. Hey, I'll have you know that I'm not sure his dick was working too well when he was alive either. So you take that, mister. Uh, yeah. He says, uh, I know it's asking a lot to consistently do things right the first time, but these shitty links get sent out all the time. The file successfully downloads for zero kilobytes, and I'm left with my dick in my hand, so to speak. I try back from time to time, and eventually, often weeks later, the links are fixed. It's happened with the past couple of sessions. Growing hops finally worked, but the barley wine show still doesn't. And the new intro to Brewing Science Brew Strong episode. Can I pay Scott a dollar to validate every link before it's posted? Or maybe that's something JP's unemployed and hairy geek ass can do. You guys put out things I want to listen to. Why play hard to get? Just give me that sweet, sweet beer radio and stop making me listen to the terrible terrestrial options and CDs I'll have to listen to all the time from Explosive Brew. Well. I got a question. Yeah, just... <clears throat> I'll tell you this. The first thing I wanted to do was tell this guy to suck one. Uh, suck it. Uh... <laughs> But then I went to iTunes to test what he was doing, and uh, and I almost said he was right, 
until I realized that the answer I've known all along is the actual answer. And here's the deal. Um, the links are correct. And I, I will say this. Um, this is kind of going deeper into the things that people complain about. when, the, when Sometimes the shows post the night after the show and sometimes they don't. There's an actual policy here at the BN. I create the policies, by the way, but there's an and actual the policy. policy. And you, and you, you currently change that. Well, I've, no, no. This policy has been consistent now for a couple of years, and uh, it's a policy I learned from experience. Um, I'll just be honest. On a heavily drinking show, I don't update the RSS feed until the next day. So if the show posts the night after the show, like it probably will tonight, I'm not drunk. There's your ba- there's your barometer of, of how the show went. Because I won't screw up the XML feed. I have to code on two different sites. I have to code on the website and I have to code on the XML feed. And it's not hard work. But when I'm drunk, I miss one character and the XML feed doesn't show up. And I learned over the years that when I'm drinking, I miss that one character every fucking time. So... There's a rhyme. It took you six years to learn that. <laughs> it took me a long time. <laughs> yeah. But there's actually a reason to, when people go, well, sometimes it's there. Sunday's not that. The truth is, it'll show up Sunday, or if it's a Monday show, it'll show up Monday night if I'm sober, and it won't if I'm not. I'll wait till the next day because I do screw up the code. Now, the code very rarely gets posted screwed up now. So you're not seeing bad links like this listener thinks they are. What you're seeing is the result of about 100,000 people trying to download the same file at the same time. And what the server does is it starts denying downloads. So I went to iTunes tonight to test the shows he's talking about. And most of them worked except for the Barley Wine show. And I tried to get it a couple of times. And it just says an error. And it doesn't say the feed's bad. It just says it can't connect. So I thought, well, maybe I did screw this up. And I look at the code. And as as I suspected, the code is correct. I I just kept clicking get it a few times, and it finally starts to download. Now, I realize this is not the ideal situation for you, listener at home, but the problem is we can't afford Amazon uh, uh, file delivery service right now, which is the only company that could handle the amount of of downloads we're getting right now. It's crazy. Uh, Our shows are enormous, for one. You're going to need a couple of two, three terabytes. I need a couple of two, three a, a day. We're going through a couple of two, three terabytes a, terabytes a week on this fucking thing. So what happens is the server just has to moderate that load. And if you can't get a show, with very few exceptions, it's because the server is just denying you. And, and, and a lot of people are downloading that show. It happens with very popular shows, as you can imagine. So pick a topic that sucks, and you'll probably be able to download it like that. <laughs> But a Barley Wine show, for example, a lot of people are downloading it at once. At this moment in time, I'll be honest with you, I can't fix it. Uh, until we can update our servers to a, a, a more uh, load-bearing uh, product, I just can't fix it. You're just going to have to keep trying to download it. I know that's not ideal, but that is the world of a budget company. So, there you go. I'm not fucking up the XML feeds very often. That's <laughs> my qualifier. It's a couple of two, three times. It can happen. There you <laughs> But I, did ch- I checked every show that this listener men- mentioned, and they're all correct, and they're all available. Just keep pressing that get You weren't drinking when you were checking them, were you? No, it's sober today. Uh, Mostly. We're working on stuff around here, man. I'm not going to tell you that we are always and always have been the most professional company on earth, but I will tell you that we're working hard at getting better, and you know we're still on a budget. So We can I'm- tell you why it doesn't work. We're just not going to fix it. <laughs> we just can't fix it right now. But we're fixing a ton of things. I'm, uh, we're updating the whole server, and that is going to actually help with some of the traffic, and these things just take time. So I'm you working know, on it. It's cutting into my salary. <laughs> yeah, I had to. I had to you know, Doc, <laughs> now, that, now that you mention it, I'm going to have to give you a pay cut. 
Uh, well, Damn. this server upgrade is at hand, and I think I'm going to have to cut your salary in half. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. You got a career, don't you, Doc? Yeah, I mean, it's a good thing I got something to fall back on. I hope you'll. I hope you're willing to stick with us. Uh, but we're gonna. We're gonna have to do this. It's not a reflection of your performance, Doc. You've been doing great. Okay. Yeah. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna put any more hours in. Okay. You know, behind the scenes. Okay, that's fine. So let me get this straight. I cut your pay in half, and you don't put any more hours in. Good. That works. All right. I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> that was easy. Yeah. That was. <laughs> that was close. Uh, okay. <laughs> if you got to pay anymore, he's going to start. He's going to have to start paying you. He'll be in negative dollars. Yeah. Well, I haven't gotten so the tasty yet. So tasty. Yeah. I've been meaning to talk to you. Uh, I'm going to have to start charging you rent for that chair that you're sitting in. <laughs> you know, not much, but a little. And he has to bring in more beer. Yeah. And and by the way, Susie, who drove from all the way from the South Bay, from across America, as far as I'm concerned, you owe me gas money. <laughs> that sounds about right. That sounds about right. Right. Okay. Yeah. Everything's going great around here, as far as I can tell. (laughs) All right. Flip writes in, been listening for a few years, and I love the show. Really glad Doc and Tasty are there to make sure there's plenty of brewing info. (laughs) I'm not sure I'm going to be here that much longer. I just got cut in half there. (laughs) My pay is bad. It's been fun. Uh, anyways, I wanted to share that I placed in the Upper Mississippi Mash Out with my Hellas, uh, which was my second lager ever. Mm, wait, they, wait, he just brewed that, right? Because they've only been legal for about three weeks. I guess so. He just say I give no BN. I, I gave, I give the BN no credit for my medal, as you were no help at all. But thanks anyway. What? Uh, that's from Flip. P.S. If Tasty has died by the time you read this, he will be greatly missed. <laughs> Still here. <laughs> yeah, I'm <sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> So you're not missed. Uh, okay. Nor appreciated. Ken from Milwaukee writes in, uh, Jay and Brewcasters, I made the leap today after sponging off you guys for years, and I'm now a PFC in the BN Army. Thank you. Yeah, I love right. all the Brewcasters. There you go, soldier. I love all the Brewcasters, but especially Bevo, because she's a girl. The rest of you asshats are my homebrewing heroes, though. Keep up the good work. Oh, boy. Uh, here's another one quickly. Uh, Sweet Cell writes in, thanks for bringing the trophy fire to the East Coast. Oh, yeah, we're doing that for BNA8. Uh, I've been cyber-stalking them from, uh, for some time now, and uh, apparently they never made it to the right coast. They were there last year, actually, so you haven't been stalking well enough. But they're there again on tour, and they're making BNA a part of that. Um, I hear there's only going to be three of them this time. <laughs> isn't there always? Uh, well, she has that split personality. That's true. He says, I wasn't going to head down to Philly until Thursday, but now that I know the trophy fire is going to be at BNA8, I'll, I'll go. Well, fuck you. <laughs> uh, he goes on to say a bunch yeah, of shit. And then he says, suck at everyone except for the chat moderators. Hello, ladies, he says. <laughs> uh, What's up, Bill? Uh, oh, this is one of my favorite uh, pieces of feedback we've gotten in a long time. I read through this. I really liked it. Uh, Talks about you, doesn't it? Nope. A PFC Leaky Polynesian writes in. Uh, <laughs> leaky. leaky Polynesian. Yeah. Um, this yep. morning, while driving down the freeway, I got pulled over for speeding. As the officer approached my truck, he must have noticed my hop grenade sticker in the back window. I'm thinking weed, right? Like you got pulled over. Uh, he must have noticed a hop grenade sticker in my back window uh, because the first words out of his mouth were, you know why I pulled you over? Oh, no. No, sorry. I'm terrible at this. The first, Instead of, you know why I pulled you over, the first words out of his mouth were, so you listen to those asshats on the BN, huh? Wow. Right. Yeah. 
At which point we talked about homebrew for the next 10 minutes. I then invited him to check out our local homebrew club, and he left without ever asking, ever even asking for my license and registration. (laughs) So I'd like to, once again, thanks to Brewing Network for all the things you asshats do, even when you're not uh, aware you're doing them. So he probably actually did get pulled over for speeding, but then got off. And I've always said, I think I've said it on the air, I don't have a hop grenade sticker on my car. Because I'm worried about getting pulled over for weed. Yeah, weed, yeah. I drive a Volkswagen bus. They're looking for weed. (laughs) Oh, yeah. But they're not going to find any. But Yeah, they're not going to find any. uh, But this guy got off the hook because of it. How rad is that? I like that you said you're... Not like you said you're bad at this, when this is actually just reading an email. Yeah, I'm, I'm bad at this. Uh, well, I paraphrase almost every email because people write like dummies. And their stories are so boring. And so I just embellish. They are real boring. Wait, so the stuff that's highlighted is even bad, too. Yeah, I embellish so all of it. you skip the rest of it. I do. Uh, you know, I just... Uh... The, high, the highlight's supposed to be the best part. Here's the thing. It... It just so happens I'm the best storyteller in the world. And so when people write me feedback, I have to fix it for them. That's you have all. to make it better. Yeah. You guys understand. Yeah. I actually, yeah. actually sent in a picture with, he, he took with his stupid cell phone. It was hard to make out, so I didn't sit it on. But there's the, the cop car behind him, and he's giving a dorky thumbs up. No, uh, no. I, I, was, I think I saw that on Facebook. <laughs> was, it, was it like the red lights in the back going, and it's just. It, it, was the cop giving the thumbs up or the dude? The dude. The, the dude. dude. I see. He takes a picture of himself, and in the back window, you see the red lights, and he's, he's, I forgot what the caption was. It's pretty awesome. I've met some of our uh, cop listeners at JABF and stuff before, too. They're all very nice. They come up, and they're like, yeah, man, we listen to you in the cruiser. I'm just going, right, <laughs> <Wow>. really? <laughs> yeah, don't, don't tell anybody. Oops. Yeah, uh, that's why the response time is so long. <laughs> they're like, hang on. They're almost done with the homebrew segment. We're going to call it for Drunk of the Week. We're going to go find one. We'll be there in a minute. They're almost done with Drunk of the Week. Uh, uh, here's another one from Tra- uh, Trav. He says, I finally got to watch the entire uh, Pale Ale DVD, and I liked it. My wife even made the comment, hey, this looks like a professional video. Is this from those same guys you listen to? Uh, yeah, we actually got she it. Found right. that hard to believe. Yeah, believe it or not, they look sane. All right, and that's your feedback for tonight, as long as it is. Um, all right, so here's we we promised to give you an update on the uh, American Red Ales that we did. JP, why don't you start? How's your beer doing? Uh, it is kegged and is officially carbonating as I sit here in this office. How do you feel uh, that now, without going into too much detail, but a little detail is good because uh, keep in mind people are going to bet on us after this. Also, we want to talk about the the real in depth brewing process when we do the tasting in a couple weeks. So, w- without doing okay. too much, you know, how do you feel that the the brew day went? Is there any particular success or, or failure worth mentioning? Well, yeah. particular success is that I brewed a, oh. a, an awesome beer, oh. so you know there's always that. But okay. um, you know, I did I did mess my mash a little bit and um, got distracted cleaning because I hadn't home brewed in months, so I had to just clean a lot more than than I, I remembered to. So did you say you you, you you cut out your mash temp? Oh, uh, yeah, well, my mash timing, so I mashed for longer than I was supposed to. Oh, does that matter? No. 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 I didn't think so. Like what? Well, I mean, 
I, I always looked at it as a failure because it's you know it's like well I'm not I'm not ready I'm not following my schedule um, something is going to happen and it, I, you know I I don't know you I don't just know. need something to beat failure. yourself up I know about. one more failure in your life yeah. come on it's not that bad you might yeah, get more I color than you expect but uh, of all the other sound. failures in my life I, I I pick on the one that doesn't actually matter at the very <laughs> right yeah yeah. yeah. Well, shit, if that's your only brew day failure, then uh, the odds just went up in oh, JP's, yeah. JP's failure. Uh, Check the meter. Well, it was, I, I, had a, I had an extended whirlpool, and, um, I, you know, but that was about it. It was actually pretty um, pretty smooth. I, 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 oh, I didn't add whirlflock until, like, five minutes before the end of the boil. Um, right. And that's about it. It was actually really, uh, really smooth. Well, okay. I don't even want to taste it now. Well, it needs a full 10 minutes in there. Well, listen, I'm going to admit right now, as always, I forgot the goddamn Warflock altogether. And Again? Every, yeah. Every sample I take out is thick as thieves, man. It's thick. Now, I did just... No. I did just... Um, I had to do a two-stage dry hop, one on one day and one two days later. And... I just dumped. I just dumped the the last of that out last night, and then again this morning. I'm pretty sure it's still real thick and cloudy in there, though. I am crashing. I'm not kegged yet, JP. I'm crashing it right now. Um, right. So it was down to about 55 today. I'm really hoping that that's gonna fucking clear up. I think I might. Yeah. I might keg tomorrow, depending on how clear it looks, and uh, we'll put some findings in the keg before you wreck yeah. into it. I might. I might should do that a couple of three times because <laughs> it's it, it's really soupy right now. Yeah, but here, let me fuck well, you're with you. Taking the, the samples out of the the sample pour bottom, at the bottom. Basically. Yeah, but I, at this point, it should be pretty well above the. Do you flip the wrecking arm up so you're getting more up into the? Not body all the way up, but it's not. It, it's a little above level. So it wasn't quite erect. It wasn't quite erect, <laughs> but it wasn't quite limp either. Yeah. Well, if you I mean if if you if you did two rounds of dry hopping and you. And you only started to to pull off and and cold crash. Yeah, you're going to have some in there. So I would give it a couple days, a couple two three days, yeah. and, uh, as cold as you can get it, and drop it out, or just put it into a keg now because it'll be at you know 38 or 40 in the keg, and then uh, you can you know you can pull off a couple a couple two three pints, right? And um, the clear flow from that way. So well, that was kind of my thought too. Uh, I have I, I I did drop the yeast out like I'm supposed to when it reached terminal gravity, and then I I put the hops the first dry hop in, and then I left the first dry hop and added the second dry hop, um, and then just like I said, that was a few days ago, and just last night I started dumping out those dry hops too because it just the samples are just looking gnarly. But here you go, odds makers, it's smelling good. I might have made a good, I might have made a good beer, JP. It smells pretty fucking good. The best smelling thing in your house next to Kate. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, mine, mine smells good, but it's not. At, well, see, I don't want to talk. I, I don't know how much to uh, to give away or not. You can give a little. How away. much? How proud are you? It, it, it's not. I'm well. I don't know. I'm. I'm all right with it. It. It's not as. Um, doesn't have the hoppy nose that I want it to have. I did. I dry hopped as well. Um, but it. It's not as. It doesn't have the, that aroma that I was looking for. But it's still good. But okay. I'm not as impressed myself as I want to be. Well, I think if mine clears out enough that there aren't kind of residual off flavors and harshness 
from yeah. from whatever matter might stick around in there, I think yeah. it's going to be a really good beer. But I'm not sure that that's going to happen. I'm, maybe I should do the findings. Oh, yeah, I would. Mm-hmm. Especially for you. Well, why did you say maybe? <laughs> I should do the findings. <laughs> yeah. Should we, should we now talk about your brew day? Well, it depends, because we, we got to do two segments. We're doing a whole other segment about this, so... Well, I just mean now. This is this is the shit talking segment of this segment. <laughs> uh, Hang on, Chad was oh, coincidentally oh, Chad showed up. Happened to be there. Oh, from Pleasanton. Coincidentally, I haven't seen him in like a year. I just happened to be buying crack and Martinez, and I just stopped by. Well, no, he emailed me that week and asked what was happening, and I, I just casually, I was like, oh, I'm brewing on Friday or whatever day. Was you want to come by? And he's like, yeah, it's my day off. But he didn't help with yeah. the crew. He more like, if I forgot where a hose went, I would ask him a direct <laughs> question. You know. He's going to spend oh, his day helping. off with you. Because <laughs> uh, with that 1550 situation, there's all these hoses and pumps and, and I don't know. <laughs> you can go anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Oh, look, you know, we all, uh, you know, we can all dismiss whatever we want to dismiss, and we can all accept whatever we want to accept, and that's fine. What matters is really what happens in the glass, you know. That's right. It's what happens in the glass, and I'll tell you, now that Tasty has advised me to use findings, my glass is going to look really good. (laughs) Actually, I think you might want a filter, too. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Well, I don't know how to filter, and I'd have to get someone to help me do that, and that's against the rules. So I won't filter, but I might find. Uh, well, I think now is a great time for you to try to learn. I, I would be okay with <laughs> Learn to be a good loser. I did. I, yeah. No, right? I did filter once. It was a mess. I don't understand why you do it, Tasty, or used to do it. it that was, was the carpet where you're trying to get the porter out of. <laughs> no, I used the, 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 I don't know. It just seems so difficult, and I don't know that my... Yeah, and I don't know that my beer, you know, turned out any better for it, you know. I used it once and I never looked back. It was it was too much prep work. Not that it was a it's a excuse me, it's a bad product or anything. It just it, for me and for my uh, lackadaisical brewing method, it didn't fit. It didn't fit well with me cuz you had to do stuff and I didn't want to do stuff. Yeah, adding a little stuff to a keg, well that's some that's fine. I could do that. Although yeah. I thought I could do that with a goddamn work lo- work flock, and I forgot that too. I did remember it with the with the brown ale yesterday, Doc. So. Nice job. Well, <laughs> just blame Chad. He didn't remind you to add that. So. <laughs> right? Are you going to add that? How yeah. much? A couple of two, three tablespoons. All know? right. Well, let's. So I got another conversation I want to have with all of you and JP while we're here. But first of all, let's bet. I want to know who you guys... Uh, oh, I thought you were segueing into Adam and Eve. No, I want to know who your money's on. Uh, we're going to start with Moscow. Uh, d- Susie, did the chat room give us a line earlier on? Not really. <laughs> they just threw out a bunch of stupid numbers. It's like 25 to 1, 50 to 1, <laughs> 3 to 1, 50 to one. 2 to 1. Uh, More 2 to 1s than anything. All right. Let me, JP, no, let, let, me, let me throw out a line just to see what, what people think about this. Because I'll admit that I, I think I had more help. I, uh, I had, uh, uh, JP made his own recipe. I did not. Uh, was, none of these are against the rules, but I'm just laying out what might affect the line. Um, I did not. I got the, I got the recipe from uh, Heretic. I did end up measuring out my own recipe. 
because they just gave me the recipe and then handed me the ingredient bags and said do it. So at least I, which isn't something I wanted to do because I screwed that up too. But hopefully <laughs> I did. That's true. But hopefully I did it right. I also I did my own starter. Um, uh, I did not take a pitch of yeast from Heretic. I, I ended up doing uh, my own. But on the other hand, uh, Chad was there that day. It really was a, a, a coincidence. I did not ask him how to brew particularly, but definitely if I forgot which hose goes or which pump or what the hell, I would say, hey, Chad, am I supposed to do it this way? So I'm saying that JP did it all on, on his own, so I, I had a little more assistance. So let that uh, play into your line. I think that maybe those things um, reduced the, the odds in my favor uh, a little bit, whereas it might have before been about 5-1 to one that JP would win. I think it's down yeah. around 3-2. Three 3-2? To three to that would be my line, 3-2. to two. And, But I'm just throwing it out there for discussion. Yes, for so Chad Spear versus JP Spear, you're saying three to two. Right. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, if we're doing three to two, then my money's on JP. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Tasty. Two to three, huh? Um. Well, let me understand. It the smells light. really good. It means he has. If I bet two, uh, if I take you. Yeah. And bet two, I'll get three. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's right. And, and it's basically saying that if this, if we did three brews, JP would win two of them, and Justin would win one. Yeah. I'm going to go with Justin, I think. Not a boy. I need somebody in my corner. I'm good about this. I mean, beer is pretty easy to make, isn't it? <laughs> you writing these down, Moscow? Write them down. We need to know this. Right. So you're on JP. Tasty's on Jay. Doc, what do you think? Here's what I got to say about that. Uh, <laughs> you have been brewing like a madman lately. You've been asking all kinds of questions. You're just out. You just, it, something lit a fire under you. Yeah, it was this though, wasn't it? This it was, was this. the first one. But, it, but the evil twin was the first one. But he's he's, he's now he's brewing like a madman. Yeah, like, but that doesn't it, help this beer that we're betting on. Cares. Well, he's talking I about findings care. and stuff. You know, he's gonna. Um, JP's got the the edge on. He's been brewing consistently longer. Yep. Um, he doesn't add out quite so bad, uh, right? And uh, it, it, he doesn't do the oh after oh I forgot this I forgot that. <laughs> so, but that uh, the downside of JP, I kind of wonder what his after brew stuff is like. When you know babysitting the kegs and cellaring and stuff like that. So you think he sets it and forgets it? Yes, exactly. Okay. So that that's also a big factor too. Yeah. Or you're out there tasting it and the, licking the nipple every every yeah. couple of hours to seeing how it's going. Oh yeah. I don't I bet JP doesn't even know what it looks like what the sample looks like. Yours comes out like mud. Great. <laughs> but at least he, he doesn't even know if it was mud or not. <laughs> right. <laughs> Mine was crystal clear, by the way. Oh. But I okay. I love you, but I gotta go with JP. Ah! <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, it's two for JP and uh, one for me, Susie Cousy. I'm going with you. I like to bet on the under underdog. There we go. I'll take an underdog bet. And Paul Brown's in the studio hanging out. What do you think, Paul? Hey, Justin. Um, oh, by the way, Paul is uh, president of Doe's. Oh, that's right. The president of Doe's. We don't just let anybody just in here. Forgot. Well, we do, but <laughs> royalty. He's royalty now. That's just by the way. What do you think, Paul? Uh, that dry hopping uh, sold me. 
the two I editions. Could, I could smell your dry hopping from here, and yeah. it's like, it must smell good, and my money's on you. All right. Well. Wait, what do you mean you can smell it? Did he bring it in to, to stop the judges with? <laughs> yeah, I brought it in, in the warhead. Paul, Paul's my mole, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> right. Now he Check just... Oh, it's like in as a bush. They, he double dry hopped it. It just spins a yarn. No, I'll tell you right now, JP. If I br- it really looks so bad that if I brought it in, no one would have voted in my favor and or drank it. <laughs> it does smell wonderful, but boy, does it look ugly. So, well, the odds are three to two, and so are the uh, tallies: uh, three JPs and two Justins. Okay, amazingly so. All right, uh, JP. Now we don't get to officially vote. What's your unofficial vote? Well, you know, okay, let me see. Tasting mine, uh, I do like the way it came out. I think the malts are balanced. I think the bitterness is real solid. Um, But you have a tried-and-true recipe. Um, I would probably, I would would pick me over you just based on your past brews. Okay. And and that's fair. Um, I'm going with me on this one. And not only that. I'm coming for you too, Tasty. Like I said in the beginning, I'm taking you all out. <laughs> man, oh man, I don't know if I can handle that. Popular vote, <laughs> sort of like your way won the AHA. I'm gonna triple dry hop when you and I get <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna kick ass. You'll see if this goddamn thing will I clear hope, out. I hope you, I hope you prove me wrong, my friend. But uh, <laughs> I, I really feel that um, that uh, you know the dish water that you bring in won't hold a candle. To my dragon's blood red ale. <laughs> is that, the, is that blood? the name? Uh, Dungeons sure. and Dragons Blood Red. <laughs> well, yeah, why not? Yeah, I like it. Uh, shit. Well, mine's a clone, <laughs> so I can't come up with a good stupid name. That sucks. Uh, oh well. Uh, what's funny is all the all the shit talking we're doing. Uh, JP is also one of the first guys I'm calling every time I have a question about the beer. <laughs> I'm like, ah, I don't know if I'm supposed to do this, and I'm calling fucking JP to help me do it. Uh, you, can, I get, you, you can call it Evil Thin. <laughs> <laughs> I, di- I did miss the gravity on that one, too, I'll admit. But uh, Well, I'm having a lot of fun with it. I, I think it's going to yeah. be fun to taste these two side by side, and uh, hopefully we'll have enough to, to bring down to SoCal as well and let our uh, uh, SoCal fans do it. And um, yeah, I have a cake for you for that, by the way. I'll, I'll, I definitely have a lot of beer. So Perfect. Okay, good. Yeah. So, so let's do it side by side. We can do a popularity contest. That's what I want to do. Yeah. Uh, we'll let SoCal vote. We'll have a voting box. Um, yeah. Uh, it won't be. Never mind. Uh, um, I wanted to do a quick segment on chilling. So. Chilling? Well, because chilling. the topic came up with JP and I. Again, I, I would call him if I was having problems with something. And, and here's something interesting that happened. So my equipment has been... Uh, around the world and back and when i got it back and and honestly uh, this may even be my fault from the last time i brewed i don't know what but i uh, chad and i had been using the therminator Mm -hmm. the blickman therminator i love that thing and i got it and i pull all the equipment out of the box and it's just gnarly like it had it clearly hadn't been cleaned Mm. after the last brew at least the last which was probably the last time we used it almost two years ago so don't take this against Blickman. So what I did was, I was like, no problem. I can clean that thing. I, I read how to clean it. And I spent a long time cleaning it, and I still wasn't getting stuff to run clear. And I actually, I, I even emailed John 
And he's like, look, you can do almost anything to that thing, except not clean it after your last <laughs> brew day two years ago. And I was, at, I was telling him all the things I, I was doing to it, and he's like, no, you, you did everything right, and that will get everything. But you can't not clean it after your last brew day two years ago, man. Mm. So what happened was, I loved that thing so much, I went and I bought another one. I wanted to use it. It was expensive. It was fucking expensive. <laughs> you didn't demand a free one? I tried. Well, he didn't reply to your email. Yeah. I needed it right away. I was like, I, you know, I was like, oh, John, I'm going to go buy another. He didn't get back to me for like a week, and I needed it the next day, or two days later. Uh, I'm hoping he wants to reimburse me. Well, why'd, you, why'd you buy it? <laughs> I love it. Because it works like It works so well. And so here's where the discussion came up that I wanted to talk to you guys about. Because uh, JP uses what I used to use, which is an immersion chiller with the uh, Whirlpool arm. So that it moves yeah. the wort in a Whirlpool around the chiller. You're, you got a Whirlpool anyway, whether you're using a, a, a Therminator or anything else. So you, you get the hop cone in the middle, and it's a nice way to do things. With the immersion chiller, you Whirlpool also because it moves the wort around the coils rather than just the three inches uh, that are touching the coil. Right. right. So the Whirlpool chiller, and that's what JP was advising me to go get instead of redoing the Therminator. But... I didn't have good experience with it. I, I was, you know, it worked sometimes and it didn't work other times. The the whirlpool arm seemed to be a pain in the ass. I couldn't get it to sit in there right. And so, but JP has great experience with it. And I said to him, no, the Terminator always got me down easier and, and, and faster and I won't do it. I'm redoing my Terminator. And I just wanted to open it to a brief discussion. I don't, we don't need to decide which is better, but let me do it this way. Tasty also uses a Terminator. Right. JP uses an immersion chiller with the Whirlpool, and Doc uses a counterflow chiller. So we're all using different ones. I use an immersion also. I use immersion and then counterflow. Uh-huh. You do both in one deal. I have a reason for it, too. Okay. So, J- why don't we start with this? JP, uh, or, or here, I'll just do it quickly. The Terminator's badass because I do one pass, and my work comes out cold. And I'll give you an example. Last night, my work was coming out of there at 58 degrees. Now, I know it depends on the temperature of the groundwater, and that's the case with all types of chillers, so we can just put that out there. But it was just so easy. I did a whirlpool. I put the lid on. I let it sit for a half hour. I turned on my Therminator. By the time I filled up my conical, it was uh, 65 degrees. My pitch temp, my fermentation temp for this beer is 64. Piece of cake. I'm done. That's why I love the Therminator. JP, go. Tell me why you like the immersion whirlpool. JP, ready, go. Ready, go. Um, it's what I grew up with, really, in, in home brewing. I've, I've never used a, a Therminator or a plate chiller type thing, um, but I have used a counterflow, and I could never dial uh, dial back the wort coming out of the kettle um, slow enough to, to get into the conical, because by the time that you're reading the temperature in the carboy, let's say, is when I, when I first use it, you know, it's like 75, you're like, shit, you gotta dial a thing back, and then I have, you know, carboys with differentiating, differentiating, differentiating temperatures, or different, this would be easier way to say that. Yep. Um, so I, I like the immersion, I don't know why, um, I've also incorporated it into my, my cleaning regimen, so once the, the work uh, trailer goes in and everything's, you know, cooling down, that's when I focus on my fermenter, so I just, it's very systematic for me, um, but with the addition of the, the whirlpool arm, um, a lot of people will go, oh, you know, I, I, I can never get that thing to really cone with a hot, you know, you, it, it 
totally drives the troop into a cone and and lets you pull clearer beer. I've never been able to do that. Um, I like it because it moves the wort around the coils faster, and it actually cools down faster for me. So I can I can have beer in the fermenter in 15 minutes. Okay. I will admit uh, that when I first started using my Therminator a couple years ago, I had the, the flow rate problem that JP's talking about. And what solved yeah. it was using the port on my conical to restrict flow as opposed to using the uh, ball valve on the kettle or my, um, or my pump itself. And I've been able to See, makes- solve those problems. Well, that makes more sense, yeah. But and, and I didn't have a conical back then, so I didn't. I didn't have the luxury, right? And that's true. And that would be a good point. You you need to find a way to restrict the flow properly. I think Doc will probably con- contend that this is the same for a counterflow chiller as well. The plate chiller is kind of the same principple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I'll yeah, uh, yeah I'll give you that. Um, I am surprised well, to find that you're not getting a good whirlpool uh, uh, true cone though. Well. It, that's, it's not because it's not because it's, it's ineffective. It's because I'm impatient. Ah. I don't wait long enough to do it. Right. Um, and actually, this brew was the first time um, because a lot of late edition hops went in. Um, not to give away any secrets, mm-hmm. but it's a new thing <laughs> I came up with. Um, where it's, there's no real, there's some bitter, bittering hops, but no flavor or aroma. It all goes into the whirlpool, but don't don't tell anybody. Um, <clears throat> and uh, so I did let it whirlpool for a lot longer than, than I normally do. And it, while I didn't get a tight cone, it gathers it in the center. But again, it's more for it's more for just um, speed of of chilling and, and get that real good cold break. But another reason I like it is there's no real cleaning involved. You don't have to hose it out, and I can I can pull the work chiller off. I just rinse it off, just you know, with a with a hose, just spray it down once, and it's it's done. Okay. I don't have to sit and run water through it or cycle anything through it. It fits my brew style, which is which is as little as possible. And that's a that is a that's a fair assessment. Uh, I got to the end of my brew day yesterday. And now that I know, and, and my Terminator's, it's so shiny and new and copper and fucking expensive, that I was like, uh, <laughs> so I was like, uh, uh, I, I know what to do now. You, you just run water through both directions, and then I sit it in sanitizer, and then I dump it out. And it's a whole, you're, you're right, JP. At the end, I, I'm not just hosing it off and putting it away. So I'll give you that. But boy, do I love the results of that thing. I mean, I've never transferred beer and had it ready to pitch before last night. Never. Doc, counterflow wow. chiller. Um. I do. I I haven't used a plate chiller yet. I have one. Okay. I don't. Have, I have the Sharon, not the not the Therminator. It, it's a little different. Same design, just different shape. But I haven't wanted to run through chunks of things through it. I'm a little nervous about that. Yeah. Also, uh, and then I have a counterflow I've been using for quite a while. In fact, I run back to back counterflows. Um, but what I wasn't getting with that was I wasn't getting the cold break. Uh, that's the cold break is uh, coagulation of the proteins. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Whirlflock helps when you actually put it in, mm. and but but rapid chilling helps that. So then <laughs> uh, uh, that happens in the kettle. In the kettle, so when you rapidly chill it down, the proteins coagulate together. They 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 turn into that that oatmeal looking stuff. Yeah, and drops to the bottom. But you need to have that whirlpool to actually get the, the immersion chiller to actually work well. Okay. Uh, so what I found is I put the immersion chiller in there first. Uh, I run the whirlpool, which I'll get the hop comb. I'll get uh, a rapid chilling. 
210 down to 80, 85 to 95 real fast. Okay. And I'm I'm chilling anywhere from 25 to 40 gallons. Right. And so it, it does suck that out of there really fast. Um, I usually use the outflow water on that to go into the conical. It's hot. Yeah, it, it to makes, help it, clean. Well, it, it, and then I put the sanitizer in that. So I, I you know, reuse that water. But getting down to lager temperatures at that point is tough because so it, it's fast you know, initially. Down, initially down, I mean, you take the first hundred degrees off real fast. So that was always my problem: is I could get it down to say eighty-five real fast. But that's that. Then yeah. I couldn't, you know. And then yeah. I'm waiting until the next morning. Right. So you're not getting it down. So then I go to my then I go to my counterflow. Okay. Because then I'm not. Uh, I can get it down to lager temperatures at that point. You got to throttle it back. You got to throttle back. In front of the pump, not behind it. So I don't want to starve mm. the pump. Okay. So I, you're you're right about using the the valve on the conical. Oh, that's what you mean by in front. Yeah, yeah where I go. Front. Okay. Otherwise, yeah. you're going to starve the pump. They don't like that. Yeah. So you do it in front of the pump. Um, but l- I just got off my lazy ass, and I finally did what's basically a homemade hop stopper. Okay. Uh, with stainless steel screen out on this manifold kind of dip tube that i made to keep the tube out uh to keep and yeah, all the all the, and... all the hot metal the chunks out so now and i've tested that a couple of times and other the next brew I'm, I'm gonna actually probably push the plate plate chiller on that one okay but it's that knocking the hot that knocking the cold break out by chilling fast yep and that creates the chunks that i don't want in my beer because uh, uh if you leave cold break in there and it gets into the finished beer, it can add to staling, and your beer doesn't last as long, and it kind of looks shitty when you, you when you pull a sample out. It looks all chunky. Hmm, that's weird. Uh, okay, well, go ahead. It's broken. And, <laughs> right. That's, yeah. So I got, um, I, I'm probably going to make the next morph into the plate chiller soon. Okay. Because I didn't, I, I've got now all the pieces in place. Okay, but I'm not going to give up the the immersion chiller. No, you have a nice a nice system there, and I can see you. You're backing up your you're solving the problem I had with the immersion chiller by backing it up with something else, and that was yeah. that I couldn't get it below eighty no you matter can. what my ground it, you, temperature was. It works okay if you're you can do put a pre chiller on it, which I'll use. Right, uh, if the groundwater in the summer's warmer, but it's still it's that last right you now. 20 degrees. 20 degrees. It's tough for 30 degrees or 40 if you're doing a lager. It's, yep. it's real tough. All right, Tasty, on the Therminator side, Let's because yeah. you use it. And one thing I want to clear up, just so everyone knows, that, that my failure with my Therminator was not a Therminator issue. You've had yours for years, and it's fine. Because you clean <laughs> it great. after you, <laughs> yeah. after you use it. Yeah. yeah, it just makes sense to do that. So let me just point that out. But go ahead, please. Uh, yeah, I love the Therminator. Uh I, I tend to model my brewing, you know, like after uh, commercial brewers who, you know, can you imagine an immersion chiller being lowered into a... Right, <laughs> I would like to see it, but, yeah, yeah. but anyway, yeah. they don't do that, so I kind of like, so I don't want to do that. Uh, I've used immersion chillers. Uh, I'm a big fan of a great whirlpool, and uh, I just never been able to get, I've, you know, I've, I don't see how you can get that good a whirlpool with a, with a... That cylinder sitting in the middle of your pot, uh, right? Keeping the that these thermodyn are these fluid dynamics from doing their thing. But uh, when I'm done, you know, whirlpooling, uh, I've got like four inches of clear beer around the outside of my kettle, and of course that's where I'm drawing off at. So sure, 
Uh, now, because I'm using an external chiller, I'm getting the cold break into my into my fermenter. It's actually the cold break's taking place in the fermenter, right? Yeah, it's going from two ten to uh, I don't know sixty eight in a, basically a second, right? Yeah, it's like instantaneous, right? So it's so what I do in the, in the conical when I've got you know before I pitch these is I'll drop the cold break. Okay, and yeah. usually you can look in your hydrometer jar when you do your final sample. Your, your, uh, the cottage OG. cheese. I cottage saw it. Cheese. Yeah, you can see it when it's when it's d- at the bottom. It's probably at the bottom of your. Uh, that that thing that uh, Darren gave you, the, the glass, the sight, sight glass. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to mention that. That's what that's for. You yeah, le- you leave it open, and all that stuff drops into the bottom. Okay, close that off, pull the sight glass off, and dump it out. Mm, I should have done that last night, but I didn't. Um, well, now it's your yeast. Yeah, it's another thing you can get with your more beer conical if you happen to be using one. It's a great, you know, professional grade sight glass, and uh, I think that they uh, invented it to be able to collect yeast and stuff. But Darren also really likes it because you can dump the the hot any he, he just any kind of trube in it before you pitch the yeast. Yeah. So yeah. I didn't use it uh, yesterday, but I will next time. That's a good point, Tasty. That we are now transferring the cold break to the the conical. Yeah, yeah. just got to take that step, which. Well, tasty beers are uh, hop forward, and he makes sure that they're consumed quickly too. Yeah. So he, he well, doesn't. Yeah. And he, he treats his beer nicely, so it's not like it's going to stale before it's all gone. Right. Right. Well, uh, here's a couple other chilling things. Uh, one other thing I I learned from JP uh, with with the conical. He mentioned to me that he plugs his conical in and turns the temperature down on it well before he's transferring any wort into it. So that thing might be, I don't know what you do, uh, JP, but I took your advice yesterday with my beer yesterday, and I got that sucker down to like 50 degrees um, before I put any beer in it. So that the metal of the conical itself is all nice and cold, transferred into it. The first half of that beer was going in at 58, and I was like, shit, now I'm going to have to wait for it to warm up so I can pitch. Um, so that was a nice way uh, to just add an extra step of chilling. Um, but the other thing I wanted to talk about was the was the whirlpool again, and, and I think Tasty, you make an interesting point about having the obstruction of the of the immersion chiller in there with the whirlpool arm. Now I'm not convinced that it, it, I think if it's used properly, it should still whirlpool properly and make a good cone. But I found it so much easier having nothing in there to when I, I turn the flame off. I I just took my mash paddle. I got a nice little whirlpool going. I put the lid back on. I did this for both beers, mind you. And then I waited 30 minutes because I realized I used to worry about the moment that I turned the flame off. Now I'm in the infection zone, and everything I do uh, now is you, such a panic. You can leave the lid off. It's at 210. It's, yeah. it's so hot. You yeah, spit it yeah there. you're fine at like 130, I think, or something like that. Yeah, well, you using guys an external been, chili, you're, you're at 210. The last drop comes out of the kettle. At 210. Y'all been telling me that for years, and I haven't listened (laughs) until recently. And so now I'm just, I do that whirlpool. The evil twin, I think I let it sit there for 45 minutes. Uh, For one, it was still doing its hop thing because they were late edition ones, like JP mentioned. And but I also was just waiting for the whirlpool. That's my own invention. I do find that out. (laughs) I transferred some clear stuff. I mean. Some. The evil twin is is gnarly and milky, but it's not because I transferred a bunch of trube. Uh, I had awesome hop cones in the bottom of my kettles mm-hmm. for both brew days by doing the whirlpool and then ignoring it for thirty minutes and then doing yeah, my terminator no. transfer. Yeah, and that, that's what I'm terrible at. So, yeah, yeah. so I know it works because um, I've seen other people do it properly. I just I, I, at that point it's six hours and I'm I'm over it. 
Right. <laughs> right. Uh, and the, and the, there's the one extra step of cleaning, but you know what? And Tasty, you probably tested this. It took me an extra five minutes on the thermometer. Yeah, it's like five minutes to set it up. I cleaned my kettle out, which I needed to do anyway. I put some more water in it, and then I flushed it through in both directions on the Therminator. And then, like I said, I stuck it in some sanitizer, emptied it out, done. Now it's on the shelf and ready for my next brew day, in which I will stick it in sanitizer again uh, before I use it. Or, uh, I think Chad, uh, he probably got this from you, Tasty. You could put it in line and transfer hot wort through it before you use it, too, yeah, to, right. to sanitize it ahead of time. But mine is so or clean your and hot shiny that... As well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I just sit it in there. But it never has to touch wort until you're chilling. Oh, that's a good point, too. All right, well, there are some chilling options for you folks. And, you know, Jamil really likes the immersion chiller with the Whirlpool arm, yep. too. Uh, so there's a lot, of, a lot of different ways to go, and I'm not saying that any one is better than the other. I, in fact, that's why I wanted to talk about it is because we're all doing different ones. Well, mine actually doesn't sit on the bottom of the kettle. The the hook, uh. it's probably a good four or five oh, inches. Oh, that's going to maybe help. Oh, that's interesting. Then. And the Whirlpool is more to get the thermodynamics. And it moving around the coil. Right, moving around the coil so it cools faster. Ah. And if it makes a nice hop cone in the middle, too. It's great. So be it. But I, I wouldn't brew without a without a Whirlpool. Okay. All right, let, JP, if you got a couple more minutes, I don't know if this call is going to be for you, too. But we got Casey on the line. He says he has a question for Tasty, so I don't know if it's a chiller one or not. But uh, Casey, what's happening? Yeah. Um, I had a question for Tasty about uh, mash times. Okay, I just stand by, stand by. Hang on one second. Hold on, just wait one second. All right, so, Jip, I'm going to let you go. You're on vacation, and you don't have to sit around for this, okay? Uh, no, that, that's fine. Uh, Jippy, thank you, sir, for calling yep. in, and uh, I'm going to beat your ass. Again. Well, no, you, you like to say that, but, uh, you know, this is just, put this in a long, long list of things that you say <laughs> and never follow up with. Right. So, don't worry about that. All right, brother, I hope your beer sours while you're gone. I'll see you in a day or so. <laughs> that is the rudest thing ever. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Later, Jip. Bye. Bye. See ya. Uh, all right, sorry, Casey. Go for it. What do you got for Tasty? Um, I got a question about mash times. I just got done brewing a uh, Janet's Brown, and I think I read on Homebrew Talk that he did like a thirty-minute saturation rest, and then he raised up the temp to mash out uh, slowly. I wanted to know if he did that normally for beers that had high diastatic power, you know, and not they didn't have to sit, um, and if I could do that with the majority of my beers. Uh, yeah, Janet's Brown. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and especially the Janice Brown. Right. Just Peter and the yeah. Janice Brown. Uh, <laughs> yep. Um, well, 30, uh, I'll make sure, I think I understand the question. Uh, 30 minutes, and I'm sure I recommend 154 degrees on that, right? Yeah. 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 You'll be fully converted in 30 minutes. You can go 45 as well. But yes, uh, every beer I make, I do a mash, I do a, a rise to a mash out temp of like a 165. Oh, okay. So if I so if I did that with the rest of my beers, if as long as they had a large amount of like Pilsner or or two row, I could do a thirty minute um, uh, saturation rest instead of a sixty minute. Yeah, thirty or forty five. It depends on the temperature. If you're at one fifty four, thirty is going to be fine because it's going to convert really really quick, probably in twenty minutes. But if you're imagining at one forty eight, you see you're trying to make a highly fermentable wort, it's going to take longer at the lower temperature. That's all you need to do. Oh, okay. I wouldn't. You might have to do 45 minutes or an hour on that to say 148, right, Doc? Yeah, yeah. The lower the temperature, the longer you want to go. The higher the temperature, you're going to kind of get that cross thing of uh, fast 
fast uh, conversion, but you're also killing off your enzymes. So at yeah. a high temperature, your enzymes are going to be dying fast. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's over, and it'll be over in a hurry. Yeah. yeah, and then you just want to make sure of it, and you know, always match out. That's what I do. All right. Thanks for the call, Casey. There you go. Uh, Tasty, I got a question with the mash out. Oh, yeah. You're getting up to 168. Do you have the same type of system I have? What's it called? Is it a Herms or whatever? Herms. When I have the coil in the hot liquor yeah. tank and I, I can run my wort through that to raise the temp? Mm-hmm. Is it, it's Herms, right? Yeah. So what temperature do you have your hot liquor well, tank? Well, I don't have a Herms. I have direct fire. Oh, well, I could do that, too. Well, I have a direct fire on my mash tun. But you still got to circulate it. Or you well, you're circulating. Yeah, you can use that. So I could circulate and turn on the heat. Yeah. Yeah. So this is my question, because it's in your recipe, too, Doc, to bring it up to, like, 168. Right. And for the life of me, I got my I got my uh, hot liquor tank up to, like, 185, maybe even 190. I can't get that fucking well, it, mash tun up to... It depends on your system. Every system's going to be a little bit different. And you notice on my system how certain hoses have insulation and foil over them? Yeah, yeah. That's because I was losing so much... Uh, between the mash tun, the hot liquor tank, and back into the mash tun. Okay. So I insulated those with pipe insulation and then covered them with foil. Okay. Uh, did I? Now I got it down to about an eight degree differential. Okay. But it's still got to be at least eight degrees above. But this also kind of answers another question for me because I was worried. I thought, well, why don't I just turn the the burner on in my mash tun? But then I was worried about burning it. Well, as, as you long, should be worried about that. I mean, yeah, you should be as long as you're. Recirculating. Okay. Now you wouldn't want to do it with the Dortmunder, like we're doing, but you you might want to do it with uh, Northern English Brown. I could have done it yesterday. You're going to get some more caramelization. It's it's going to be okay in that beer as long as you're recirculating. Don't just heat well because the, the thing was recirculating anyway, trying to get me up to 168, right. but it was never happening. So I could have done that and turned on a low flame, right? Kept it recirculating and yeah. got up to my because I wanted to do a mash out temp. Oh, you guys yeah, are low solving flame. the world's yeah, problems. Yeah, low flame, though. Remember, low flame. Yeah, low, low flame. flame. Okay. And, and recircuit the same uh, thing. A degree a minute, if you can get that to happen in your mash time, like yeah. for like a step like that, yeah. or well, any that step. Would, that would be incredible. I was I was waiting yeah. like an hour for this to happen. No. Well, it, you it, should be able to get a degree a minute. With it, the, and, and, well, you look at the other way, too, is you're recircuiting this stuff, yeah. and I I have a another thermometer probe on my recirc. That's going back into the mash tun. Oh. And I can tell what, what it's going back into the mash tun at. Oh, I like that. And so you're rolling this in, and anything above, you know, 165, you're killing off all the enzymes anyway. So I know that I'm recircling that stuff. I'm already killing the enzyme, even if the mash doesn't go up that high. Oh, well, that's a good point. Be- hmm. There's other ways to solve it. So. Well, I mean, I waited a long time. I, I mean, I waited an hour. I know all conversion had happened. Uh, but then I wanted to do a mash out. From what to what? 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 Well, from one, you had me at one fifty two. Okay. Up to like one sixty eight, and but I couldn't get it above like one fifty seven. Yeah, they're, they're you know they're losing heat somewhere. Yeah, it's usually in the in the in the hoses going from. But it seems so much more efficient to use the burner if I can. It, it helps, but yeah. you can't do it every time. It's it's not a. It depends on the beer, right? Okay. If you want caramelization and little, and it'll fit into the beer, it's a the, good idea. The nut brown, idea. it would have worked. It's a good idea. But if I'm looking for a really light so pale ale or something, or maybe cre- be careful. How about careful. a cream ale? Yeah. Uh, not a good idea. Okay. And, then, and I might not do it with this with this mild of yours that I'm going to brew. Uh, what's, is it was a mild or a bitter? I would do it with the mild. It, you do it with that? It's an ordinary bitter. I would do it because I want it more... 
more malty. More malty caramelization in the whole thing. Okay. So well, maybe I'll it, try it. It would probably fit. All right. I'll give it a shot. Wow. I'm learning things again. In a while. And as soon as we walk out of this room, you're going to be forgetting things. Oh, yeah. I'll be texting you. I'll be texting both <laughs> what of you was that? on Thursday. Hey, so how the fuck do I get this up to mash out again? Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we got some beer news for you. And uh, a couple other things to do, too. It's the session. Hang in there. You're listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Where do you go for all the stuff you need to brew? Homebrewstuff.com, of course. In their Boise, Idaho storefront and warehouse, they have more than 750 craft beers and 8,000 square feet of homebrew products in stock. The staff at Homebrew Stuff are homebrewers themselves. They try out just about everything, including the beer, so they can answer your questions knowledgeably and correctly about brewing, kegging, and anything else you might need to ask. Don't live near the Homebrew Stuff store? Visit homebrewstuff.com online and take advantage of their $7.95 domestic shipping available on most orders. Homebrewstuff.com is a proud sponsor of the AHA, NHC, GABF, and countless other acronyms. So if you're a homebrewer looking for great people, a great selection, and great deals, head to homebrewstuff.com online or in person. Visit their YouTube channel for loads of free how-to and product videos. All of the stuff you need to brew. Homebrewstuff.com When I order a beer, I want my server to know more about it than I do. I want someone who enjoys good beer and loves helping others enjoy it too. I want someone who knows how to pour a perfect pint for any beer style. I want a Cicerone. The Cicerone certification program is creating the type of people who help you enjoy great beer. Home brewers and craft beer lovers know beer is more flavorful and complex than ever, and it takes some serious knowledge to store and serve beer right. Cicerones, no beer. There are three levels in the Cicerone program. Certified Beer Server, Certified Cicerone, and Master Cicerone. Cicerones are truly the sommeliers of beer. The best beer locations have a certified Cicerone on staff. Relaxed and unpretentious, Cicerones are tested on storing and serving beer, beer styles, flavor and tasting, the brewing process and ingredients, and pairing food with beer. Learn more about your next beer guide at Cicerone.org. Certified Cicerone, because it takes top talent to present a perfect pint. Did you know the Brewing Network's very own Code Right and Fool's son, Ryan Wolf, has opened a beer mecca in Missouri? The Wolf Brow House of Beer has hundreds of beers from all over the world and is conveniently close to I-70 in St. Peter's. Free tastings, Saturdays, 4 to 6 p.m., featuring special guests from local breweries. The best build-your-own six-pack around with every style represented. And kegged craft beer available for your kegerator, too. There's always something new at the Wolf Brow House of beer new and hard to find beer every week no two visits are the same just like passing out at the rat pad hi this is ryan from wolf brow house of beer mention the brewing network when you stop in for some cool free stuff mention jp for a swift kick in the ass the wolf brow house of beer beer with personal service from a member of the bn army this is code visit my son's shop or i'll yank the fuck bn website down www.wolfbrow.com 
Here's a bite for beer lovers. Soft caramel made with real craft brew and coated in chocolate. And hop drops. Hard candies made with real hop oil. Introducing Beer Candy from BeerCandy.com. Beer Candy's amazing caramels come in four mouth-watering flavors. IPA, bitter gold wrapped in smooth white chocolate. Lager made with a familiar beer from Boston and coated in milk chocolate. Lambic, soury Belgian goodness full of fresh raspberry and dipped in dark chocolate and stout roasty cocoa chocolate insanity hop drops are made with fuggles or cascade hops and are known as the candy that bites you back choose from sampler and full sizes of both and make your mouth jump to life all at beercandy.com hop drops and beer caramels satisfy your sweet tooth as only a beer lover could with beer candy visit beercandy.com today All right, BN Army, it's trivia time. What's the only homebrew shop with over 1,000 recipe kits, $4.99 shipping on orders over $100, and is also home of the Wolf Shirt? The one and only answer is Austin Homebrew Supply. For over 20 years, they've specialized in creating recipes such as the best-selling Texas Blonde Ale, Apocalypso, Hot Bomb 2.0, and Double Chocolate Stout. And they just recently unveiled their small grain kits that produce one gallon of beer. Visit Austin Homebrew homebrew.com to browse their extensive catalog of equipment and ingredients. They also have mini clone recipes of your favorite commercial beers. They're the exclusive retailer of Brew Vent Yeast Fuel as well, Yeast Nutrient, and the all-new Bodybuilder. Follow Austin Homebrew Supply on Google Plus to participate in video hangouts on popular brewing topics. So visit austinhomebrew.com today and make sure you sign up for their weekly email with news and specials. Austin Homebrew Supply, austinhomebrew.com. Hey guys, it's Push. June 26th, Wednesday, is the Brewing Network 8th anniversary party. And I'm supposed to uh, try to get you guys to show up and buy some tickets. And basically, if you don't come, you're kind of an idiot. If you're going to be at NHC, get yourself a ticket. Because this is sponsored by Northern Brewer and Midwest Home Brewing Supplies. And it's going to be huge. Justin may be a freaking moron, but he knows how to throw a party. So, show up. It's the 8th annual Brewing Network anniversary party. I can't believe we've been doing this for 8 years. But listen, it would mean a lot to me. If you go get yourself a couple tickets, show up, uh, and I'd love to meet you, shake your hand. We'll have a couple beers together and have a good time. It's going to be a blast. You never know what could happen. Last time I ended up with a freaking hop grenade tattooed to one of my legs. So uh, get your tickets today. Go to the Brewing Network Philly.eventbrite.com and hook yourself up, and I'll see you there in Philly. Cheers, brothers um, and sisters. Was that awkward? Anyway, it'll be a lot of fun. See you there. Wait till you can pour it out of your own kegerator. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, your friends will look at you with awe. And it's just hot. It is? It's so super hot. <laughs> the, the home of live beer radio. Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. You're listening to The Session. You're listening to The Brewing Network. Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. All right, dummies, don't forget you can go over to adamandeve.com right now, and for a limited time only, you can get uh, 50% off just about any one item, plus free shipping, plus three free adult DVDs from all sorts of different 
dirty genres or clean genres. I don't care what you're into, uh, but there's different ones, and you can pick three DVDs plus an extra gift. Uh, so uh, adult that we can't even tell you what it is and stuff. Uh, AdamandEve.com. Use coupon code BNARMY for all of this magic. You punch in B-N-A-R-M-Y. You get 50% off just about any item. You get three free adult DVDs. You get free shipping. That right there, by the way, stop. That's fine. That's perfect. That's awesome. But then you get a gift thing. Free gift? Yeah. What, can you mention it? Can't. <laughs> but you get it. <laughs> you go to Adam Too awesome. You can also use their mobile site. Uh, so if you just can't wait, you know, you're on the commuter train and sitting next to that creepy old dude and you just want to start looking at dildos, do it. Do it. I don't care. Do it. Right there on your mobile Yeah, phone. but you could probably share that BN code with that dirty old dude. He would appreciate it, too. That's true. Yeah, but he already knew it because it was tasty. <laughs> <laughs> right. AdamandEve.com. Go check it out right now. Uh, all right. So there's a couple of things that we have to do uh, that I forgot about. Right now we're going to do some beer news, but we also got to taste Tasty's Lager, uh, which we can't uh, forget to do. I mean, that would be... Because it's so special we can't mention it. Well, it'll be ser- yeah, it would be silly of us because we mentioned it in the beginning and then we could taste it and say, wow, it's so special tasting that we can't talk about it uh, on uh, uh, the Brewing Network. But that's not going to be the case. We're going to do that uh, in just a, uh, a minute. We'll talk about the... Have you tasted it? Uh, yeah, it's kind of cloudy. But anyway, we'll, we'll get it. We'll have it. We'll chunky. I don't know how to describe it. You can describe it yourself. All right, we'll yeah. come back to it in just a second. I'll explain to everybody what's happening uh, there. But first, a uh, little bit of beer news. It's the Brewing Network's Beer News, brought to you by Belgian Beer Me and Bamberg Beer Me Beer Tours. What do we got, Moscow? Well, it's a sad story, even though the uh, guitar music doesn't uh, connotate uh, just how devastating this leadoff uh, headline is, uh, which is that uh, our uh, our friends over there in the uh, Alabama uh, House of Representatives, fortunately, they passed HB9, the now infamous uh, homebrewing legalization bill. Right. And I say unfortunately because those guys have been writing our radio show for two years. Yeah. And now what? Now what? Now this is the end of the line of gold? I know. Uh, no more uh, magic moments from our friend. What's the dude's name? Alvin that, Holmes. That we really like. No, I was a little, little, little wine over. Yeah, I'm gonna, in a moment, I'm going to play uh, some uh, some more Alvin Gold from, from, from this uh, session, as oh. it were. Unbelievably, the man voted for it this time. <laughs> Uh, we're really? Gonna, yeah, we're gonna get to what hear. M-E-A-D, what is that? We're gonna get to hear his reasoning for why he uh, voted for it. It was um, it was brought again by uh, Mac McCutcheon, same guy that's been bringing it uh, all these years uh, in a row. It's now uh, legalized across the board, all fifty states. Oh, um, well, oh, really? I thought there was still one state left. Well, it was Mississippi, but now uh, they they actually legalized it a couple of weeks before Alabama did. I believe oh. last month. Yeah, I know, are we I, sure? I knew we were done in yeah. the last two. Okay. Yeah, they definitely did. Maybe it's like uh, stuck in Senate or something, but they definitely passed at least the first step, I, I believe, more okay. in Mississippi. And same uh, thing I thought it went there. through the Senate, but not the House. Yeah, I'm not sure it's yeah done in, in... Or one or the other, but not the other one. Or okay. Well, I, it's it's looking like it's going to be it's legal. It's obviously in got some too. support. Yes. Right. How are you going to make it in your home if you don't have the facility to make sure it's healthy? Well, this is well his, he makes a good point. It, this is his main point this year as well. You'll hear he actually perfected his um his his health argument, uh, oh. or I shouldn't say perfected. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He worked on it. He thinks he's got it figured out. 
<laughs> All right. All right. Well, see. it was two two hours basically of audio. Um, and really, know, they talked about it for two uh, hours, filibustering and and proposing outlandish amendments and etc. People cetera. don't have anything to do. They don't. But in the end, it did end up passing a fifty eight to thirty three, which is a pretty healthy margin. It it now moves to the Senate. Uh, so keep firing off uh, strongly worded letters and call your senators because a lot of that went on in the last couple of years and, and beyond. And, right. you know, that's a big reason why it keeps getting uh, brought up, and this time it passed. Wow. Yeah, now you get it's kind of weird to see the system work. Or, <laughs> actually, <laughs> now you get to go to the Senate, the smart guys. Well, no, in, in, in Alabama, it's done. It went all the way through. The governor signed it into law. Yeah, that's really? law. Okay. Yeah, that's that's the big news here is because it's gotten through uh, either the House or the Senate before, but never all the way. So it, I know it, at least in Alabama, it's a done deal. They, they, now they're all going to be wide out. It got signed in. So <laughs> well, so here I I pull out of the two hours of audio. I pulled about two minutes of uh, our friend uh, Mr. Holmes. Uh, is this just a montage of Holmes? It, it is, but yeah, oh. it's basically excerpts of, of his conversation with with Mr. with Mac McCutcheon, the the bill's uh, sponsor. Is he the dude we had on the show? Uh, no, that no. was Joe Hubbard, oh, who, that's who right. was just sort of a fan of Mr. McCutcheon and was sort of the, okay. he was the Colt forty five guy. Remember? Okay. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so uh, yeah, but you know, we did have a lot of just Alvin back when we did this originally, and this is actually you'll get to hear both sides. You get to hear uh, um, Mr. McCutcheon's response. Sure, recognize the gentleman from Montgomery, Mr. Holmes. Oh, yeah, and forgive me for the horrific audio. I have no idea why it's so bad this time. At you, the drops you just played from two years ago is great. I don't know what the hell they did with their audio recording equipment on the Senate floor, but it's, uh, oh been, boy, sorry. drinking wine. Yeah, please. Yeah. Uh, hey, for- it happens here. I, I can't blame them. For- uh, we fuck it up, too. Yeah, forgive us. Let me ask you a question. Hi. Uh, alcohol had a soul. In stores and uh, and through the ABC board is uh, regulated by health apparatus to make sure that it's healthy, it's not contaminated, in any kind of way. Who's going to examine this <laughs> to make sure that the uh, wine is not contaminated? Don't have e, uh, e. cola. You even easily can't get oh, e. e. cola. There's uh, there's no regulation. I feel like, I feel like I'm up? listening to Doc after a six-hour drunk show. Uh, it's just, everything's cut in half is all it is. I mean, yeah. Things are taminated. E. cola. E. cola. <laughs> we got E. cola classic and E. cola new. Uh, I just, the guy is like, a, he's like a caricature of himself. He is. Well, he's just throwing out stuff that he's heard. <laughs> He has no idea what he's. I talking got the feeling about. on every issue he's just like that. You know, they got ill-informed and just winging it. They got equipment to test it for tamination. Who's Tammy? Who's tamination? <laughs> I, that's probably his great granddaughter. Yeah, yeah, tamination. Tammy does need to get tested. By the way, <laughs> tamination. Right, be tested. Give for... us more. This is a personal issue. It's not for public use at all. If this bill pays, you got a fella up there. Your district gonna make some. I know, well, I know several people. You do? Supporting the bill now. What they gonna make? Wine or beer? A little, both. What kind of wine they gonna make? White wine or red wine? I don't know about that, man. You getting into the area, I don't, I can't Bill get that specifically. Could you check to see whether it's white wine or red wine, and if it's white wine, I'd like to get a couple bottles of it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you might be safer going to the store where it's been regulated for health reasons rather than going to. <laughs> oh, home yeah, oh, this not gonna. You not sure whether this gonna be uh, fine or not. There's no way to have no health screening on it. <sighs> uh, you can't stop people. I mean, people been making wine and beer 
uh, in their homes ever since the days of Jesus Christ. And you're not going to stop them. Very accurate. They've been owning whiskey steals ever since the beginning of time. Have you ever bought any beer uh, in the grocery store in Winn-Dixie? Mm-hmm. Winn Did you find that beer all right? There was something wrong with that beer. No, it's okay. Did that beer taste pretty good? <laughs> pretty good. Yeah, but yeah, if that beer tastes good, why you need this man to make something? So, Stop it, right? Stop. It's, it's the worst argument on planet Earth. It's a why do you need hey, to make your if you can buy it? Why do you need to make some more? You ever go down the store buy Wonder Bread? Yeah, <laughs> something wrong with that bread? Well, it's bread. I mean, it, it. You can make a sandwich with it. Yeah, I can make a sandwich with it. Then why do you need any other kind of bread? Why are you baking? Why are you bake? Why you got to bake well, another bread? Because you're going to fire in that oven. It's the worst argument in the world. It's like that. It's like a communist. Ar- you ever seen the cars in a communist country? Uh, they they barely. They're just. They're all the basic needs. They they have a door. <laughs> they have four wheels. They have a windshield. And they're great. And it's like going. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, what's wrong with that? Does it does it drive? Well, yeah, it drives. But does it get you from point? Well, yeah, but I'm cold. All the heat doesn't. But it, does it get you where you're going? Yeah. Then why do you need a different kind of car? It's such a communist outlook on 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 beer. Yes, it really does illustrate a much greater point problem, which is we if if there's nobody to oversee what you're doing, if the state can't come in and monitor you, yeah. you cannot be trusted. <laughs> Well, that and it might hurt somebody. There's well, there's that. that that's clearly a, a big basis of his thing. But then he's but he goes he goes even further to just say, well, we don't need it because there are other people doing it, which is so anti-American. I've never heard you know people stand up about America this and that, but they don't talk about shit like this. That is the most anti-American statement I've ever heard. It is because we already have it. You shouldn't try to make it better. Yeah. Don't try to do it on your own. Don't try to make it better. It's the worst thing that it's. Jesus, oh, he, he likes to hear like himself argue. Man. He likes to hear himself argue. Yeah, but then he brings God into it. <laughs> and did you realize that back then they made beer and wine because you couldn't drink the water? Well, it's a good point. It was for safety reasons. It was for they. It was safe then, but it's not safe now. Oh God! How you gonna make it in your home if you don't have the facilities to make sure it's healthy? It's not contaminated. You don't know it's not contaminated. What, what, what would it be contaminated with? It could be e- so e- goddamn contaminated. You could get some E. Cola in it. <laughs> Go ahead, please. Because it's a personal issue, it's oh, not man, for public. Sorry. Well, he's not making it for me. He's making it for himself, not for me. That's his choice, not mine. Not Good answer. He's he making it already. You just try to codify it, put it in the code to make it legal. He's already making it. How about checking with him when you go back home? He could he get me a well, what's, case of beer? Well, what's that arguing about? What, whose side is that even on? Uh, and if anything, that's on the other side. By admitting, uh, well, the guy's making it anyway. You're just trying to make it legal. Fine! If that's the only reason, it's good enough. Well, and you'll hear in a minute, that's actually the reason Alvin did end up voting for it. Like, I well, see. forget it. You know, he's making it anyway. You know what, Alvin? <laughs> that's the reason? Yeah, hey, you'll hear in a minute. How does Alvin the idiot get nominated? How does he elected. get vote elected? Rather, how does he hey, get elected? It's just like his. It's not even his first term. No, he, oh, he goes no. around the neighborhoods and he shakes hands and he kisses babies. Uh, he's contaminating yeah, those babies. Know, I was going to say what he's know? doing. How do we know? Contaminating every baby in Alabama. We're probably kissing his own babies. Go ahead. All right, please. twenty more <laughs> seconds. You'll hear finish That's out racist. here. I think you ever drink? You drank one first, and uh, <laughs> if you. If you're going to die on your way down here, then I know it's pretty good beer. Well, I better be careful drinking it on the way down here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like the rest of well, us. Well, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. 
I voted against it last year. I'm gonna vote for you then. If but you owe me. But uh, since he's already making it anyway, so look. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Did you? Did you? you know ca- what? Yeah, I heard. Since he's already making it, you know what, Alvin? Fuck you. Well, did you catch the uh, the uh, peanut gallery going crazy when he said it? Were oh. they booing? They were in shock. I hear saying <laughs> "oh, yeah." No, boo. You know, I don't know this guy. It drives me. It. I'm telling you, it's like watching a cartoon. And I said it when we did the show on it <laughs> that I feel like it's it's embarrassing. Like these are the kind of things that other countries are playing, going. This is your America, okay? This is your this is your all powerful America. What a mess. America. Yeah, we we said it now, not good enough. Yeah, I hate that argument. Well, but there's but don't you don't Do you like that beer at the store? Yeah. Well, then you don't need any other beer. We just need one beer with a label on it that says beer. That's all you need. There's going to be no more of this. This, this is it. <laughs> no, it's a, we already got enough Enjoy it beer. While you can. This guy's ruining my life. Yeah, we already got enough beer. Yeah. What need more for? Yeah. I just don't understand. Because uh, you can make me understand why you need to make your own beer. Oh, man. Well, Noah was a wino. That's all I have to say. <laughs> Noah was a wino. Well, you know what? On, on a lighter note, congratulations, Alabama. Yeah. You know? Come Long on. time coming. God damn it. I mean, people not being... You got to sneak around brewing beer? Did I mention it's expensive to make? <laughs> Never mind you got to sneak around, you know? All right, what else you got? Well, another one as it pertains to uh, the state and beer. Washington Governor Jay Inslee has proposed an excise tax on beer, not just for the big boys, uh, but also for microbreweries that sell fewer than 60,000 barrels a year, uh, also for nanobreweries. And then there's a new term, or new to me at least, Pico Breweries. Which I've are never heard of that. Basically just yeah. like beer lemonade stands. Yeah, they're smaller than, they're kind of like between. Well, I guess I would be a Pico. I don't like you that name. Be, yeah, I'd Pico. be a Pico brewer. That's a stupid name. Small it's it's metric. It is? Yeah. <laughs> it's gay. Beer is definitely a luxury. No question about that. So it's it's therefore subject to this kind of tax. But what's unusual here is the amount of the increase. Beer is a right, sir. <laughs> sir. The, uh, <laughs> the proposal would jack up the per barrel tax an astonishing 325%, which more than quadruples the rate. Uh, last week, Washington House Democrats unveiled uh, their version of the beer tax, which would only, quote-unquote, double the rate uh, for small breweries. Uh, pundits are saying that the governor... Why would you only double the rate for small breweries? On what planet does that make sense? No, I mean, o- only double rather than quadruple. Oh, only double. I see. What I if- thought you meant it only pertained to small breweries. Oh, no. Oh. I mean, only instead Only right, double instead of, instead of triple. Okay, right. sorry. Okay, go on. Uh, the pundits are saying that the uh, governor is uh, likely to go along with it, uh, but still, I mean, even if that is what happens, what what tax gets doubled? So yeah. I, I it's a sin tax. This. It's another one of these sin taxes. Well, but it's but it's still uncommon, <laughs> that, that rate of increase, because I looked it up. Like, you know, is, it, is this just a big deal to us because it's beer? Um, answer, not really. Uh, the the steepest one time tax increase the, the state once proposed raising taxes on cigars by five hundred percent. The all time winner though was when Seattle boosted a drainage tax on agricultural lands in the city by eight hundred and thirty five percent. Otherwise, uh, an increase of double or more is is really rare. Right. Yeah. Well, because it's stupid. Well, and yeah, I mean, it, and there's a million tiny brewery owners that are you know getting quoted in blogs and stuff going, I can't, what am I supposed no, to do, man? You're already paying your tax. You're not happy paying that tax? Why do you need to double that tax? <laughs> right. So what's it going to be for Thank a you, Alvin Holmes. 
What's the tax going to be? Um, I only have percentages. Oh. Forgive me. I mean, just know that whatever it was, it wasn't be ridiculously low before. I don't. It no. was not. No, I've uh, read a little bit about this. It was right. not ridiculously low okay. before, right. and in fact, this does make it rid- uh, sort of ridiculously high, especially comparatively when you're a small brewer yeah. uh, compared to a big brewer. Now, does it make it prohibitive to sell beer? No, it does not. I, I don't. I, in, in my look at the numbers, I, I, I think that uh, it doesn't make it pro- uh, prohibitive, but. But it is ridiculous. And here's what I think happens. I'm no expert on this shit. Everybody knows that. But I think when <laughs> here, here. when when uh, everybody's budget, whether it's a local budget or state budget or a federal budget, everybody's budget is fucked because people can't figure out how to do that sort of thing. You look at what industries are doing well. And almost always it's a sin industry, by the way. It's almost always uh, alcohol, tobacco, uh, you know, sex. Uh, so you, you, you figure out how to, you, you tax what's doing really well. And in a bad economy, what's doing really well? Fucking beer and cigarettes and alcohol and all the other things. Mm-hmm. Um, but who spends a bunch of money uh, in Washington? Well, cigarettes spend a bunch of money. Uh, there's even some big alcohol companies. Big beer spends a bunch of money. Does small beer spend money in Washington? No, they do not. Small beer spends money at the Brewers Association, and they're the spokespeople for the for the small craft brewers. But that's a small lobby. It's a tiny thing. It's more voices than it is cash. But there's so much cash being made in the craft beer. Mind you, it's cumulative. It's not like one guy making all the cash. It's this cumulative of what is it now, 2,700, 2,500 plus breweries in the country making cash cumulatively. Well, you tax all of them together, and who does well? The state government will do well, and the federal government does well, but all of those little breweries, they don't do well. And all of a sudden, they got to figure it out, too. They're having a, I don't know. I just think that people look at who's booming. Well, tax that shit. We'll put a finer point on it, even. It's not just that they're booming. It's also that who's going to argue with that? Oh, well, tax cigarettes. No one raises their hand and defends cigarettes any longer. Well, that's or, or true. Beer, you know. However, they would get more backlash from taxing cigarettes by the people spending money to keep cigarettes from being taxed. Bigger, not by the public. bigger but, lobby. So, in other words, not only are people not going to complain... But the people with any money aren't going to complain about taxing small breweries. You know, no lobbyist in the country is going to go, no, don't tax those small breweries. They don't give a shit. So nobody's going to get slapped on the wrist. No politician is going to get Right, that's what I mean. What There's yeah. no backlash yeah, yeah. from the public or from lobbyists. Right. Yeah. It's not, that's not unpopular. You say, but I'm going to cut the fire department. Well, you can't do that. Oh, <laughs> well, that happens. But it's, it's bad practice. I think it's bad practice, but it's going to happen. And I think it's unfortunate because part of the... Re- you know, you don't... We got to figure out other solutions. It's not taxing small business. It's not the solution. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> now that you're a small business. Well, and and you know that's part. You of should it. worry about it if you actually make money. I'll tell you what. Uh, when tax time comes around, it's a little different nowadays than it was in the beginning. You know, you're allowed to operate at a loss for a few years before they start calling it a hobby. Yes, and uh, you know we we actually there's a profit. We're not a nonprofit organization here. And when we started to turn a profit. I will tell you this, I was goddamn amazed at the amount of taxes, uh, the small business taxes that we owe. And uh, I'm not saying the, I don't really get into the argument about tax the rich and tax the poor. It's not necessarily what I mean. But what I mean is small business, an industry like craft beer is doing fantastic. Why fuck with that? Why are you going to add on taxes to an industry? In in the of all the industries failing right now, and all the money, how difficult it is to make a profit year after year. Craft beer is doing well; they're growing, they're thriving. We're getting more business, more breweries. We're uh, creating more jobs. You're going to tax that. You're going to put something on the back of the people 
that I just, it's bad practice. Well, the small guys it's are going to have to cut somebody out. They're going to lose jobs. Yep. Uh, one or two per brewery, probably. Yep. Um, well, they've already passed on the expenses of ingredients to us, right? We're paying eight bucks, nine bucks, ten bucks for a six pack of our favorite beer. Right. We'll accept that. But there's a point where even beer nerds are going to go, fuck you. I'm not paying $15 for a six pack of beer. And it might not necessarily be the brewery's fault. If they gotta add taxes on, it's gotta just, come out somewhere. It's gotta come somewhere. I was explaining to my sixteen-year-old on the way to school. He didn't have any clue on what's income tax, so I kind of explained to him about that. When he goes, "Well, what, what's your what's your income tax rate?" <laughs> yeah, oh, and maybe. I, yeah, and I think out of his words was. Holy shit. <laughs> right. But you did explain to him that thanks to guys like you, the state of California is financially in great shape because there's so much revenue. Oh, wait a minute. Well, and that's yeah. probably more to the point is just why are we fixing it in the wrong places? You know, listen, yep. prove to me that this is a smart decision and that these are the people that should be paying taxes. I'm a logical person. I'm a smart guy. I'll look at that and go, fine, do it. That's right. We we have services the government provides and somebody has to pay for them. But I, that can't be well, proved. I guarantee you there's no proof for that. Do it the other way around. Right tax on the sales tax the people that are buying the beer yeah rather than the guy trying to produce the beer because that's one way yeah the guy's trying to produce the beer he's also trying to keep a small brewer he's trying to keep eight people right employed well i don't want to harp on it but it's 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 a band-aid it's again it's back to what it's looking at the budget and going hey our budget's fucked who's doing well Craft beer. Let's tax. Yeah, it's it's a it's a very very temporary solution to a permanent problem. Yeah, yeah. I don't like it. Uh, me neither. Uh, our friend Jen Talley, this I do like. Um, she's been on this here program a bunch of times. Uh, squatters and the, and when she was on the program, Red Hook, right? That is correct. Okay. Uh, uh, neither one going forward, actually, uh, because she uh, has been in a Sonoma County searching for uh, a place to live because she's going to be brewing with Vinny at Russian River. Ah, Ooh. I think I saw this on my friend Jay Brooks. You can go to the Brooks and Beer Bulletin if you're looking for good beer news. I think he saw, uh, I saw it there. They hired her as their head brewer now. I guess she's not starting his head. Right. So she, the plan is for her to eventually take over the barrel program. Uh, she'll start out as a shift brewer. And uh, once Kevin Robinson leaves to uh, concentrate on his new venture, Divine Brewing, it's called, uh, Jen's going to become the lead brewer. Yeah. Uh, Vinny uh, joked, she has a lot more experience than I do. Mm. She's been around a lot of breweries. <laughs> he makes a good point. Now, of course, Vinny is a, a, a brilliant brewing mind. But he's only been at a, a couple breweries, and he's owned them all, I think. <laughs> well, one of them was partially owned or something. That means we get Jen in the uh, studio? Well, that's what I was going to say. The next Vinny show we do, he's got to bring Jen down. Jen's a badass. Uh, her beer at Squatters uh, was awesome. It was a great interview talking to her about Red Hook. Um, I don't know if the beer was all that great, but that's not Jenny's situation. But she's a badass. That's a great asset for Vinny. Indeed. And actually, I think if we're going to have him in studio, forget Vinny and Jen. Let's get uh, Natalie and Jen. Well, that's a good, so just leave Vinny out of it entirely. We really yeah. got two good chairs. Yeah, See, this is why there. Scott's the producer, I'll tell you right now. Well, Russian River is thrilled to have her. It's easy to see why, like we're just saying. Jen's been one of the most uh, important and influential figures in brewing for more than two decades. Um, she... Uh, you know, she's set to make uh, Russian River more of a powerhouse brewery than it already is, and it frees Vinny to concentrate on, uh, as uh, Jay Brooks uh, put it, big picture issues. Right. Which could mean new Expansion. brewery. Uh, really? Say, uh, I asked him that the other night. No. Oh, what did he say? He didn't answer you, did he? Didn't answer me. He's good at uh, he's <laughs> yeah he's good he's good at not answering. He's yeah. one of the best because most people oh. I can get around, but he's good. Just gives you a little smile and he doesn't and sure. doesn't answer. Right. 
Oh, oh, he's great at that. <laughs> Bastard. Hey, real quick, before you go to another story, um, let's see. Pulled pork slapper in the chat room. <laughs> it's so, like, it's like preemptively uh, making the message irrelevant yeah, when, you, when you give your chat room names. But anyhow... Uh, he wants Susie to tell Justin that there's a protest at the Washington State Capitol this Friday to get the word out, um, so to get more people involved to protest this mm. stupid tax. Okay. So look into that if you're in the Washington, uh, D.C. area and you want to get involved in protesting this, do it. Wait, 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 wait. He oh, just sent me another message saying oh, he fucked that up. The of protest he was today. He just found out. <laughs> <laughs> Good job, pulled pork slapper. Late for the party. The and, Soap Brewing Network. And How'd it go? <laughs> the screen name is instantly justified. <laughs> All right. Anyway. Um, okay, what else? There, i got a couple phone calls to get to, too. Uh, there is a water fight taking place in Cold Spring, Minnesota. Maybe it's a beer fight. Uh, there's a brewery up there uh, in Cold Spring, um, and uh, it's just, it's actually a really small city. You know, We talk about it a lot because there's canning operations that go on there, and et cetera. There's only 4,000 people that live there. Two it, neighbors their beer there. That's right. Uh, it's called Third Street Brew House. They use water from a local well to produce their beer, uh, but uh, more state. The Department of Natural Resources uh, now says that it is negatively affecting some trout in a nearby stream. Uh, trout before people. Uh, the local paper up there, the St. Cloud Times, they reported that uh, the DNR is forcing Third Street oh. to cut their water consumption by 80% next year, which will force the owners to rely instead on an already strained city water system. Uh, Public Works Director Paul, whatever, says he is scrambling to find a new well for them by the February deadline. The city had already been looking for new wells due to the high nitrate levels at existing wells. Uh, Mr. Paul uh, said that uh, he's been pushing to get the brewery an extension. I don't even like trout. I don't give a shit yeah but and then the, all the wells you got so many cattle up there you know, moo cows <laughs> they're they're pooping everywhere that's where all the nitrates are coming from uh, so mm-hmm. i don't know what to say about this you know breweries are, are it's a wasteful industry uh breweries waste a lot of uh of water mostly a bit, bit of energy too uh ev- there's they're really looking at at ways to try to get that down uh alaskan was it uh yeah. in your last news right. story just found a new way to reuse um yeah boiling their grain and using the energy from the steam yeah i mean overall it's a wasteful uh, making beer you waste a hell of a lot of resources uh comparatively to make a gallon uh, of beer so it's it's tough to argue with that um I would be hard pressed to find that one brewery though is making the full impact on the fucking trout uh you know i wonder why the, again i wonder why they're the ones being hit uh, with the problem, maybe there's some other industries along the same uh, river using water that are less profitable than the brewing industry. So who gets hit? Or it's possible that it is happening and we're just not reporting it because this is a beer show and not a aluminum manufacturing show. But it, it <laughs> yeah. could be not I'm speculating, of course. But yeah, yeah, it, it's I hard, don't know. Hard to say. It's a tough decision. Uh, you know, I I like the environment. I like fish. I guess I don't care. I don't <laughs> yeah, give a shit. Do you like you, do you like people more? <laughs> It's not as if they're like uh, it's not as if they're like saving babies and they're being asked to stop save babies for the fish. You know, they're making beer and, and beer's nice. Yeah, but it's human prosperity. It's more than just beer. <laughs> it, I mean, yeah, right. this, this brewery has to employ people and pay rent on the space they're in, well, etc. Now you don't want to kill all the fish. Though. <laughs> Can we just keep a few fish I'm and sure the, the beer? Fish are fine. The fish <laughs> are fine. Good job. <laughs> Can we keep a couple of tree fish in the water and we got the beer? It's fine. That's your trout. Throw right a couple in the tank and call it a day. <laughs> <laughs> open an aquarium. It's fine. 
I don't know. I don't know the situation of the trout. I don't know the plight of the trout, Scott. One more story, and then we'll go to the phones. Uh, this one's kind of half announcement, half news story. Uh, Boundary Road Brewery, they're the best-selling craft uh, brewery down in uh, New Zealand. They are once again seeking an international brewer for the opportunity of a lifetime. I'm, I'm doing this here in news and not announcements just because it's, it's such a cool thing. Uh, it's a month-long brewing residency uh, with the chance to create craft beer masterpieces, sit on a beach or two, uh, and then get kicked out by overzealous immigration officials. what happened last time. They did it last <laughs> year. Uh, Boundary Road hosted Spike Bukowski of Terrapin Beer Company. We know Spike. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he was their inaugural resident that did this last year. Um, I'll take it. I'm going to do it. I'm a, I'm a qualified brewer. I've been I've been brewing for a couple of weeks now. You're gonna, you're gonna get there and be like, "Holy crap! Your ingredients are really expensive, man." <laughs> yeah, you pay this much. You got to ship all the way down here. <laughs> Let me call more beer and see if I can help you out. Uh, I'll do it. I'm in. Well, the package includes flights to New Zealand. It's in. in about May or June or so. You can just take off. JPL host, yeah? Yep. Uh, it's a travel allowance, accommodations. Uh, those interested or uh, those simply bored at work uh, can uh, email brewmaster at brb.co.nz or just Google all this and you'll find out. I'm emailing right now. It sounds right up my alley. All, all the sheep you can befriend. Yeah, free airfare, <laughs> free hotel. Uh <laughs> All the sheep I can befriend. <laughs> I probably don't have to kill any trout. There's no trout in New Zealand, wherever they are. I don't care. Where and they if are. there were, screw them. <laughs> I'm in. I'm going to do it. I'm a great brewer. You wait till you see. Wait till you taste my. They'll kick you out way before that month. <laughs> <laughs> taste All right, my evil twin milk. Uh, that is the news brought right. to you by Belgian Beer Me and Bamberg Beer Me Beer Tours, offering eight pleasure-filled tours each year. Treat yourself to the beer tour of a lifetime today. Details at Belgian Beer Me and BambergBeerMe.com. Love it. Uh, Tasty, let's get that beer going, and let me go to the phones while we're doing that. We got Casey, uh, uh, sorry, we have Ghost on the line, who Susie says on a scale of 1 to 10, he's a 9. Uh, what? Ghost, did, hey, you, did you pass you out the whole time you've been on hold? How you doing, buddy? <laughs> no, I've been on hold like all day. Not a boy. How you doing? We're doing all right. What are you doing? You hammered? <sighs> no, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm fucking hammered. <laughs> Where are you from? Uh, I live in Milwaukee. All right. Well, I'm Joe. I'm the guy who called in earlier and asked Gabe questions early in the interview. Okay. You sound a little but, drunker, um, that's for sure. Yeah. You were so Yeah, early. I'm a little, little drunker. Susie's making fun of me for that. What have you been drinking? Uh, Homebrew or, or commercial beer? All commercial right now. I'm brewing tomorrow. I was supposed to brew today, but I had to go into my new job today, so I couldn't brew. <laughs> Do you, are you going into your new, new job, job tomorrow, too? No, I, I, I'm off tomorrow. Thank God. What's your new job? I, uh, I'm a manager at a hotel, and we have a brand new hotel that's being built here in Milwaukee, and I, uh, I'm going to be a front desk manager there, so i got a couple of weeks left in my old job, and I'm going to start the new job at a brand new place. It'll be cool. You being in the hotel business for a while? Yeah, a real a long time, probably like six, seven years. You ever bang, any of, the, you ever bang any of the uh, maids in the, in the hotel rooms? No, nah, jelly maids aren't that hot. It's all, it's all about the uh, skinky rich girls that stay there because their parents have a lot of money. You ever That's banged any of the skanky rich girls in the in the hotels you've been working at? Uh, I've I signed a lot of a uh, you know confidentiality agreements in my hotels, so no comment. But I've had a good time. Well, he, I guess he called them skanky for a reason. <laughs> right? <laughs> you married now? No, I live with my girlfriend, who's very angry and now in bed. I think or in our office in our place. Angry at you? Because she got pissed off like like literally ten minutes after we started the session tonight. She got. Very angry that I was playing it loudly in the kitchen and sitting here with a few bombers next to me. She didn't like off. the silky smooth uh, voice of the host. 
Well, she loves you, Justin, but she hates the uh, obscene, angry voice of the boyfriend when she has law school tomorrow and has to do things to make us make money in the future. I see. So she loves us, but she hated her boyfriend's call to the show. That's a first. Yeah, that's exactly it. I, I, was, I was calling in you guys earlier, asking uh, Gabriel those questions when she walked in, and she looked at me, and she got all pissed off and stormed the fuck out. So, How does your girlfriend, what, up. Uh, what behavior, other than that loud phone call, because you were sober then, when you get drunk, what behavior do you exhibit that she knows you're drunk? Uh, Justin, I was a speech and debate coach at a bunch of high schools for like seven years. Uh-huh. I, I, I project very well. I'm a fucking loud motherfucker. <laughs> so... She, I guarantee she hears this phone call word for word right now. <laughs> I get very angry and I right. have a very terrible off day tomorrow. Listen, I can. This is one of my drunken things. I relate to this guy. Is uh, I, same thing from all the speech and communication and debate. I'm pro, I'm just talking. I just feel like I'm projecting or whatever. And people are like, "Dude, you're, you stop yelling at me." So I'm yelling through the house. I'm I get yelling. yelled at about that all the time. You're just, get, you're just getting <laughs> excited. I'm just not yelling. I'm just talking. <laughs> I know, I'm just talking. What the fuck? <laughs> me and Ghost. Me and Ghost needs to be my new co-host at the end of the show. We're just I like- need to. You guys need to fly me out to Cali. I love San Francisco. Hey, I love it. San Francisco's fine. I'm not angry. I know. I was wearing a tornado fucking hoodie all day. <laughs> I'll go to tornado tomorrow. I don't even give a shit. Fuck yeah. I don't have anybody to fly there, but I totally would. Yeah, I'll get on a flight. It's fine. I'm just impatient. I'll play JP any day. There you go. That was some good enunciation yeah. by both of you. <laughs> yeah, I try. Uh, well, Even when I'm drunk, I try. We're both taminated. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, Ghost. Uh, you discerned some points uh, from. Being... I hope I did. I, I've lost so many fucking times. <laughs> <laughs> You're tired of losing. Fucking losing, man. Whatever it takes. You get somebody who's better than me. Let me fucking call back and know what I got to do because I will fucking own them. <laughs> All right, Ghost, you're in the running, brother. I fucking hope I am. Thank you. Later. Uh, let's go to Casey from Folsom. Casey, what's happening? Hold on. Hey, buddy. Oh, shit. How you doing? <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Sorry. And, uh, you got me. You got me. You got me like mid piss. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> did you uh, pinch it off, or did you? Or what'd you do? You shake it. Uh, I did the uh, the thing where I kind of squeezed it up to make sure I didn't pee my pants later. <laughs> that, that, the internal taint push. Yeah. The taint push, yeah. Yeah, yeah that a boy. Got to do it. <clears throat> you drunk again, Casey? <laughs> uh, yes. I know it makes me sound bad because everyone hears me when I'm drunk or whatever, calling for the week or the thing, and yeah. But you're only drunk once a week, right? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Just once a week, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just once a week, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah see? <clears throat> how drunk are you this week compared to uh, two weeks ago? I was more drunk two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I blacked out, and I woke up, and I couldn't find my glasses <laughs> or any, and I, I didn't even remember falling asleep, and then I was confused, and <laughs> I never found my glasses. And then it turns out he doesn't even wear glasses. <laughs> yeah, it turns out he's blind. He didn't even have eyeballs. Yeah, that's weird. Uh, all right. And uh, so, uh, what number on a scale of 10 were you last week? Or last time? A couple weeks ago. I was an 11, and today I'm a 9. A 9. All right. 
Okay, well, you do sound drunk, Casey, and I, I feel that you are earning Drunk of the Week status. Uh, right now, my vote's with Ghost. Uh, he's drunker, but but you're in there, and that's just my vote. I'm just being honest. That, that's cool. I think uh, I think another person deserves to win Drunk of the Week. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so egalitarian. Well, now that he's giving it away, oh, I'm thinking he's drunk. Yeah, I think you are drunk. <laughs> I'm making good decisions. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly, he's making shitty decisions. There. Yeah, those are the kind of girls I like. All right, Casey, <laughs> you're in the running, brother. Thank you. Later. Uh, all right, let's taste this beer. We got more calls coming, and you can call in for drunk of the week right now yeah, if you want. Triple eight four zero one beer. I did. So this is Tasty's uh, Lager, and, and just a, a very brief recap. Uh, same wort, same yeast. Uh, Doc produced the the wort and the yeast starter, but uh, Tasty does a ferment that uh, allows his lagers to finish in a couple weeks, whereas Doc does the traditional German uh, five week, six week or so. Yeah. Um, so this one is now uh, well two weeks old, right, two Tasty? Weeks. Yeah, I pitched the yeast two weeks ago this morning. What is the what is the the process that that makes you feel like you can finish it in, in two weeks rather than the traditional? All right. Well, I, I accelerate the temperature. Uh, the te- for instance, uh, on this beer, on uh, you know, I I pitched at uh, fifty five degrees. That was my essentially my cold fer- fermentation temperature. And then uh, on day four, I raised it to uh, to uh, fifty five. And then on day six, I raised it to fifty eight. Now on 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 day four, when I raised it to fit to fifty five, it was at fifty one percent to to final gravity. Okay. So what I do initially is I say, okay, it's a ten fifty two beer. I estimate it's going to finish at ten ten. Just throw that out there. It may finish at ten eight or ten twelve, whatever it finishes at. In the end, I know what it finishes at, so I just kind of put the numbers back in. Okay. But my goal is to make the first temperature rise when the beer is fifty percent uh, fermented. Okay, so whatever those numbers are, you'll you'll just right. so mark fifty percent. So that's how I kind of go for three changes: fifty-five or fifty, seventy-five, and ninety percent. Okay, that's where I'm changing the temperature, and that's what I did here. So at fifty, you raise it. It was just a degree, three degrees, three degrees. Okay, yeah. And then, and then two days later, uh, when it was at seventy-six uh, percent, I raised it uh, four degrees to sixty-two. And then, and then two days later, it was at ninety-three percent there uh, at ten fourteen. I raised it to sixty-six. So basically, seventy-six percent of the fermentation takes place at fifty-eight and below, as a lager should is what. Well, you're saying. maybe yeah, but you know, I'm just. I guess the point is that it it's not you know it's not all at a cold temperature, but the vast majority is at, is at cooler, arguably lager temperatures. With the principle being then that that any of the flavors that might be uh, unfavorable to a lager aren't going to be uh, accentuated because most of it's happening when it's cold anyway. Exactly, right. So, okay. yeah, and I never, you know, at 66, when I raised it to 66 for the final two days, it was already 93% uh, complete. Okay. And that, you know, that's the part where it, you know, it's trying to clean itself up at a warmer temperature. As compared to, like, lagering, it's doing that cleanup, that last 7% at, yeah. At like fifty degrees or fifty five degrees, whatever you got it at, okay. maybe even colder. Yeah, even colder, close to freezing. Okay, it just takes a long time, which is okay. It's just in a production brewery or a home brewery. We're trying to get beer to move along. It's this is just a way to do it. So, and with this experiment, we're we're looking to see if if maybe it's not necessary to to well, wait at I those think, cold temperatures. I think we're going to say that the Doc's beer is going to be better, but we could say, well, but if I had a brewery, would my customers yeah. really know the difference? Or if you're a home brewer. Right, and you don't, you know, homebrewers want to make their beer and drink it in a reasonable amount of time. Yeah, I do because I'm a homebrewer. <laughs> <laughs> you just I'm get used drinker. to the idea. I can tell. 
<laughs> and you want to drink it all up. Right. But, uh, yeah, it's... A lot of home brewers don't, uh, they don't want to even start a lager knowing it's going to take them six or eight weeks. Well, let's clarify again. The style of this beer is a Dortmunder, uh, which is a German lager. Uh, What are some of the characteristics that we would expect from a a Dort? Uh, A Dortmunder falls kind of somewhere in between a Helles and a a Pilsner. Okay. Pilsner is going to be more hop forward or more bitter. A Helles is going to be on the sweeter side, where it's going to be more balanced and a little bit stronger. Okay. The Dort so, will be a little stronger. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but it's basically, you're, you're looking for a balance. But it could also have some of the sweeter characteristics of a Hellas. Yeah. Uh, just not all the way there. Yeah, it's going to have that breadiness. It's going to have that kind of round, okay. nice flavor to it. Uh, this one I designed to be not a, a high-gravity beer. Yeah. Because I wanted it to ferment out fairly fast. Uh, so I, you know, if, I would usually do one of these at a... 1057 uh, but I, I wanted this one to be about a 1052 but i also uh did a lower mash at a longer temperature or a longer time lower lower temperature uh i also instead of using what i normally would was all uh german pilsner i used uh, about of the of the main grist uh, about 60% of it is going to be the German Pilsner, but then I used American two-row for the other 30%. Mm, okay. Uh, that way, because it's got a lot of higher higher diastatic, it's going to it's gonna basically make it a drier beer just because it's going to convert more. Okay. And I want to convert it at a lower, lower, lower temperature. So I mashed this thing at 144, maybe. Okay. And uh, then it went straight up to the mash out at that point. So... Tasty, did this version ferment all the way out in in my glass right here, where you want it to be? Well, it's, it stopped fermenting, so it's at ten eleven. I think Doc said his is our is at ten ten right 10, now. Ten ten now. It's but I, I was 10. in a carboy. He's in a conical, and there could be. So there's there's some variables. Okay. In that all the way around. Just in the uh, ferment the vessel geometry. That's going to make a considerable difference. So okay. Th- one of the one of the things here is uh, with a lager, and most of the off flavors or the. The, if you do a lager at a warmer temperature, all the fruity flavors are going to come out if, at a higher temperature. But what he's doing, he's doing most of the ferment at a colder temperature, which is where the off flavors come out, and then it just starts mowing through. Yeah. And you're not going to throw as many of the of the fruitier flavors off. Well, let me start with the easy part, and that is that this beer is fantastic. It's a, it's a very nice beer. Uh, at I'm, two weeks, it's I'm fantastic enjoying it. beer it's, at two it's weeks. It's a really good beer, uh, yeah. And in fact, it doesn't... Uh, it doesn't taste young. It doesn't. T- if, whether it was an ale or a lager, uh-huh. it doesn't have like oh, you you just finished this yesterday flavor. Uh, so I'll start. That's the easy part. I guess where it gets more complex now is where we're going to talk about some of the other subtle differences. A Dortmunder, in my experience, and I'll tell you, my experience is actually with, with the, the two of you. Each of Doc's uh, made it his own Dortmunder, and Tasty's made his. I love them both. They they tend to be a they can have a little bit of a fruity flavor to them compared to say a, a pilsner all right I can, so I can expect a little Tends bit of fru- to, yeah. uh, just a little bit of that and I think that's the sweetness that you're talking about where it leans mm-hmm. toward the hellas this one um, it definitely does have some some fruity characteristics that are I think I, I recognize as a Dortmunder but maybe they're going past it just a little bit too. Just yeah. a little, but I really mean a little bit tasty, and I'm not being well, that, nice. I mean it's just a little. The beer is not quite clear. Uh, yeah. My normal process when I 
when I used this technique in the past was to filter the beer. It uh, ah, well, if I, if I can get the yeast out of it, it's not going to taste. That's as, the, as so one thing I get out of this is uh, it's, it's got that still got a yeast bite to it. Okay, yeah. Uh, so it's it's, it's not. Cloudy by any means. It's pretty dang no, it's clear. Not, yeah. right, right. But you still, you can smell it and you can taste it. It's just got that sharp tartness of the yeast bite to so it. So that's an interesting point because if you do the six-week process, you don't necessarily have to filter. It's going to drop out. Oh, yeah, mechanic. Yeah, but, so maybe with your process, it could still work uh, and, and get to, to where the six-week uh, one would have done if you had filtered this beer. Well, except, except the thing I'm validating is that you could actually make it and consume it in two weeks. Yeah. Like, but by filtering. Hey, so I think that's why it's good we taste it now so we can say, okay, mm-hmm. this is what our trade-off would be. It's going to be sort of estuary and, you know, kind of a more yeast character Just out we, of for a two-week beer. Just out of curiosity, if, if you were to filter it now for the for the side-by-side tasting... It'll be as well filtered. It be a, it's going to clear up. Well, but I guess what I mean is... If you filtered it, it now and we tasted it now? Would it be a more mm-hmm. accurate depiction... Uh, as a side by side, oh yeah, rather than yeah. let it happen naturally, because that's really what Doc's doing too. Although his is still fermenting, of course. But if you just let it sit until Doc's is ready, well, that's the natural lagering process, and the experiment isn't really the natural lagering process. I'll be lagering. So I wonder. I, it, right? I wonder if you should filter it this week. Mm. Well, I've already carbonated. Ah, and I under, okay, my, point, under yeah. the plate filter, it's hard to carbonate. Yeah, okay. I don't, I don't well, like just a thought. But that is a good point. Uh, that would have been a better thing to do was to. Get the yeast out so they stop mm-hmm. the lagering, the lagering yeah. side of it. Yeah. Okay. But I, uh, if, he, I do, if, if he filtered this and got that just a tiny bit of yeast bite out of this, two weeks for a lager this is amazing. Well, yeah. With my palate, tasty. If you gave me this beer and go, hey, I brewed this Dortmunder. Yeah, it'd be like a Dortmunder. Yeah. I wouldn't question whether you did it for two weeks or six weeks. Right. right? It's that close, Doc. I'm at least that. Yeah. Uh, it does. It's just, a, to me, it's slightly fruity. I guess now that you've mentioned it, it's one of those things that uh, you pick up on it. I think you're right about a little bit of yeast bite in there. That's a, that's. What do you good. think about a Tasty this one? I think I want to add some peach to it. <laughs> <laughs> right. And go win some awards. A couple of them. Yeah. Paul? That's my best um, beer. I'm getting a little bit of the fruity estuary. I mean, it's a little bit on the ale side of being a lager, mm-hmm. um, but it is a great beer. Yeah. What's the yeast? Uh, it was a uh, German Bach. Okay. It's an 812, I'm not sure. 833 is the German Bach. Is it 833 then? That's a great, that's a great use. That's to me the uh, California 001 of uh, lager yeah, use. Yeah, it acts the same mm-hmm. way. Okay. Yeah. They can beat it up and it still comes out shining. Yeah. Well, without doing the side-by-side, which I'm very interested to do, because that's going to reveal, I think, a lot more of the differences... Just with this right now, I'm willing to say that your method works, Tasty, and that uh, well, yeah, it should it be well considered. Enough. Yeah, if it works well enough. I think if a pub made this beer in a you know seven barrel batch and start serving it on day fifteen, the customer would say, and they yeah, filter, it's a great lager. And exactly. they filtered it even better. Yeah, filter it, sure. Um, but yeah. that doesn't mean you get to do it. No. I, so it, it takes some skill, that's for sure. Well, because you have to know how to measure things, which apparently <laughs> I can't do to save my life. Uh, I like the method. I, the, in principle, it, it does seem to uh, try to accommodate for the problems with fast fermentation. Tasty, right? That is, let it it's be a, cold for most of it. It's a good way to do it. And then let it clean yep. up at the end by heating it up. You know, not heating, but letting it rise. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you could modify it. You could say, well, let's do it in three weeks. Let's keep it at the primary for like a whole like 
10 days. Yeah. And then you can let it, you know, get the last 10% at higher temperature. Did it free rise to those other temperatures? Or you actually no, had to no, heat I it? had heat cool going. I had to, yeah, I had yeah. to move it up, push it up. Right. Wow, what an interesting experiment. I'm excited to try the side-by-side because mm. I think it, this is a great beer, Tasty. Great. I'm going to probably have two conicals, and they're, I was discussing with Tasty about it, too. They're, one is, I would say, is finished, but maybe 5%. The other one's still bubbling. Are they different-sized conicals? Yes, they are. So, again, to the testament, of, and, and Tasty did his in a carboy, the, yeah. the, the, the size of the vessel and the shape of it, Right. Matters. Uh, he was saying too is you know when you got a bottom fermenting yeast, it's different because of the pressures down there than than a top fermenter. I Surface see. Area. Uh, okay. But it, I, I definitely see the. I pitched uh, same one went in, same thing pitched, oxygenated. It's all pretty much the same. It's just the the geometry of this vessel. Right. And they are behaving differently. I measured them out today, and ones that. Ten nine and a half ish, and it's really not doing much. And the other one is ten eleven with a bigger one. It's going slower, but it's bubbled, still bubbling away. Mm. Well, since you have so much of it, you should probably fill up several of the BN warheads and bring them to me. <laughs> I only have one BN warhead. Take a box. I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> Take a box. Bring them back. You know the bring beer, back full. The beer that's in this warhead was pouring cold about five minutes ago. We poured the last. I know. It's, it's coldest a, like out of a fridge. That's amazing. Crazy. And it, it, it's probably been in there six hours. What is like a f- miracle of modern science or yes. something? Yes, and it's got the cool logo, too. Yeah, look at that thing. It's brilliant, isn't it? It's amazing. Brilliant. brilliant. <laughs> I love him. And we invented the name, <laughs> by the way. So if you buy them from other companies, you tell them, hey, that's a BN Warhead you're dealing with right there. You be careful. It's a hot Fat man, if that you thing will. thing is serious. All right, Suze. Uh... What do you have on line one? Teeny? Teeny has a question for Doc. Okay. Teeny better be a hot chick yeah. with boobs. It's a chick. Um, I'm a chick, so that works. Perfect. That works. Hey, Teeny. That's, yeah. All right. I'll take out the other requirements. All I want Teeny to be is a chick. <laughs> That'll be fine. Uh, okay. Uh, hi, Teeny. That works. Go ahead. Hello. Hello. What's your question for Doc? So my question is, I've done my first all-grain recently, drinking it now, and I want to know how fruity of esters can you have in a mild, since you guys are drinking a mild as well tonight. Uh, you got to watch the difference between that caramel taste of a malty caramel and a fruity ester. Uh, mm-hmm. You can kind of, you got to have somebody that can point them out to you. Uh, they're going to be a little bit okay. different. So you can almost get real caramely on a, on a mild. But fruity, not so much. So meaning yeast versus nah, malt. Yeah, exactly. It's, okay. a, it's a yeast-driven flavor versus a malt flavor. Um, how, how does it taste to you? Uh, it tastes, I think it tastes good. I think it has kind of like a apple, not a green apple, but just an apple and maybe a honey uh-huh. taste going on to it. Um, I definitely, since it's my first all grain, uh, I have way higher of an OG than I plan to have. But still figuring out my system, uh, like a ten forty four instead of like a ten thirty three. So right. I think Welcome to my world. It's in the ballpark for Justin. Yeah, you're. you're <laughs> what are you talking about, Teeny? You're spot on. You're already ahead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, uh, it, it's well, it's a little tough to 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 judge it when I when I'm not actually tasting because you're tasting what you think is something, which yeah, uh, and if you're really not. 
your palate's not educated. You don't know what you're tasting yet. You, you know something's there. That but it might be educated. You know, she might be picking it up. I think your first no, no, assessment was it, correct. She's is, picking is it up for sure. Is it fruity or is it malty? Well, she's picking it up for sure. Yeah. It's just what is that yeah. she's picking up. And most people can tell if there's something different, wrong, out of the ballpark for their beer. Yeah. But nobody's pointed it out to them exactly what that is yet. <laughs> what temperature did you ferment at? Uh, I think it's at uh, like 68. And which yeast did you use? Uh, what did I use? Uh, used. Let me look at my notes here. That's all right. Wow, she keeps notes. <laughs> Tina, you're way ahead I'm of me. Late. You're way I'm a lady. I keep notes. You're way ahead of me. Um, uh, Burton yeast strain. Okay. White Labs. So if she's if she's getting apple, are you saying, Doc, that's coming from the yeast? Uh, if she's getting fruity, it's probably coming from the yeast. Uh, if it's, if, she, if it's malty like she said she came out she started with a really high og uh that yeah. that could be that it's it's more caramely too uh you, you followed mm-hmm. the recipe right um but you still came out with too high of an og more likely it's more more caramely okay um what if it's apple specifically is that what, a high alcohol uh no no uh it could be how old is it uh it's probably about maybe three weeks old so it, it could be just as, it's still a little young still. Okay. What did it finish out at? It finished at a ten oh nine. Must that's pretty dry still. Mm, yeah. Um, One thing I do when I, I don't have a great palate. So what I do when I'm you know like just evaluating my beer as far as how clean it is is I'll get a commercial example of a similar style. Hmm. Of course, I'll assume it's clean, and I'll drink them side by side, sip of one, sip of the other. Yeah. And it, if if your beer has a flaw, it's going to send to a, you know, magnify it against a clean beer. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but TC, you bring up a, a thing of me trying to get an English style mild. Yes, that's not that easy. Huh? Or a fresh one. Yeah, I mean, fresh is a Or problem. a fresh English style beer. It's even tough. Yeah. Um, well, you know, it, it's tough to say because I'm not sure exactly if you're if you're describing what that flavor is that you have in there that you think is is out of the ordinary. I'm not saying it's an off flavor right. necessarily. Yeah. It might not be a bad flavor. It's just maybe it's out of style for some reason. And you're maybe it's it's more of a caramely thing because mm-hmm. your OG was too high. Uh rather than a fruity thing because you 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 fermented it at a, at a pretty decent temperature. So could be a combination of both. Yep. I mean, depending on how pronounced it is, maybe it's not as pronounced as she thinks. Like you're like you're noting, Doc. It's just a combination of both. It's an and, English yeast and and if it's an malty ap- beer, if it's an appley thing, uh, it might be that it's just you know it's too young yet. So yeah. let kind of let it sit for a little while. Yeah. Um, we were just you know talking about Tasty's beer here, and in only two weeks, and we tasted some of the uh, yeast coming out of it, and it's not perceptible. I mean, really, like, well, really pucker you up. You're really picking on it, right? Yeah. And if you, it's it's that subtle kind of tartness that's yeah. in there. But some people would say it's a sour taste, and it's maybe something else, right? So it's, it's those subtleties that once somebody else tells you that's what that is, then you go, oh, that's what that is. Next time you you taste that beer, yeah. Now your palate's trained. You go, oh, that's what that is. Sometimes it's more pronounced or less pronounced. So uh, how- I guess. Another question, another question is, then how pronounced can fruitiness be in a mild uh, style-wise? 10%. <laughs> 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 
This is the non-definitive answers uh, call, yeah, I think. It's yeah. subjective. I mean, we have to have your beard. Yeah, we pretty much have to have your beard tell you uh, yeah. uh, it's over the top with that. But It's a good question because even when you read the style guidelines, like things will say, you know, mild to moderate fruitiness acceptable. But it's hard to know what that is when you're it's your beer and you're trying. Right. You don't have a solid commercial example to know what mild to moderate fruitiness is. I, I just applaud you that it's your first all grain, and you're at three weeks. You're telling me it's a pretty darn drinkable beer, and you're just worried about a little fruitiness. Yeah, yeah exactly. God damn you, Teeny! You're out of the game. I'm following your guys' philosophy. I'm brewing this beer three times. Hopefully get my OG right. Yeah. Clear out my system. Good call. And uh, have a lot of mild for my friends to drink. Yeah. So it, it, just try to change one thing, mm-hmm. not two or three or four things, on the next brew. Uh, I would just try to get your OG at the one, one you know, more in line. There you go. But don't change anything else. Don't change your ferment yeah. temperature. Don't change anything else. And then see what that does. Okay. That's a good call. One thing. One yeah. thing. Yeah. And then the next okay. thing, if you do the one thing, right. Doc, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm a fan of the English yeasts at 66. I like them a little or, lower. Or below. Yeah. But again, only do okay. one thing at a time. But if the if you do the one thing first, you get your gravity right, and it's still too fruity for you, and you're using that Burton yeast. Yeah. Then then next thing, change the yeast. Temperature. Yeah. No, first change the OG first. Okay. Next one, change the temperature. Okay. And the next one, change the yeast. Okay, there you go. Because you might be okay. getting these fruity flavors just as a natural thing out of that yeast. Of oh, the yeast, yeah. But yeasts are kind of plastic. You can push them one way or the other uh, with temperature. How much fruitiness they're going to pull out or how dry they're going to be. If you go too far, they're going to shut down and you're going to have a stuck ferment. Yeah, you've got me worried with the uh, London Ale yeast at 64. I'm afraid no, it'll, it'll, it's too it'll cold. be fine. It'll no, be fine. That's okay. Okay. All right. All right, Teeny, is that good? Uh, yeah, one thing. Yeah. I uh, drank my little heart out with JP at Eagle Rock on Saturday. There I'm going go. with JP for the win. No! Oh, <laughs> damn you, Teeny. Sneak that in right, there. It's probably a safe bet. Thank you for the call. No problem. Cheers, Spike. Mm, that might move the Bye. line. Uh, yeah, yeah teeny's gone with jp moving the line uh all right uh we got two drug of the week contestants we got ghost and we got casey i'm voting ghost me too casey's ghost doc i'm trying to remember why i was First. gonna go with ghost but yeah i think it was ghost Suze, ghost casey oh, wow. paul's giving it to casey all right well casey even though paul has your back uh you didn't make it ghost joe well done sir uh, you're our drunk of the week for the Sands JP show. All right, good show, everybody. Um, way to talk about beer, huh? <laughs> How about that? Wow. A lot of good stuff. Tasty, this beer's good, man. Um, yeah, it's uh, drinkable. I am looking forward to the side-by-side, and I'm just I'm just worried that the that the fact that you'll be lagering it between now and then. What I'll, I'll do is I'll bottle it off. Uh, okay. And then store it warm under your bed. Well, Well, that'll just age it fast anyway, won't it? Actually, continue the diacetyl rest. The guy guy chucking that says it actually lagers faster the lower it is. Lower temperature. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There you go. You can stack the deck there, Tasty. Well, and uh, it's just... uh, There's probably yeast in the bottom of the keg. I'll rack off that keg at least, so it's minimal less yeast in there. There you go. 
Okay. Well, we'll be doing that in a few weeks, and we'll taste them side by side and continue the discussion. Also, uh, in just a couple weeks, we'll be doing uh, the Brewcaster Challenge, the very first one. Uh, That's going to happen on Monday. It's a Monday show, the 29th of April, and we'll have both my beer and JP's beer in here, and Uh. we'll see me. We'll see me reign victorious is what we'll do. Are we going to get Jamil in here? I sent him an email. Um, I'm going to talk to him about that, too. Yeah, I'm hoping he can come in for that, too. We need to get some other voters in here. We might get some of our other friends from the Dr. Homebrew Show in here, too. Lee Shepard uh, and Brian uh, might come in and uh, do the tasting with us as well. Uh, get as many bo- You know, I'm not afraid. I'm afraid. You can all taste it. I'm not I'm not as scared. <laughs> It won't be contaminated, I'll tell you that. Knock on, I've got knock on wood. I just jinxed my beer. That E. Cola. <laughs> uh, Moscow, did we miss anything? Uh, no, we're good. We got a Bogota Beer Company coming up next week. It's going to be a good win. His name is uh, Bernie Silberwasser. Very interesting guy running a, a, a beer uh, company down there in uh, Colombia. I thought so. I looked it up to to announce that too, and I was like, "Columbia mm-hmm. is that real?" Yeah, he's the number number three beer player in Colombia, behind two major, you know, essentially Budweisers, and then okay. there's Bernie at number three doing craft beer. Really? Yeah. yeah. Is I, he sending us samples of beer and cocaine? <laughs> oh yeah, I'm just curious. Is he sending oh, any samples? Oh, we, we got those espresso stouts. What do they have? <laughs> is he sending any beer and cooking? Just have him send some beer and, and use some creative packaging. Yeah, because would uh, be great. I mean, if we're going to get fresh stuff from Colombia, we might as well try it all, right? I mean, we're uh, we're across the board here. We don't care what. Well, they have hop grenades down there, don't they? Oh wait, that's Chile. That's Chile, and they they stole the hop grenades <laughs> and they manufacture them themselves, and it's not right. Can you imagine how we're going to sound on next week's show? Hey, it's the Brewing Network. I'm Justin, and welcome to the... It's going to be great. It'll be the fastest four-hour show you've ever heard. We'll cram four hours into 30 minutes on the Columbia show. We might lose Tasty on that one. Hmm. All right, Suzer, thanks for rocking the chat room for us today. I appreciate it. Woo-hoo. Didn't you drive down JP's old Volkswagen to get I here? I did. It's no longer JP's. I know. I love the way you tried to rub it in his face yeah. and drive it down here all running good with a new engine. I was. I sent him a message like 90% chance you're going to see Delilah. Yeah. And he's like, 0% chance I'm out of town. I'm like, yeah. oh. So. Yeah, JP had this Volkswagen for a long time. When he drove it, the wheel fell off like while he was driving it down the road. Holy it, shit. It, really? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just one. Just one. Did he roll it? No, no, right? no, he just, it just he was going slow. He was looking at his rear view, and this wheel goes, like, passing by, and he's like, I'm pretty sure that's my wheel. Uh, yeah, JP's not the, listen, I am not the best mechanic on earth, and, and, I can, and I can mechanic my way in circles around JP. And so, uh, yeah, I think he, all he did was, like, I don't even know if he just changed the tire or did the brakes or something, and then the wheel fell off. You don't off. have to be a mechanic to tighten a uh, lug nut. <laughs> yeah. He had it over at my house. We were working on it for a while. Yeah. A poor guy had this, it's his dream car. He's had this Volkswagen for a long time, oh, yeah. and he just could never do anything with it, and he sold it, and now, and Susie's had it for like a month, and it's got a new engine, a new transmission. It's like, it's fantastic now. Yeah. Poor bastard. <laughs> I saw it parked out there, Susie, and I was like, ooh, she's looking good. Got the roof rack going. Yep. Uh, well, but she's banging a mechanic, so. Oh, <laughs> JP, it all makes sense. JP could start banging a mechanic. I mean, he, you know, he Not could, my uh, mechanic. Uh, he might try. <laughs> <laughs> if he gets him a good Volkswagen, you know. Get his Volkswagen back. 
You know what JP keeps asking me? Is it is it Shane or is it Shaina or Shiny? It's Shane. It's just spelled C H E Y N E. Oh, that's please. what I keep telling. Is I was it like, really? I'm, I'm pretty sure it's Shane. He didn't choose that. I'm calling him. Sh- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did. His what is now Cheyenne? Shiny. What is he? No. An Indian? Call him Shiny. It's <laughs> he's she- Brazilian. China. Uh, is he Brazilian? Like born? In- he's not born in. Brazil. He's half Brazilian. His mom's from Brazil. She hot. <laughs> Most chicks from Brazil are hot. Yeah. <laughs> no, we, just, we only see the ones that are hot. Have him bring her to a fest one of these times. Let me have a look. <laughs> she lives up in Oregon, so we'll have to do something up there. OBF? <laughs> something like that. What's her name? Like Jane? It'll be funny. It's Lenny. <laughs> oh, Lenny? But there's a Y in there, isn't there? No. <laughs> Cheyenne. <laughs> Please. All right. We'll still go out with our tribute to the great JP. Thanks, everybody. Good show. Uh, next week, we'll talk to the Colombians. Bogota Beer Company. Bogota. Bogota. Whatever. Bogota. Probably still Bogota. say it wrong next week. <laughs> yeah. City. Bogota. Bogota. Whatever. Just send the cocaina. <laughs> See you next week. Yeah, yo. Night. Cheers, everybody. Cherry.